gross. I want to use a different analogy. Everything is, and I don't want to say boiling over because that's cliche. How about finally all of Joe Biden's failures are, are the consequences of Joe Biden's failures are happening at the worst possible time. And it's all happening at once. That's what we're dealing with, guys, because what's going on here is that you had an open border now for two years. You've had horrible economic policies for two years. You've had um, our, our adversaries across the world watching Joe Biden getting weaker and weaker and weaker. They've watched the United States get more and more divided. You saw Russia walk into Ukraine, take whatever it wants. And then you saw the United States send billions and billions of dollars over there to accomplish nothing. You saw Joe Biden bend to China. You saw Joe Biden bend to Iran, give them billions of dollars on the on 9-11th anniversary. This is what the world is seeing. This is what we're seeing. You've seen Joe Biden fall downstairs or upstairs walking up to Air Force One. You've seen Joe Biden incoherently unaware of what's going on in the world. And the world sees this as well. In addition, you've seen, and this leads into the protests, you got to remember for the longest time, do you remember when, when Muammar Gaddafi, when there was all those protests, millions of people showed up and all of a sudden he wasn't in power anymore? Those spontaneous protests that occur in Iran. There's always something behind that, right? The protests after Trump was elected in 2016, the protests in 2020, the, pro, the, the pro-abortion protests, the pro-women protests, the BLM protests, the Antifa protests, the trans rights protests, and now the Palestinian protests. If you listen to my show tonight, you heard a montage. I literally clipped together every one of those protests. They sound exactly the same. And then I asked my viewers, I said, hey, can you tell me when each one of these protests are from? You really can't. They all sound exactly the same. The only thing, if you can discern free, free Palestine, that's the only reason why you know that one is from now. It's the same people. It's the same protesters, different costume. They're all still wearing masks. Before they were wearing COVID masks, they were wearing hoodies and masks and ski masks. Now they're wearing burkas. They cover their faces. They're paid to play. They show up. And who is organizing them? Some say it's George Soros. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Maybe it's the communists who want a revolution in this country. But pay attention to what they protest and what they chant. Do you remember during Trump, when Trump was elected, they say no Trump, no wall, no USA at all. That's what they were chanting. No Trump, no wall, no USA at all. If you saw the protest, the pro-Palestinian protests, these people are protesting against America inside America. Who is fueling these protests? They're not friends of America. And for the longest time, going back to Barack Obama, when he says, get in their faces, confront them, talk to your neighbors, Maxine Waters, chase them out of their restaurants. The left has been using this division for to th their thinking they're scoring political points. They've been using this advantage for their political purposes, not realizing that the, what they're doing is motivating the opposition to America herself. They've been teaching in our universities hate for America and division. Our college students are marching. They're ch I said this on my show tonight. The LGBTQXYZETC movement is protesting alongside Free Palestine. In London, they're turning around and attacking the LGBTQ protesters. 
Then you have BLM people marching with free Palestine protesters. Meanwhile, black Israelites, Israelites, I'm sorry, are getting attacked by pro-Palestinian protesters in Chicago. The pro-Palestinian protesters are not on your side, people. But they think they're marching for the same cause. They think, hey, if he hates America, I hate America. Maybe we're on the same team. Let's march and hate America together. But they don't just hate America. They hate you, too, because you're an American, too. The gasoline that has been poured on this fire, the match that's been thrown into it, cast by the left, thinking it's going to score them political points, thinking it's going to get rid of Trump, is inspiring an anti-American revolution inside the United States. And they're pouring across our border by the thousands, over 150 known terrorists that were apprehended, not to mention the thousands that weren't. In Russia, over the weekend, a mob, a mob of Muslims, anti-Jew, anti-Semitic Muslims, went in, and then listen, I am not against Islam, and I'm not against Muslims. These were specific people chanting Allah Akbar, running through the airport, trying to kill everybody that was coming off of a flight inbound from Israel, had to shut down the airport and divert the airplane. These are the people that are coming across our southern border. Jewish students had to hide in a library because of a free Palestine march that was happening in front of the college campus. In Brooklyn, Jews were told on the Sabbath when they usually walked to temple that they couldn't leave their house because there was a pro-Palestinian march happening in Brooklyn. There was a nine-year-old child that threatened to stab a Jewish person. This is happening in America. This is happening in America. And why? Do all Jew are all Jews Israeli? Who's at war with Hamas? Is it all Jews? No. But you know who it is? The same people that did this in the 1940s are the same people that are doing this now. Find a group of people, exploit them, sow division. It's political, it's communist, but it's worse than that. There's so many levels to this, and, 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 and I'm trying not to be tangential, but you have to understand there's levels to this. There's the superficial level, and that's the, hey, this is awesome, um, the country's a shit show right now, let's blame Republicans and call it a day. Okay, that's level one. Level two is the, the just under the surface anti-Semitism that's always been brewing across the world and in the United States, Kanye running around talking about how evil Jews are. That's always been kind of brewing under the surface. And there's a little bit of that too, because for the longest time, the left has not liked Jews. They just pretend they do for some reason. Uh, you know, you have the Hamas, the, what do they call them? The Hamas caucus in, in Congress. This is not new, right? Rashida Tlaib has a Palestinian flag outside of her office. This isn't new. So you have that level. But then you have the next two levels, which gets deep and dark. And yes, I'm taking out my tinfoil hat. But understand that since the 1950s, maybe even the 1940s, the communists have been doing everything in their power to take down America. They've been in our universities. They're in our schools. They're in our government. And they have been trying to do exactly what you're seeing since the 1950s. Barack Obama laid the groundwork. Hillary Clinton was supposed to come in and close the damn deal. But Trump won. Screwed up all their plans. They had to take him out. That's a whole other topic of conversation. 
So you have that element. And then, of course, you have our adversaries, Iran, China, Russia, all the countries that hate us, seeing how fragile the United States is, seeing the fertile soils of division in the United States and seizing on the opportunity to have America collapse from within so they can ascend to their seat at the global table that they've been wanting to seat for so damn long. That's what's happening on so many different levels. And if you go into any one of these Twitter spaces that are not on right now, I mean, that are on besides mine, where they're talking about all the atrocities, whether it's caused by Israel or caused by Hamas, they're all serving the same purpose. And that's to get us to hate each other, to be divided. It's COVID 2.0. It's BLM 2.0. What can we get you to do to look at somebody else and hate them? Oh, let's hate them because they're Jewish. Let's hate them because they're pro-Palestinian. Let's hate them because they're pro-Israel. Let's hate them because they're a Democrat, because they're a Trump supporter, because they're a Republican. As long as we hate each other, they win. They take advantage of it. And guess what happens next year, guys? An election in the United States. Donald Trump is hopefully going to be on the ballot. That's the other part. Trump, war, protest, and more. Donald Trump's going to be on the ballot, hopefully. Well, in Colorado, they're trying to keep him off of it. There's four indictments trying to keep him off of it. I, I see some hands, and I'll get to them in a minute. i got to get off my soapbox in a minute, so give me a second. Polling shows, and as I mentioned, we've had two people already get out of the race. Three people, actually, if you count Mike Pence, but he was never really in it to begin with. He vowed to support the cause of conservatism, but not Trump. He's a vowed never-Trumper. So you have three Republicans out of the race. Trump is moving ahead in the polls. Trump is, is, is polling over 60% in some national polls. He, and now with RFK Jr. in the race as an independent, he's, he's beating Biden by over two points in almost every single poll. And you know, that's, you know the margin of error on those polls. Trump is probably ahead by even more. Biden's approval rating or has dropped 11 points in the last month. Democrats are worried. Trump looks like he's going to be the nominee, right? So now you have Trump the nominee coming up here in 2024. You have Democrats and Republicans trying to keep him off the ballot. And you have the world watching in fear because they know if Trump becomes president of the United States again, Russia's immediately out of Ukraine. This, this stuff going on in Israel will stop immediately. And if you don't believe me, and if you think I'm just being a cult member, understand that while Trump was president of the United States, there was no invasion into Ukraine. There was when Obama was president. There was immediately an invasion when Biden was president. There was no war in Israel. As a matter of fact, there was historic peace. We were energy independent. We didn't rely on our adversaries. China's GDP was falling. Russia's GDP was falling. Putin was getting weaker. The United States was strong. And because the United States was strong, the world was safe. Never again will people take for granted how important a presidential election is. If you don't like Trump and you didn't like Biden and you wrote in Daffy Duck or Goofy or your neighbor because you thought it was funny and you wanted to throw away your vote because he said it doesn't matter who the president is, now you know how important it is who the president is. And the world knows how important it is. And the establishment knows how important it is. And Democrats know how important it is, which is why there's multiple groups seeking to manipulate your mind, this country, and the narratives all for their own political gains, for their socialist gains, or for their global gains. But at the end of the day, it's the American people that suffer. And this is what we're facing, guys. 
when you see these protests, when you see the acts, I mean, you literally had supposedly a protest in Grand Central Station. They call themselves Jews for Free Palestine. I don't believe they were actually Jews, but they were the same Antifa, BLM, pro-trans, pro-abortion, pro-women's rights, anti-Trump protesters that we've seen everywhere, just wearing different outfits again, all color coordinated, all pre-printed, all paid for by somebody. But they're out there. All these groups are out there fighting for your mind. The best thing you can do is be independent-minded, think for your damn selves, and pay attention to what's going on. And that's Trump, that's war, that's protest, that's more. There's three hands up. I'm going to shut up for a minute and go to Monica, my co-host. Hey, guys. Uh, so, hallelujah, uh, David. <clears throat> I just wanted to um, – hey, Shaw, good to see you. And three aces. Um, and, oh, goodness, Cat, Shell, all the girls, all the usual suspects. Hey, Lou. <laughs> Uh, it's good to see you guys <clears throat> and Jack. Um, hey, guys, and TB. So I just wanted to clarify something. Uh, I, I agree with you about the rhetoric and, and, and a lot of what's happening. But because I have been a consistent part of a particular space since October the 7th, I would be remiss if, if I did not, uh, at least for the record where I stand, um, in that particular space, uh, we have had people from every side of this come into that space. So we are not, they're, they're filled with Israelis for sure, uh, Jews and Christians and Muslims alike. Uh, but I just wanted to clarify that not every space um, is, is not being thoughtful uh, about the content they're sharing in real-time news. I can't say that for all spaces, as we all know. But by and large, um, I agree with everything you said. Um, these are, and kudos to you, um, these are very dangerous times. And, um, and the election, you know, really sits at the top of the pile. <clears throat> I hope everyone's paying attention to what's going on here in Georgia with True the Vote and what's happening in this case with Stacey Abrams. Um, I know Heather Mullins, who we should probably try to get in here, actually, um, she has uh, been working overtime. She's been in, in the courtroom, um, you know, giving reports as to what's happening with that case. But that's a very important case as well. So, yeah, these are, these are awful times that, that have been engineered for a very long time. So, you know, this started before President Trump. And much of this started 4,000 years ago, for God's sakes. So people fighting over dirt and lineage. Um, and now we fight over oil, dirt, lineage, and, you know, and freedom. And, um, yeah, I heard, I heard someone in a space just a little while, in our space, actually, uh, the Israeli space, talking about um, the news space, talking about there's, there's a jealousy that occurs amongst people globally where we are concerned as Americans it's not necessarily because they they want our way of life because there's a lot of animosity toward what we would consider um, freedom wh where they were they would consider decadence and just you know social abomination um, and fair enough according to their religious beliefs um, however what it is is that it's it, it's it's not that they want what we have but they don't want us to have what we have. <laughs> So it, it's they don't they don't want us to have our resources, our land, our capitalism, our our freedom of speech, freedom to protect ourselves, um, you know, freedom to believe and to practice said belief. Um, these are all very real doctrines for some folks across the globe. 
Um, and so it's, you know, I, I, I really applaud you for, for your monologue, David. Um, for people who don't know, David is Jewish. Um, this is pretty personal for a lot of us. Some of us have had family members directly impacted um, for generations, not just through this. Uh, so it's, it is personal and it is gruesome what's happening. War is gruesome, right? No one is celebrating. Well, I can't say that actually. Someone just sent me a video coming out of Israel that really just, it, it was, it was abhorrent. You know, as Christians, we're told not to celebrate the downfall of our enemy. And that can be really hard sometimes, especially when they've, you know, perpetuated murder and rape and crazy things against your people. But, you know, no one should be celebrating the the annihilation of innocence on on either side. I've said that from day one, and I'll continue to say that. Uh, but I will always um, stand for a sovereign nation being able to defend itself, whether that's us or Israel or otherwise, from people who terrorize them um, and attempt to take away their lives and their liberty. So, uh, yeah, again, David, I appreciate it. That was that was excellent. Good stuff. Thank you. Thanks, Monica. <clears throat> um, all right. Well, I guess we'll go to some hands. Uh, I think the Shazman, you had your hand up. And then, hey, James. And then we'll go to three aces. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, as always, David, Monica, Lou, um, you guys are always rocking it with these spaces. I love it so much. I'm always trying to support you guys as best I can. Um, David, I got to start catching the show live rather than just coming to the post show. That's going to be my commitment that next week I'm going to catch the show live and I'm going to try to try to call in. Um, but no, all I wanted to say is that um, 100% everything that you guys are saying, uh, the fact that you guys are not letting the narrative be dominated. Um, I'm not going to go into too many specifics, but um, all I'd like to share is that all across America, um, this past uh, weekend, it was um, uh, Cyrus the Great's uh, day. Cyrus the Great is a um, ancient king of Iran who actually freed the Jews from Babylon, and we take pride in that history. Um, a lot of us celebrated in this time, knowing that there's a good chance that some of us would be um, targeted by you know certain people because of this history. Um, and if you go to my profile, I posted it here in the comments as well in the space. Um, that happened in California. Thankfully, um, people were smart and ahead of time. They brought uh, police just to guard. But yeah, some people started showing up, started pouring in. Um, and as you see in that video, uh, you're going to see it's a very distinct image. There's three flags unified with some certain values that they share. That's the United States flag. That's the Israeli flag. And that's the lion and sun flag of the real Iran, the Iran before the Islamic Republic. Um, and then on the other side, you got that flag that, like you guys were saying, you got apparently the most um, socially, liberally progressive people unifying with um, a organization that doesn't really believe in a lot of that stuff to unfortunately, in that flag's name, um, even though a lot of the people may not believe in it, hope, hopefully that's something I like to believe. Um, but yeah, doing doing some bad things in the name of that flag. Anyway, uh, let's uh, you know carry on with the space. I really love it. I'm gonna be here to support you guys. Thank you so much for hosting this. 
Thanks. Hey, the Shazman, um, there was um, some organized protests in Iran over the death of that girl. Could you talk about that for a second? Yep. So pretty much the regime, um, you know, Armita, uh, for anyone that doesn't know, um, a little over a year ago, Masa Gina Amini um, tragically lost her life. And then um, very tragically, um, a little over a month ago, there was another girl known as Armita. She was getting onto a metro. Um, the morality police, as they're called in Iran, um, you know, one of them got into an altercation with her and actually pushed her down, causing her to hit her head, slip into a coma. She actually passed away um, very recently. And the regime wanted to basically control everything going on with the optics around this. And so they didn't even let her family um, bury her body. Instead, they controlled where they were going to bury her in the capital. And so what happened was, you know, Iranian citizens were not going to just let this go completely unchallenged. They actually just followed the convoy the, um, with their cars um, and just showed up anyway and started chanting. Um, you know, I believe one of the chants was that uh, this is a flower that has been, you know, like ripped to shreds and given to the whole nation. Um, there's quite a few other ones as well, but essentially they're just letting the regime know, you know, maybe not today. We don't have the power um, right now to be able to come over there, cross this barrier and destroy you guys. But just know that we're here. We're here. We, we know what you did. We're not going to let that false narrative um, that you spread about Massa's death and that you spread about Armita's death. We're not going to let you guys um, try to brainwash us, even though, once again, you know, same usual suspects, some very supposedly progressive ideologies, you know, like communism. I'll digress. I could speak on that all night. But um, yeah, pretty much Iranians, once again, did as best they can. Um, I, I think uh, I think we're going to see as the regime's resources get tied up with trying to prop up their terror proxy network, uh, it's going to bend, it's going to snap and break at some point, And the Iranian people are going to have their opportunity um, to push for their freedom. Well, hey, Shaw, I mean, that's only in the event that we actually quit funding them. What? So, you know, that's a little fun fact that Americans don't like to admit. It's kind of the stinky turd in the punch bowl, right? But it's true. And we all know it. And I feel really bad for you guys whenever you, not that any turd in the punch bowl would smell like roses. I see, you know, David laughing at my horrible attempt to be humorous like James R. Flop, massive flop there. But so we'll let James R. be James R. Um, but uh, it is it is despicable, right? And, and I feel I feel for every young Iranian American who comes into these spaces, Primarily because David has been like, you know, David, Lou and me have, have been the primary space that gives voice to our Iranian brothers and sisters who are fighting this craziness over there uh, from our soil. Right. And you're fighting in the halls of our Congress for for freedom for your own people. Not only not only there. OK, but here, knowing <laughs> that we are funding this crazy regime you know, while funding our own for that matter. But it's just, it's mind blowing. And I, I think I asked Sarah the last time uh, you guys were in here and Alex was in here, you know, do you guys even feel like you have safety? Do you feel like you have a home? 
I mean, and, and how many Cubans feel that way now? How many Canadians feel that way? How many people who have fled to this country from across the globe actually believe any longer that they, you know, they have a place of refuge? As an American, I do not feel like this country is a place of refuge for me as an American citizen. So I can only imagine how you guys feel, but, you know, keep up the good fight. And obviously, you know, we're here to, to help support your efforts. Now, Monica, I will, uh, then we'll go to hands in a second, three aces and James. I'll say this, uh, there is, and I try to be the optimist. I do. Uh, there is a lot of bad shit going on right now. I, I mean, look, and I, I do, Biden's policies have been disastrous for this country radical leftist policies have been disastrous for this country. Establishment Republican policies has been bad for this country. Uh, that being said, I do still think America is a refuge for our Cuban brothers and sisters, our Iranian brothers and sisters, even the Canadians that are fleeing that communism that's growing there. Um, for everybody, people still do come to this country for refuge. And I do believe that America's best days are ahead of her. I believe that we are going through um, a period of time, and I think this is a necessary. I was talking about this yesterday. I think this is a necessary period of time because for the longest time, Americans would drive home. They go into their garages. They close the door. They go and watch American Idol or whatever it is. You know, they eat dinner and they wake up to go to work and then they just go about life as usual. They take for granted the freedom and the fresh water and the electricity and the plumbing and the safety and all of the opportunities that this country provides. And they don't realize that to maintain those things, that freedom, that safety, that luxury, it requires our involvement in government. We're a self-governed nation and it is our country. It's we the people. And for the longest time, I think we the people just expected everything just to be fine. And because of that, we were asleep at the wheel and the people we let drive are driving us in the wrong direction. It's like any, you know, I've always been involved in public service outside of my profession and outside of the politics that I do is because every time I'll go to something, whether it's a board meeting, whether it's an HOA meeting, whether it's a city council meeting, whether it's a, a soccer game that my kids are playing in, anytime there's a void of leadership and you don't step up, somebody else will. And unfortunately, the majority of the time, those who step up to fill that void of power are usually not doing it for the interests of the public that they claim to serve. They're usually doing it for their own interests. Most people who should serve don't because they feel like they're not qualified. They feel like they won't win. They feel like um, skills they have to bring. Why should they do it? And that's the I we need leadership are the regular people, people that aren't specifically trained. We need the community joining the board. Hey, David, your rubber banding pretty bad. Unless it, Lou, do you, do you hear him? Lou? Am I, am he I sounds still pretty bad. Okay, All cool. right, I'll shut up. <laughs> yeah, I'll shut up and yeah, go to I think, yeah, I, I think you did it. <laughs> All right, I'll go to three aces. Heather, welcome. I'm glad we could get you. Okay, yeah, who, whoever's next? Three aces. Hey, guys. <clears throat> David, I just wanted to let you know that I think that you and James R. and Shell, C-H-E-L-L-E, Shelly, Shell, are maybe the the best hosts on Spaces and Lou, hi Lou, um, out there. So just thank you very much for that. 
Uh, and James is very, very good as well. Um, the one thing I wanted to touch on before I went on to, to I'm just going to kind of like pick the peppers at the market because you talked about so many things in your opening statement, which were all very, very relevant. Um, you know, Monica, um, you know, I lived in the Gulf Coast and in Dubai um, part time for about two or three months a year for about 10 years when I lived in Africa, you know, and my kids and all that stuff. Um, and I could never put my finger on it, but you in a space the other day just absolutely nailed it. Um, you know, you said that in the Muslim countries, the government is the religion. And cause I always wanted to want, I was like wondering like, fuck man, like everybody's on the same exact goddamn page. Doesn't matter. UAE. Oman, Qatar, Saud, you know, like everybody's marching to the same goddamn drum, you know? And I just wanted to say that out of all the who knows how many hours of spaces I've listened to and articles I've read and stuff and about all this stuff going on in the Middle East, nobody's really put their finger on it like you have. You are 100% right. That's it, right? And then so... So, right, if you look at the region, right, if you look at the region, you've got the Christians, the Jews, and the Catholics, and then you got the Muslims, right? So, right, so it's like, this isn't a war about Israel. <laughs> this is a war about that, right? And then, and then take a step for, back further, okay, and, and, and and say okay all of this immigration nonsense that went on in europe for many years and then we had trump who shut it all down and letting all these people into these countries right who are western countries it's like holy shit here they are now right any kind of thing that happens in that region now they've got traction in you know in all the western countries so because of you, it's a lot of what's happening here now is making very good sense to me, you know, for better or worse. And the thing that I just wanted to end on is, um, you know, I've lived in, I, I've lived overseas for 15 years. I'm in a third world country now because uh, of my business, um, you know, but any country that I've ever lived in, I've had permanent residency probably in, I don't know, six or eight countries around the world africa you know in the, the arabia and uh, london australia and south america and stuff like that and anytime there's any sort of terrorist kind of anything the government stand right up and squash it they eradicate it so you know i'm jewish but i'm also a hippie right so i don't want to see anybody be harmed in any way ever period right so but the question that i have is is why hasn't the palestinian authority um disavowed hamas i understand that you know you got the west bank and gaza right right so in gaza you got hamas okay fine but how come the palestinian authority in the west bank 
hasn't stood up and said, you know, I think if they just did that, okay, I mean, you know, Egypt has stood up, Jordan has stood up, uh, Lebanon stood up, UAE has stood up, Qatar stood up, uh, Saudi stood up. But, you know, whether they're, doesn't matter who the side they're on. Uh-oh. Did we lose him? Might have lost for a second. I'll respond. Yeah. I don't know if he can hear, but am I rubber banding now or am I good, Monica? No, you're good. And as soon as you respond, I have a response, and I know Shaw does. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay. Go ahead, Dave. No, sorry, I'm, I'm Amazon Rainforest. My, my Wi-Fi is coming in and out. All, all I wanted to just say was, how come the Palestinian Authority hasn't stood up and denounced Hamas? Anyhow, Monica, love you. You really, really, really made so many things crystal clear for me in, in the way you've been talking. Thank you. Then, David, you're the best. Okay, bye. Three aces, three aces, flatterly, flatterly will get you anywhere. And let me tell you something. You are welcome on this stage anytime. And thank you so much for the great insight and the compliments. I really do appreciate it because um, I know Monica and I, and James, we all work, and Lou, Cat, Kyle, everybody up here that hosts spaces and um, do this, you know, I don't want to say for a living because I'm not making any money doing this. But for all of us that do it, um, it's really um, nice to hear those kind of compliments. Yes, capital Y-E-T. Absolutely my pleasure. I'm going to step down to listen um, so another person can come up. Okay, guys, thank you very much. Thanks, Three Aces. I appreciate it. I want to respond to, and then I'll go to you, Monica. Um, the reason why the Palestinian Authority has, I, I think, the reason why they're kind of, I think that everybody in the region, and this is this is why as horrible. Look, I get it. This war is awful. A lot of innocent people are dying on both sides of the border. I get it. Um, but the thing is, Israel's response here is crucial. Because if Israel does not have a strong response to push back in Hamas, think about this. Think about our own history, right? After 9-11, we had to go scorched earth on al-Qaeda. That's what President Bush vowed to do, and that's what our coalition supported. It was we were going to go after terrorists. Remember, the, there was the, the war on terror was we were going to – and the doctrine, the Bush doctrine, was essentially that we were going to go and fight terror – wherever the terrorists lie. And in any country that harbors terrorists, that was fair game too. It was, that's it, you attacked us, we're coming for you. And that sent a very important message to the world and to any terrorist organization was that this isn't going to be one of those things like you hit us, we do a couple of cruise missile strikes on a couple of insignificant training camps and call it a day. This was your right to exist as a, as a, as a terror government is no longer allowed. And we went and got rid of, well, temporarily, got rid of the Taliban, got rid of, you know, temporarily, <laughs> got rid of the Taliban and all these other groups. And for a long time, the war on terror was sort of going in the right direction. And after Trump got rid of ISIS, it seemed like we really made some big advances on terror. We were doing a lot where, because the, the, the kinetic warfare is only one element of stopping terrorism. At the end of the day, Yes, there's the ideological part where some people just want other people dead. But at the end of the day, money, quality of life, the ability to raise a family and have opportunities, that motivates these people not to attack. And if you don't believe me, look, why isn't the PLO doing anything on the eastern end of the West Bank? If you notice, Hezbollah has, has 
not really engaged the way people expected him to, because now the United States and Israel had a very strong reaction at the very beginning at the first hints of them getting involved. If Israel is strong here, if Hamas ceases to exist, and once Gaza is rebuilt, because, of course, the war machine has that part to play, at that point, for a terrorist organization to try to duplicate what Hamas did, they know they would be signing their own death warrant, and they knew they would cease to exist. Would you rather have a small portion of an area that is ideologically uh, homogenous to what you'd like, or would you rather be wiped out? And look, they're practical people, and they understand that they can exist in a caliphate in a very small place, and if they try to expand, bad things will happen to them if the right leadership is in place. And I think that's why what we have to allow Israel to see the mission through and eradicate Hamas from Gaza. And yes, it sucks that innocent people are dying and war is awful. But at the same time, the people of Gaza are going to suffer even more at the hands of Hamas if Israel is is to stop because Hamas will regain its power and they'll be motivated to do the same thing. It's not just Hamas. It's Hezbollah and the PLO and every other terrorist organization will be emboldened to attack if Israel is not allowed to see through the mission of eradicating Hamas. That's my opinion, and that's why I think they're just kind of sitting it out to kind of see where it goes, because, you know, the images speak for themselves. And I think if Hamas had to do it all over again, they would think twice, and I think Israel's going to make sure of it. Monica, I'll go to you. Sorry. Um, oh, no problem at all. So, wow, three says thank you. Um, I really appreciate that. Um, today's been an interesting day. Uh, with my name being dragged through the mud per usual uh, for something that I stand behind. And I've stood behind it for eight years, almost nine years on the air. I'm not going to stop standing behind what I know to be true uh, about faith and how I've been telling you all for years that faith informs literally every single decision every human being will ever make. So that's in politics, that's in your boardroom, your bedroom, atheists, Satanists, Muslims, Christians, Jews, doesn't matter. Your faith or lack thereof will always inform your life. It just is what it is. And in this particular case, this is not, this is a 4,000 year old war. This is a matter of legitimacy, paternal legitimacy. So, so there are so many different factors to this between Zionism as people understand it or don't understand it, because you have a geopolitical faction to that as well. Uh, you also have a spiritual uh, connection to Zionism. You have Christians who don't know what the hell they're talking about with regard to Zionism. You have people trying to build a third temple who don't understand that Christ is the third temple. So you, you this is a belief war. <laughs> and they do not think like Christians or otherwise libertarian Americans who don't tread on me for life, right? So that, that's not, this is jihad. This is serious. This isn't just, oh, can't we all get along? So it is kind of funny to me to, to see the LGBTQ Incorporated trying to hold hands with people who are like, uh, yeah, no, not really. That's, that's not going to happen. So I appreciate that because that is my heart and my heart is usually misrepresented on Twitter, which is whatever. Um, and it, it is, it is, it's disparaging. It's libelous. It's awful. Uh, the things that have been said about me today and my tweets, if I tweeted them, I meant them. 
So I've always stood by, if I said it, I better be able to own it. And I have a problem with people grilling babies. The baby wasn't shoved in an oven while the mother was being raped. They put it on a grill and lit it on fire. So, so these are, these are barbarians, right? And this is demonic, but it's all rooted in a belief that they're doing the right thing. And most of them, to be honest with you, are useful idiots and don't realize it. And we have our own useful idiots on this soil, right? Remember marching across the country with a golden casket telling us that we had just killed a saint, a Pornhub saint, who was actually funded by the same people who are funding this madness across the globe right now. And some of us tried to tell you that, and we were shut down for being racists and bigots, the same thing I was called today, right? But the money train is there, and the evidence is there, and the syndicate is there. So all of that is coming out now, and I want to encourage you guys. I'll put it over in our little bubble down here, but if if you want to know what Hamas believes— then simply go to their declarations. They have a covenant and, and they, they try to live by it. And they're being funded by a multitude of people, not the least of which has been us to a certain degree. So you have to understand that it is, and thank you, I'm so glad someone got it. Thank you so much for saying that, Three Aces, because that, that is my heart. Um, and it's not because I'm excited about bombing children in Palestine. I mean, that's ridiculous. Anyone who would accuse me of that's ridiculous. Also, I'll put something else in the bubble for you guys to read. It's not very long, but it tells you the difference between Islamists and Muslims who genuinely have been born into Islam, who like most Christians, uh, Christians don't read their Bible. Most Muslims do not read Arabic and they do not know, and I'm sure Shaw can attest to this, and I can bring several other Muslims, former Muslims over here with me who would attest to this as well. They don't read their literature. So it's just like Christians have no idea what the hell's in their Bible. 3% of them read the Bible, which is why they're all holding hands right now saying, open the borders and let these poor people in. And so I say to you Christians who have no idea what's going on, I want to offer you up. I want to offer you up whenever they come for us, because that's, that's what they've set out to do since Muhammad was visited by demons. And that's not going to stop until Christ returns. It's just not. So all this kumbaya stuff is American ridiculousness. And I do think David's right. You have to take it to them and you have to take it hard because otherwise there's, you have to have that level of a response. There's no proportionality here. And the only person I've really seen cover proportionality and do it really, really well as it pertains to international war law and and law um, is Patrick Fox. We do not agree on Ukraine, but, and Lou, if we can get Patrick in here, that would be a good idea too. But you're going to hear people using that term a lot, that it's not proportional, right? But, but that's bullshit. (laughs) Excuse my language. So uh, Patrick will be much more eloquent uh, in his response to that. But that really means a lot to me. You have no idea how much that means to me, actually. Thank you very much for understanding my heart behind that. And I'm glad that I could offer clarity during this very confusing time for millions of people. It doesn't mean that we have to live in fear. It certainly doesn't mean that we live in hatred. 
It means that we understand what the hell's going on and we support decisive strategic action to make sure that this stuff stays out of our own cities. It's ridiculous that Jews can't walk down city streets. And we have over 300 Muslims who subscribe to Islamism, which is very different from a, quote, moderate Muslim, who are sitting on benches across this country, who hold public office, who subscribe to Sharia law. So if you don't see a problem with that, I don't know what else, I don't know what to tell you as a fellow American. I mean, you got to wake up. Thanks. James. <laughs> hey, what's up, guys? I don't know how to follow that other than uh, remember, it was just a few short years ago where they tried to set up Sharia courts in the United States of America. Isn't that fucking interesting? But I had a serious question. I know I'm usually one that comes in with a joke, but this is no joking matter. Uh, I think it's too serious a subject to, to joke. And I'll say this. Um, I, I have a question, really, for the Shah's man, because he uh, tends to be uh, on the Iranian people's side of this thing. There's a realistic possibility that the Ayatollah and the president of Iran could get taken out by Israel. If that occurs, what is your take on the people in Iran? Uh, are they going to be able to take the advantage of it uh, that, you know, take back their country? Or do you think that it's more likely that, you know, the next Ayatollah in waiting is just going to take power? How do you see that taking shape? Yeah, sure. Thanks, James. Um, is quite a few points that Monica um, brought up as well that I'll respond after. Um, James, I think the, uh, you know, again, I'm going to speak as best as I can, but um, I'm only one person, so disclaimer. I think based on what I've seen the Iranian people react with so far, there's been limited strikes on munitions facilities, drone facilities. Um, they killed General Soleimani. Um, and overall, the most prevalent and lasting uh, form of public opinion amongst the majority of Iranians who hate the regime has been that at the end of the day, they appreciated this. And I'll just give you a quick anecdote to back that up. On the day of the anniversary of General Soleimani's death, who some people who are regime sympathizers, some of who even try to call themselves patriotic Americans, just a quick illusion. I think everyone knows who I'm talking about. Some people will say, oh, he's a hero, and I think he's a hero, and the Iranian people think he's a hero. Well, the anecdote against that is that just for posting a recipe for some dish called kotlet, which is a fried meat patty, an Iranian was arrested just for posting that recipe that day. Now, you might ask, what's the association? Iranians hated that man so much for spending their money on, spe on spreading a terror proxy network all over the region and saying that it's in the name of the Iranian people that when he was taken out by Trump in a Reaper drone strike, the pictures of his, you know, not to be too graphic, the pictures of his body are ch all charred up came out and people said, you know what? He looks like our fried meat patty dish. He looks like a cultlet. And now they call him Kotlet Soleimani. People superimpose pictures of his face on this fried meat patty. So I can't predict entirely what the response would be. But as long as any actions that are taken are taken with extreme precaution to 
limit civilian casualties and infrastructure damage and just with the explicit communication and understanding that anything that's done is explicitly against the regime and not the people, then I think the long-term uh, reaction of people would be that they're in favor of it. Um, and I predict that whenever Khamenei dies, whether by natural or unnatural causes, the Iranian people are going to probably say, fuck it, and just go out with everything they have because um, they're going to know that's the best chance they have. Um, to the point that Iranians are convinced he already died a couple of years ago and they're just like waiting. They're like, no way this dirtbag's still alive. But anyway, that's a lot more. Um, and just the real quick, a little bit about what you said, Monica, before I um, turn the mic back over. Um, you asked a question about billions of dollars of funding. Do we still feel like we have a home? Do we feel like we're safe here? Um, Iranian Americans are very angry about the fact that billions of dollars and just to talk about those billions, those are frozen assets of the Iranian state from even before this Islamic Republic took over. Um, and our position as Iranian Americans is that, um, you know, that money needs to stay frozen until Iran is free, ideally. Uh, we definitely don't want at the end of the day, I'd rather see anything done with that money rather than it going to the regime. Um, and so, yeah, we are very angry about it. We've been talking about it. We've been petitioning so hard Congress that there's the Massa Act, which we have one of the superstars of it here. Um, there's also a lot of other legislation flying around. We've been going to uh, the congressmen's offices and all of a sudden they're just now paying attention. And we're just like, where have you guys been? You know, we're not going to try to, you know, create enemies or anything, but we're just like, OK, finally, people want to actually talk about this. But just for myself, I say I still feel do like I have a home. Uh, you know, the United States is my home because I have the freedom to say these things. I'm able to say what's wrong with the current administration. Uh, I'm able to advocate for things to get better. Um, but, you know, it doesn't come completely free. You know, there are a lot of us activists have been targeted um, in various ways. Um, I, I haven't said it before um, because, you know, but I, I have friends in Iran that are no longer free because of their activism in Iran. Um, but I, I, I do I do love this country. I do love the freedoms it affords me. And at the end of the day, um, a big part of that and my, my position on this has changed recently. Um, I'll never um, advocate against the Second Amendment personally, because I know at the end of the day, um, if something comes to a head, you know, the ability to protect myself and protect my family is something that the Constitution of this great country enshrines uh, as a God-given right. And I can see the worth of it when I have to wonder, am I going to be targeted because of what I say? Is the, you know, is, is any of my friends going to get too important, too influential in changing the narrative about Iran that the regime's going to try to whack them? You know, these are things you can't live with uh, day to day. You'll go crazy. And at least for myself and many people that I know, the Second Amendment is something that, you know, lets them sleep easier at night. But yeah, th thank you very much for that question, James. Thank you for yours as well, Monica. I uh, love the space. Let's keep it going. Thanks, guys. Um, ben, you got your hand up. What's up, bud? And by the way, guys, um, Ben, he's got a podcast too. And uh, he's a good dude. He's trying real hard to uh, to uh, get his uh, audience. And uh, we want to help him out. So make sure you go ahead and give Ben a follow. But go ahead, Ben. What's your comment? Hey, not much. Uh, Shaw kind of covered it. Um, when I was uh, in college, I was an international business major, so I had to study uh, multiple years of international politics, and I took great focus into the Middle East, 
mainly because I got a lot of college friends that are living there right now. Um, some of the reactions I've been getting from them, uh, because I've been asking what the hell is going on, is that uh, they're pissed at the Iranians' government, as well as members of their military for starting this, especially uh, since um, especially since some of them are still a little ticked over uh, Iran taking over uh, most of Iraq's government. A lot of people, uh, I think, have forgot that Iraq is becoming a puppet of Iran, uh, even though on the news you see that there's these anti-Iranian groups uh, winning elections. They're not really anti-Iranian. They are on paper, but if you see uh, if you see the actual uh, um, actions they're doing, they're pro-Iranian. Um, but the one thing I do want to add to Shah is that there is a, there is small rebellions and insurgencies going on in Iran right now, particularly in Western Iran, where there's huge groups of Kurdish and Azeris that are um, fighting these. Uh, these uh, small skirmishes against the Iranian military, as well as the, uh, I don't know how to say it, the Baloch people in eastern Iran that are fighting for their own independence uh, against the Iranian government, as well as the Pakistani government. Uh, there's kind of two separate insurgencies in that region. And um, now with those insurgencies, uh, they've been tying up uh, a lot of necessary equipment and uh, manpower for um that the Iranian military would love to use to try to destroy Israel, as well as their opponents in Saudi Arabia. I know, um, I know, a lot of people are thinking that Saudi Arabia is supporting the um, Hamas, but behind closed doors, uh, Saudi Arabia has been sending money and sending uh, information from their from their own uh, intelligence groups uh, to the Israelis uh, of what Hamas is doing, what uh, what uh, the BIJ is doing, what uh, Hezbollah is doing. And um, and because of that, um, if you see uh, some of the news reports from third party groups, as well as uh, even some pro um, pro Arab groups, uh, they are finding um, they are sending out um, news saying that this Hamas leader has been killed. This important figure in Hezbollah has been killed. This important figure um, in the PIJ has been killed. Um, so we're seeing probably what is uh, either the second biggest or the biggest um, fight between uh, uh, between the Saudis and the Iranians over that influence of the Middle East, as well as uh, who is going to, as well as who's going to be the next power that will influence the next fifty years of the Middle East. Because uh, let's face it, the last fifty years since the seventies, when the Shah took over, Iran has t- um, taken over a lot of influence. But now we're seeing a shift where it's Saudi Arabia that's now taking the turn at it, and Saudi Arabia is backed up by a guy that. Uh, people think is anti-Israeli, but when you look at um, what he has done, what he is doing, uh, what his policies are, is is very pro-Israeli. And that is uh, Mohammed bin Salman. Some of the deals he's been doing, increasing uh, Saudi Arabia's military capabilities, uh, which includes uh, increasing training and in, uh, intelligence. And how are they doing that? They actually are getting Israelis uh, secretly into Saudi Arabia to teach them that. As well as also uh, in return, um, the, uh, they are telling Israel where their enemies are and where to kill them. Thanks, Ben. Hey, David, um, if I could re- hold, hold on to Shazman real quick. I just want to say hi to a couple of friends. Um, I want to say hi to Brandon. He just popped up in the speaker's box a few minutes ago. And um, it would don't want to take us too far off the subject, but I need to remind you guys we are less 
than two and a half weeks away from an event that I've been looking forward to since probably, I don't know, August, whenever it was first announced. As soon as Brandon told us about WakaCon in Palm Beach at the Hilton, uh, Airport Hilton, I said, oh my gosh, this is going to be a lot of fun. One, because Brandon's a lot of fun. Two, because it's the walkway organization that I really like. And um, all, of, all of my friends are going to be there. So I'm going to be there. Blue's going to be there. Monica's going to be there. Kat's going to be there. James is going to be there. All of your favorite Spaces hosts are going to be there. And so I'm really looking forward to it, and I can't believe it's coming up already. Not next weekend, but the weekend after, we're all going to be in Palm Beach. Uh, and Friday night, and it's going to be a great conference too, by the way, guys. I mean, you see there's a bu- in the bubble, Lou posted uh, a link to walkwayanniversary.com uh, where you can get your tickets. And if you use promo code Lou, L-O-U, you do get 10% off. So take advantage of that. Um, while there's still tickets left, I know they've been selling fast. But it's not like a boring, you know, stuffy conservative conference where we're all just going to be sitting around talking about, I don't know, whatever you talk about a boring stuffing conservative conference is. This is going to be a lot of fun. On Friday night, there's a ton of speakers, including Rula Giuliani, Laura Trump. There's going to be a Trump there and a lot of other great speakers. Schlaps are going to be there and a whole host of other people. And then on Saturday, there's a roast with comedians. I mean, what political events have roasts with comedians? And there's a lot of funny shit you could say about Brandon. So I cannot wait for the roast. And there's also a free rally in the daytime on Saturday. And the weather's going to be beautiful. And then on Sunday, there is a brunch with Carrie Lake. And there's a book signing. And it's, it's just going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to a lot of great people there. All your favorite spaces host. Uh, I think I covered it all, Brandon. Am I leaving anything out? Uh, no, that was pretty good. I'm on an airplane. <laughs> I can't talk. But Lou invited me to come up. Oh, that's really nice. So for Brandon's own enjoyment, let's let's picture what's happening on the airplane. He said he was flying to Florida. So if I have an imagination, here's what Brandon's seeing right now. He's on an air. And I think I saw his picture. It looked like Blue Seas. He might be flying Delta. So he's sitting on this airplane. He's looking around. Um, there's a bunch of people going to Disney World. Um, the plane is probably stinky um, because, you know, everybody's all excited to go on their vacation. So they jumped up on the airplane wearing their bathing suits and stuff, thinking as soon as they land in Florida at 937 at night, they're going to check into their hotel and go to the resort pool that's open at 11 o'clock, which is true. And they heat them. So even when it's not cold outside, I mean, if it's cold outside, you can still go in the resort pools. So he's enjoying his he's gonna have a nice time and then we hear from him as soon as he lands maybe he'll give us a play-by-play of what it's like waiting for his luggage or whatever his destination is i can promise you this will happen the second the plane lands wheels touch down you hear the you hear the little ding ding, which means you could take off your seatbelt. immediately you're gonna hear an entire clickety clack of everybody's seatbelts getting thrown off and everybody's gonna stand up with their head tilted because the airplane's not tall enough for them all to stand up while they wait six hours for the door to open some people will even get their bags some people start op- opening the overheads and start handing each other the bags making it even more difficult to stand with your head tilted and then you're gonna smell the chewing gum and you're gonna hear the crinkling of all the paper and garbage that people are gonna throw away or stuff in the pockets and then then, only after 15 minutes of the slowest people in the world being seated at the front of the airplane, Brandon's finally going to get off. He's going to stretch. He's going to get his bag, and he's going to get ready for uh, the next adventure. And he'll unmute his mic and say, David, that is exactly what happened. I just smelled spearmint gum and fried chicken for the last two hours. get farting on my foot from two rows up. This is what we're going to hear about, so sneak peek, something to look forward to when Brandon unmutes his mic. Now, without further ado, let's get back to the show. Uh, Shazman, you had a comment. 
I, I first I had to say I'm blown away by that like uh, photorealistic depiction. I feel like I'm actually on the plane myself right now. I'm gonna push the uh, assist button and ask for an extra bag of pretzels. You know, that's the snack I always choose. The snack of champions. Um, yeah, no, I want to say that. You know, I've also been aware of that for such a long time. Lou actually plugged me into a uh, walkaway con a long time ago and i was uh just kind of reading about it It the first time i heard about it was from um lou and her page and i think it's a you know wonderful concept i kind of want to try to get more iranians um just aware of this general concept uh because it's a comment i wanted to say earlier like you guys have been consistently the most supportive uh space for americans of iranian heritage um and you know, I just have to real quick comment on the fact that, you know, growing up, I, you know, I've only ever actually voted for Democrats myself. And I feel like that's, you know, true for a lot of um, Iranians that go through my cycle previously. And the thing is, is that we're kind of told, and I myself have literally been told so many times, don't associate with that party, don't associate with these candidates, don't associate with these spaces. And why? I mean, exactly what you guys said. You guys said people want us to hate each other. People want us to not trust each other. I'm told so many things that have just not proven true. I'm told things like, oh, you know, these people don't really understand you. They don't get you. They're not going to listen. They're not genuine. This has been the most genuine, heartfelt crowd I've ever been part of. Um, It's a lot better for me personally than what I've seen prior. I don't want people taking, you know, my association or my presence for granted, or even if it's at a gathering like this, or if it's at the ballot box. I want people to actually, you know, be talking to people because they're people, not because they just check some tick marks of, oh, yeah, you got that characteristic. Oh, yeah, you got that, you know, thing that we had on our list that we needed to get so-and-so many of. Um, yeah, so I just, I really appreciate it. <laughs> I've been eyeing my own uh, ticket for a while as well. Um, it's actually pretty close to my birthday, but uh, we'll see, we'll see whether or not I can make it happen or not. Pro- probably not, probably, but uh, I've been, I've been eyeing it up. If you guys um, can go, you definitely should. And uh, just real quick, um, off Ben's comments, you said a lot of really um, knowledgeable things. I know you've um, definitely studied this, I can tell, about Iran. Um, but one thing I do want to add, Ben, is that at least from my own perspective and what I've seen, a lot of the chants um, that come out of Iran from even Baluchistan or Kurdistan provinces of Iran and the other parts of Iran show that as a whole, the vast majority of Iranians, regardless of ethnicity or cultural background, um, all believe in one unified Iran. Um, while there are some people that call for separation and all that, it really is not um, reflective of the majority of Iranians, even of Baluchi Iranians. Um, so I just wanted to, you know, offer that perspective myself, um, you know. Uh, but yeah, definitely, I can tell you've definitely read a lot about it. Uh, if you want to discuss more later, um, we can do so. Um, I, I post some resources about that on my page as well. But yeah, thank you so much, guys. Thanks to Shazman. I appreciate it so much. Um all right. Yeah, well, I want to mention something you said uh, before we go to uh, Parson, who I, I really love Parson. He always gets in here. He says great things. And then he's like, oh, it's bedtime. <laughs> um, so uh, you mentioned something when we talked about walk away uh, and you talked about the, the party. And this it's interesting because I told you I wanted to talk about Trump war protests and more. So this goes into Trump Act and more, because um, as, since the last space we've had, as you can remember, we were talking about the potential speaker fights. The speaker fight was happening, I think, when we had our space last Monday. 
And, you know, since last Monday, we have a new speaker in Mike Johnson. And the interesting thing was, ever since McCarthy got kicked out on his butt, um, uh, ever since McCarthy got kicked out on his butt, we're all sitting here like, well, what's going to happen? What does that mean? And I can tell you this personally, and I've said this before in spaces, I've said it on my show. I, I thought it was one of the best things that could have happened to the Republican Party in the longest time because I was getting angrier and angrier with the with the party when I saw the debt ceiling bill come through and they eliminated it. They couldn't even negotiate it. Instead, they just eliminate the debt ceiling. And at, they just kept no, they didn't release the January 6 tapes. We still had literally January 6 prisoners sitting in tiny little cells with no rights. McCarthy did none of that. Not to mention, we didn't get a balanced budget. We didn't get uh, we didn't get uh, a banning of trading stocks amongst congressional members. We didn't get twelve separate appropriations bills. We didn't get uh, pre-COVID spending levels. We didn't get any of the things that we were promised as conservatives when we seated the 118th Congress. And so, when Matt Gates had the courage to say, "You know what, Kevin, you're out," because was, which is why he wanted that one vote. A motion to vacate because he knew this is what they do. They're like snakes. Once they get in, it's impossible to get him out. And Matt was able to get the him out. And when he did, you saw the establishment freak out. You saw the conservatives try to uh, 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 seize the opportunity. I still think Jim Jordan would have been an amazing speaker. You saw first it was Jim Jordan. They booted Jim Jordan. Then they tried to get um, uh Emmer in there and they were like uh hell no and then mike johnson comes out of nowhere because this is a guy that has like sort of establishment leadership type ties but he also is conservative and so he was like okay well what about this guy this guy seems to be in the middle of both factions which is cool and so he won easily and now he's the new speaker of the house a lot of people are upset because they're like he voted for funding ukraine i mentioned that earlier um but it's interesting that um you know he says he's going to release the January 6th tapes. George Santos said that was going to happen. Also, does anybody know what happened with those privileged motions to uh, remove George Santos? I wanted to get an update on that. Maybe Lou does. But before we go back into the international stuff, because, again, it, it's important, I want to hear what your thoughts are so far about um, Speaker Johnson. Johnson, Mike Johnson? Yeah, it's about Speaker Johnson to see if you guys are happy so far, withholding judgment. I know Brixit was telling people that just give him some a chance, and I know some people are already calling him a rhino. I'm interested to get your take on that. And I don't know if you had your hands up about that person. So if you didn't, if you wanted to talk about something else, I'll go back to you in a second. I just wanted to kind of change the conversation I'm gonna, just a I'm little bit. Jump in here. I'm yeah. going to jump in here real quick and just remind everybody. Um, the person who nominated Mike Johnson was Lauren Boebert. And she actually came into a space that we were having with Shell and um, Kat, James, and myself and started talking about Mike Johnson um, and we were trying to get him to come in and speak with us and he was there, but he got a call. So I just want to correct the record that it was a woman who nominated Mike Johnson. Thank you. Are you going to join like one of these pro-Palestinian marches soon? Okay, fine. The woman who nominated Mike Johnson. Uh, okay, we good? <laughs> Just, um, I just want to make sure that the record is correct, David. Um, no, and you know what? This weekend, I I'm, I'm going to send a this. case of Bud Light up to your hotel. Oh, Monica muted us again. Yep, <laughs> she can't mute us. We 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 are over muting. Um, uh, we are beyond the god button. Um, I did hear people, and and they were like, ah, oh, you know, he's a rhino. He's this. He's that. You know, the, the conversation um, arose from a video of him running through the rotunda, a reporter shouting it out to him, 
um, from what I saw, I could have missed something because, you know, I'm busy doing stuff. But basically, he's like, you know, we have to look at the funding. We have to see what's proposed. That that there has to be accountability. Um, and, and, I, and I get that. And that's the same thing that Byron Donalds was saying. And I think that what people are missing is, is that if they don't check these five boxes, they're not going to fund. You're in an elevator, Lou. And I think we all need to remember that. Oh, you can't hear me at all? Well, you're fine. You cut in and out and like you're in an elevator. Could nobody hear me diatribe for the last two minutes? No, no, we're hearing it. It's just cutting in and out. Uh, well, you know, that's just the life on the road. Anyways, um, I'm just saying that people are thinking that, you know, it's like uh, like Bill Crystal or, or you know, um, the Lincoln Project is now Speaker of the House. And it's not that case at all. I think that there has to be a little bit of negotiation. But you also give people rope to hang themselves. So you turn around and he says, OK, well, you want the money? Show me where you're going to spend it. We have to have, you know, authors, you know, we need to see accountability. We need to watch and see where it goes. If if they can't do that, then they're getting it, if that makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, um, Parson, did you want to comment on this or did you want to talk about something international? Well, I was going to go be real too. brief. I, just... I got like, I got like, another. Go ahead, go ahead Parson. Good. I know, I, I know you, you always say I'm getting ready to go to bed. So no, it's not. No, it's Monday Night Football. My Detroit Lions are playing. <laughs> you you, you <laughs> should right. be amazed. I even have. I've had my my pods in listening the whole night. This is mainly for. I, I just wanted to. Uh, the Shawsman, me and him, have gotten to know each other over the last few weeks. Um, I sent you that link. We've been talking in text a little bit. Um, last Tuesday night, uh, we had uh, we had Brandon in, um, and I think Shawsman. I'm going to post an audio clip from from that. I think you'll be blown away. I was very encouraged on what you had to say uh, earlier uh, about you know what it, what's going on inside of Iran and what it might look like if there is a fall. You know, because my concern is that if we do do a strike or somebody does a strike that takes out the leadership, that you know we're looking for a more wholesome, you know. Persian takeover of their own land and in by all means by giving up these assets that we've held at bay since the since 1978 actually because Carter went after the Shah um, and started sanctioning the Shah because the Shah wanted nuclear power and Carter didn't want him to have it a little interesting fact that I just recently learned um, and shot believe it or not you guys ready for the, the real bombshell Jimmy Carter contacted the Ayatollah Khomeini while he was in Paris and said, listen, if you come into Iran, we will support you. How the frick did that work out, guys? Let that sink in. And uh, so, but I was very encouraged on that. I'm going to continue listening throughout the game, and then I'm going to bed. And the game will probably not end before you guys go to bed, too. So, but I'm thoroughly enjoying the conversation. And three aces. Where the hell's he been, huh, Monica? Now, where was he? He was somewhere in, in Africa doing a gold mine. He must be doing a gold mine now in Brazil. Guy just bounces all over. World traveler, I guess, huh? Anyway, I'll land there. And uh, Scott, love you, man. New app, awesome. Uh, I'm waiting for my phone to start ringing any day now. And uh, everybody in here, have a great evening. I'll be listening. Keep me entertained and informed.
Thanks, Parson. All right, Kat, you got your hand up. We're going to go to you, and then we're going to go to my good friend Scott Pressler. He's going to talk about a new app that's going to help us save America. So let me go to you, Kat, and then to you, Scott. Thanks. Um, hey, um, thanks for a great space. I wanted to redirect about Mike Johnson. Um, who am I? I'm a nobody. I'm just a political observer, but I have a lot of friends in high places. I know some people that actually know the man, including Colonel Manus. This guy is a true constitutionalist. This is a boon for conservatives that we have him as Speaker of the House. Okay, he approved something that you didn't like. Get over yourselves. Take a minute and sit back and watch what happens, perhaps, instead of crying about it. I am so colossally tired. And this I, I say this as a staunch conservative. I get so colossally sick of this. Oh, my God, he did one little thing we don't like. So we're going to call him out in the world. The sky is falling. Get over yourselves. Sit back and give the man a chance to do his job. He has got a heavy heavy lift now look at what is going on he is a very heavy lift but you know what this man is all about the constitution he called he literally is one of the only people i hear in washington dc calling us a constitutional republic as we are we are not a democracy per se so give him a chance i'm just saying i know some people that actually know him say he's a good man but at the end of the day he is still a politician he is going to disappoint us at some point they always do. But, you know, maybe give him a chance and not pull the ripcord and bail automatically because we don't like one little thing that he does. I'm really getting kind of tired of that. I see that a lot on the conservative side. I don't know why we do that. Um, but it's a uh, it's a little frustrating. It's like, you know, you'll see him. He gets the he gets the he gets the nod. And everybody's like, well, in 1975, he said blah, blah, blah. and it's like, oh, my God, get over it, people. Calm down. Maybe watch the process unfold. Let's see if he does what he says. Let's see if he does release the J6 tapes. Because you know what? That does need to happen, though. Show. So anyways, I'll land it there and uh, carry on. Yeah, Kat, I think it's just because conservatives have been burned so many damn times by Republicans that say they're conservative and then they get to Washington, D.C. and it's like a caterpillar. They go into a little cocoon and their metamorphosis is a rhino Agreed. butterfly. And I and I think that's why we're so quick to be like, ah, we're fooled again, because it's like it seems like every time we think we got somebody, we get screwed. And um, so I, I think that's why I think we're just so traumatized from bad Republicans. But, you know, who's trying to save us from bad Republicans? Scott Pressler. Scott Pressler, welcome to the David, the post David Pollack show space. Little known fact or maybe well-known fact that Scott Pressler has been on my show, I think, more than any other person. And uh, he's still by far my favorite guest. And uh, I'm so happy to have you up here. And you want to tell everybody about an app that's going to help us save America, right, Scott? Hey, guys, good evening. Yes, I think I was actually your first guest to David on your first show or one of yes, the first Yes, you were. Guests. You were the first ever guest on my show. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I know I'm a broken record. You guys only have to put up with me for seven more days for the selection cycle. But to anyone who does not know, we do have elections this November, Tuesday, November 7, 2023. Kentucky, Mississippi, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, and Virginia. Those are the main ones. We are going to have a runoff in Louisiana on Saturday, November 18th. But not for the governorship because we won the governorship on day one in the primary. Now, as you guys know, we've been doing letter writing of letters to voters across the country in those states and we've been doing phone calling and door knocking but today we released a brand new 
uh, part of the application, we now have peer-to-peer texting available. So we have Republican voters in Allegheny County, ones, twos, threes, and fours. That means people that voted either four out of four years, three out of three, three out of four, et cetera. And it's so easy to use that you can text a person with a pre-written script for Allegheny County with literally the click of the button. You can send 20 text messages in a minute and you're reaching 20 different voters. Now for context, real quick, let me explain why this race is so important. Everybody in this space probably cares about election integrity, right? Well, if we all care about election integrity, then that means that the Supreme Court election, we want Judge Carolyn Carluccio because the Supreme Court decides election integrity, mail-in ballots, drop boxes, whether or not mail-in ballots can be uh, taken after election day. Then, get this, to anyone that actually wants to elect President Trump or whoever your candidate is or defeat Joe Biden, well, if you want to win next year in 2024, every county commissioner seat is up for grabs this November in Pennsylvania. The county commissioners, by the way, control the elections. So if you guys want to control the elections, we need to get off our behinds and elect Republican county commissioners up and down every single county in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Last, almost done. There are two, the two largest counties in Pennsylvania that decide elections are Philadelphia and Allegheny. Now, Allegheny is a two to one D to R county. We currently, with this Allegheny County executive race, are tied tied. The fact that we are tied in this race is so outstandingly monstrous that I don't know why more media hasn't picked this up. We all need to support Joe Rackey for county executive. R-O-C-K-E-Y. Joe Rackey. It's VoteRackey.com. Vote Rackey on his Twitter handle. But I'm telling you, this is going to come down to every vote. And again, if you guys want to control the elections in the second largest, second bluest county in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, then please use my application, even if you're not in Pennsylvania, send text messages tomorrow, not now because it's 10 o'clock, make phone calls or do whatever you can to help get out the vote. And with that being said, thank you very much for lending me your ear. David, thank you very much. Manica, Lou, the whole cast, Matt, James, I appreciate your time. Scott, do you have a link that you can uh, post to it up that we can or lead so you could send us so we could post it up in the bubble so everyone can download it? Yes, I will be putting this in the next short. My application awesome. early vote action is now ranked 149 out of every free app available on the app store. So you guys have put it on the chart. Well, let's push that thing up to number one. Guys, what you hear Scott saying is is the exact conversations that our party leaders are not saying. And this is why what Scott does is so important. And you and all of you love Scott for this reason. I mean, Ronna McDaniel still hasn't responded to him. She still won't tell Scott what the plan is to defeat Joe Biden or any of the far left uh, cronies that are running for offices. What the language you hear Scott using, sending texts and in these local elections, doing the things that actually matter. This is real grassroots stuff. When you hear grassroots, that's what grassroots is, getting people involved at the local level and winning the elections that matter, that affect elections all the way to the top. The Democrats have been beating us at the grassroots level for so long. And it's Scott single-handedly that is writing the playbook and showing 
Republicans how to play their game. And for some reason, and this is why I'm so anti-establishment, for some reason the establishment is so threatened that the ground game is being redesigned and reimagined by somebody that's not cut from their cloth. That's not one of their fancy consultants. It's like they'd rather lose than listen to the things Scott Pressler is saying. But you've seen the proof in the pudding. Scott just had a tremendous win in Louisiana with the governor there winning um, the majority of the vote and not having to go to any runoffs. He won. That is the secret to 2024, by the way, guys. Not losing these elections close. It's about winning and surprising him. It's, it's about defeating the margin of fraud. Every election has fraud. Call me whatever you want. Put me in prison. Every election has fraud. It's the amount of fraud that changes. But the difference is, if we're successful at the ground operation, if we're able to do the grassroots type thing that Scott's talking about using his app, we can win beyond the margin of fraud and we can start buttoning up these elections without recounts and runoffs and all this stuff that allows the Democrats to start playing their games and start stealing these things from us. So listen to everything that says support Scott, support the app. Um, he's a good friend of David Pollock show. He's a good friend of David Pollock. I've known Scott since before I was the David Pollock show. I was a nobody. I looked up to him. I knew him from, tw from Twitter because I would follow all of his tweets. And then I got to meet him at CPAC. I'm like, you're the coolest dude ever. Then he gave me an interview on a show I did. And then I got to know him from there on out. And now, you know, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a, Famous guy, but I'm, I'm more well-known than I was before. But I've appreciated Scott since day one. He's a good dude. Scott, go ahead. No, thank you. I uh, I put it in the nest, David. And also, I didn't even name the app. It's called Early Vote Action. Early Vote Action is the name of the app. And it's both on uh, iPhone and Android. Awesome. All right, everybody, go download that app right now. Go get it from the bubble, download it. I'm going to do that. Everybody else needs to do it and then share it, review it, give it a five-star rating and send it to all of your friends. Look, he's created the app and he's put it up there for you. All you have to do is download it and send it to every friend that you have. If you're a Democrat, it doesn't work on your phone. You use it. I'm sorry. But every Republican that you know, every conservative Republican that you know, take that app download it, share it, rate it, and let's start winning these things outside the margin of fraud. Scott Pressler, thank you so very much. Do you have any uh, anything you want to add about our new speaker, or are you just uh, focusing on the ground game and winning these local elections so we can save America? Not focused on the ground game right now, but I will tell you one last piece of parting news. So uh, in 2021, when we had the gubernatorial election in Virginia, there were 1.2 million early votes in that election. And I'll remind you that, of course, we did win in 2021, despite that big early voting margin. Now, we have elections statewide in Virginia this year. And as of yesterday, early voting, including mail-in ballots and vote uh, early in person, is only 500,000. So the early voting, we're not seeing the Democrats turn out in Virginia and our share of the Republican early vote has increased over five percentage points. So right now, guys, things are looking really good in Virginia. And I humbly ask you, if you know any friends in, in Virginia or the other seats I message, just do me a favor and tomorrow text five of them.
and just say, hey, I just wanted to send you a reminder to vote on Tuesday, November 7th. Thank you so much. And with that being said, I'm going to go to listening mode. But, David, keep up the good work. Thank you so much, Scott. I appreciate it. Remember, everybody, go download the app, rate it five stars, share it with all your friends. Scott's doing the hard work. All we have to do is support him, okay? Do the work that Scott's doing. Follow his lead. Let's be doers, not just talkers. And I appreciate it so much, Scott. Um, I bet James, I'm going to call on you, and then I want to welcome Matt. I'm going to talk to him in just a minute here. I also want to go and acknowledge Beer Vet down below as you hear me talk about frequently. The reason why I'm able to carry on these spaces till 1 a.m. in the morning is because I'm fueled by Beard Vet Coffee. The Zero Dark 30 gets me going, and I drink it, and I keep on going all night, and I will tell you what else. They got this great energy drink. It comes in a little, like a pump thing. I brought it to my gym because some days I forget my Celsius, and then I go, and then Beard Vet sent me this great energy drink. So I'm like, okay, well, let me just bring this. Everybody in my gym is using it, and they love it. You can put it in anything. You can put it in a bottle of water. You can put it in a cup of water. You can put it in your energy drink just for a little extra boost. It tastes fantastic, and it has real caffeine or coffee-derived caffeine energy, and it doesn't make you feel jittery. You don't crash. I'm telling you, all the trainers at the gym love it. If I need to lift extra heavy weight, I'll put an extra shot or two in it. And Savvy makes fun of me because – some one day I I think I hit the pump a little bit too many times. Each was like eighty eight milligrams of caffeine, and you know, a couple of pumps, you're good to go. I think I did the pump three or four times, but whatever. And I was running my mouth; I wouldn't even believe it was fantastic. So anyway, they don't just have energy drinks. They don't just have beard it's Beard Vet. I got a beard. Beard Vet's got a beard. He's got a actually very impressive beard. And as Matt Couch says all the time, he likes to tackle in vanilla uh, oil and it makes the ladies chase him around. And he's getting really sad on the wheelchair so he can get escape them because they try to tackle him on the wheelchair. So I encourage you to go to beardvet.com. And if you use promo code David or Matt, you can get percent off because in this economy, who can't who can't help but save 10% off on anything, right? It's almost almost saves you on the inflation. I think we're probably a little bit more than that, but at least with the promo code David or Matt, you get close to what it cost when Trump was president. And here's the best part about BeardVet, right? You've heard of BeardVet. You're like, oh, there's other companies like that, you know, that have that have coffee. But BeardVet is an awoke-ass company. BeardVet donates a portion of their proceeds to veterans, and he also supports conservative causes. BeardVet supports a lot of our, our podcasts, our radio shows, he supports conservatives. So when you support Beard Vet, you support veterans, and you support conservatism. So go get yourself some Beard Vet, beardvet.com, promo code David or Matt, and then you'll be as energized as me so you can have Twitter spaces until 1 o'clock in the morning. So with that, I'm going to go to James, and then we're going to go over to Matt. Take it away, James. Well, you kind of stole my thunder. That's why I put my hand up. I saw Beard Vet and Matt in here. That's what I was going to talk about. But then you, you know, you mentioned that you were taking the extra shots so you could do those 25 pound dumbbells and it kind of threw me off. Um, you know, uh, I absolutely support Scott. I absolutely support BeardVet.com. Promo code Matt. And I guess you could use David since this is his space. But, you know, Matt really needs the help because he needs a fucking leg. I mean, come on, guys. He needs a fucking leg. What does David need? Some more fucking latte? Like, you know, let, let's help out a boy here. Uh, but, yeah, that's really all I had to say. Well, see, James, I'm so good at what I do, um, see, you know, with my four followers. But I'm getting five followers now, close to six, because I'm getting better and better at what I do. And now since I'm so good at what I do, I can take care of my sponsors and I can take care of my friends and I can take care of my friends' organizations 
all while delivering entertaining content that excites people and encourages them to tune in week after week. It's what true professionals do. But that being said, absolutely right, our friend Matt does need a leg. And so we want to go and, and call attention to something that we've been trying to do for him. And I hope people will join me in supporting Matt's Give, Send, Go. I don't know if you all recall, but he had some kind of monster freaking blood clot in his leg that I think some negligent doctors that he should sue um, didn't really let him know about until it was too late. And then being the tough guy he is, he says, well, look, if you're going to take it off at the knees, take it off above the knee and let me get an awesome prosthetic so I can kick some liberal ass. So... He needs to go and uh, get back on his feet. He does a lot of great work for America. I'm sure you have seen him on here and you've been involved in places where Matt's been a spaces host. He does a lot of really great work for our cause and we're trying to support him and help him get back on his feet. Literally. Anyway, Matt, welcome to the space. David, thanks for having me. And I literally was like, I looked at my clock. I was like, oh, hell, I got to jump in David's space because I keep, I didn't want to be like the little boy who cries wolf or an Indian giver, whatever terminology that's a, uh, anti-politically correct, you know, that we can use nowadays. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I was actually listening to my good friend, Pastor Greg Locke. He's at my good friend, Pastor Brian Gibson's church. And I kind of run the comms. I run their social medias for those guys. And I lost, uh, I, I was literally in trance and I looked up at the clock and I was like, I got to hop in. And uh, thank you guys. They, I, you know, it's, it's amazing, David. Thank you for the donation. You know, I saw that today. Uh, it's, it's amazing the people that are coming and being a part of this, I saw Jim Hoft and the Gateway Pundit made a donation today. Uh, it's just, it, it's amazing to see the the support, you know, Chad, Caton, and uh, and his wife, Elizabeth. Um, you know, I even have one of my buddies that um, haven't talked to in a long time, played ball with uh, in high school. He and his wife made a donation. Cat the Hammer, who's up here. Um, I can't think, I can't name everybody, but it's just, just seeing people come around. We hit our 30% mark. Which was the which was the goal? We wanted to get past that. Now we're trying to get to fifty percent in the next couple of days. So we're we're turning and burning. But thank you guys so much. Great space you guys have going on here. Um, seems like it's kind of the political landscape slowed down a little. Unless you want to go, you know, talk about the Gaza Middle East stuff right now. But it, it does seem like it's other than the Trump legal case in Colorado where they're trying to keep him off the ballot, which is absolutely criminal. Uh, and we've got guys who literally lied under oath in Congress who literally changed people's tweets around testifying that trump's a bad guy um it's it's nonsensical when you look at what's really happening um that you know they they want us and then you look at the uh, shootings that are just amping up um you know i don't want to go straight alex jones on people but i mean i find it amazing we get a new speaker in the house that's somewhat more conservative we we get some wins uh you know the speaker or not the speaker jamal brown gets uh actually gets charged or something has to settle for a you know you have all of these different things uh, you know, going on. And, you know, every time conservatives get wins, it seems like these shootings just amp up all around the country. I mean, I'm not trying to point anything or say anything, but it's very coincidental that every time a few good things happen to the conservative movement, two or three mass shootings occur every single time. It's like clockwork. They're trying to call me. That's obviously not a, not uh, smart enough to realize I'm in David Pollock's spaces. So I keep hitting the delete or ignore button here. Uh, I'm becoming very fast with the finger, with the index finger here to uh, keep from getting bumped out of the space. But I, I just think all, all that needs to be looked at a little bit more closely um, th than what people realize. And, and, and that's the main thing. Like I just see so much corruption going on and I see so many, th you know, so many things just occurring in this country that um, I never thought I would see this. And I had somebody I was talking with, uh, I, I was on the phone. I don't even want to mention the name because it's somebody you guys would all know what they were asking about security today for themselves and their family. 
because they're getting, you know, quite a bit of threats. And I referred them to, uh, and I'll refer any of you guys to RMS security. Um, you know, they, they did the security for the Trump bus tour, good friends of mine that, that run the company that are, you know, former MI6 agent and, and another one who's a retired Marine major uh, that run this, one of the largest private asset protection companies in the world now. But it's just sad that we have this going on to where people are calling and saying, hey, Matt, how do I get protection? How do I do this? How do I do that? Uh, and, and we're 13 months away from an election, maybe a little less than that. It's going to get so much significantly worse. Um, I have I have about a tenth of the impressions on X Twitter. Uh, I, I did better in the Jack Dorsey era than I'm doing in the Elon Musk era, just giving everybody a heads up here. Uh, by far and away, I used to have four to five hundred million impressions. I had close to a million followers um, before I got banned. Now, it, you know, I can't. It's unbelievable. Um, you know where we're at with this thing. It seems like it's so much significantly worse than it was. Other than we have Twitter Spaces, where we have a chance to communicate, talk, network, do things like this. Um, this is something that's kind of the you know the the new the new breed here, the new blood. But um, I, I think that we just we have a lot of work to do. Scott is leading the charge. Um, I literally threw up in my mouth when President Trump praised Rona McDaniel in Las Vegas this past weekend. Uh, I'm obviously a Trump guy. Uh, he, he stood by my side through everything. Um, you know, I mean, I get hats in the mail from him. I mean, I get signed letters in the mail from him. I mean, I can't. I've got his back. I, I would just love to get back on my feet so I can get my ass to Mar-a-Lago and, and have a one-on-one -on -one conversation again with him and be like, hey, Mr. President, can I talk to you about Scott Pressler and let's grab a cheeseburger? And um, and, and I, I would love to be able to get that conversation, get another one-on-one -on -one conversation with him and be able to talk and and uh, and mention Scott, you know, a little bit further. Uh, and I'm supposed to be at Mar-a-Lago Wednesday, but I can't – I'm just not going to go with the leg, you know. Uh, Dinesh D'Souza is premiering his movie there on Wednesday. And so um, I'm telling you, there's just so much going on, guys. I'm going to yield back here and land my, uh, my dysfunctional plane. But – I just want people to realize that we've really got to step up. Uh, this is this is not a game anymore. Uh, they're trying to keep a the guy who's leading in the polls by 50, 60 points in the primaries, 10 to 15 points over his political opponent in the other party. Uh, they're trying to jail him. They're trying to imprison him. They're trying to keep him off the ballot. Now they're like, well, hell, we can't get him in jail. These are all civil suits. You know what? Let's just let's just lie in every state and try to keep him off the ballot. Now, I mean, they just keep changing the game. You know, they just keep turning it and, and, and changing it. And, and, you know, it's like somebody that invented Monopoly and then, you know, they change the pieces like every 30 minutes. Uh, they are so scared of this guy and they should be. And, and if you're not voting for Donald Trump, you have to ask yourself, why do you hate America? I'm at that point where there's no point in being kind anymore about this. If you don't like Donald Trump, why do you hate America? It's that simple. There's nobody else out there that's fighting for us. There's, and, and I get people that go, well, he just says the same things over and over again. I'm like, well, what should he say? Should he worry about your feelings? Should he, should he be more concerned about, uh, oh, I don't know. It's unbelievable that people don't understand what's at stake. And, um, and if, we don't, if we don't get off our ass and do what Scott Press Scott told me a long time ago. He probably doesn't even remember the conversation. And I, and I literally felt like, and Scott's a tall guy, and I'm like 5'10", and Scott's like 6'11". He should probably play in the NBA. Um, but, you, you know, Scott told me this. We were at the Willard Hotel back, God, I think it was like, October, November in 2020. It was right after the election, I think. And uh, Scott told me, he said, man, he said, everybody should be registering three new voters a month. Three a month. And I was thinking to myself, well, man, hell, that's not too hard. And Scott's got the blueprint out there. If you're not registering three new voters a month in the next 12 months, 
That's 36 new Republican voters. Just think if, you know, 10% of our movement went out and did that. You would sway an election like we've never seen before. Now think if you decided, hey, you know what? I'm going to work a phone bank. I'm going to actually do something I normally don't do. And by the way, the phone bank thing, the people that tell you they don't have time, you do that from your home off your laptop. You're absolutely lazy if you tell me you can't work a phone bank. But let's just say you want to one-up it and you want to become a door knocker because grassroots is really the key. So that's what Scott does. And you want to, and you want to knock doors and you want to try to flip seats and you want to go in places to where they, everywhere that Scott is flipping seats, they said it couldn't be done. And he's, and he's doing it with just hard work. The phone calls left and right. Um, and so, uh, but, but Scott is doing this left and right. And he is, and he is progressively, you know, and ambitiously changing the fundamentals of what this, you know, uh, and, and I'm really perplexed by this. You know, normally if somebody hits the ignore button, I don't call back a second time. But apparently my friends are stalkers. Um, sorry about that, guys, if I'm breaking up on you all. But I, I want to, you know, be a door knocker. Be a poll watcher. You know, be, work a phone bank. Get involved. Register three new voters per month. Scott taught me that a long time ago. He's probably stunned that my dumb ass actually listened to him. I did, Scott. I've taken that to heart for three-plus years now. I've tried to pay it forward and pass it on to anybody I run into. Um, you can follow Scott. You should be following Scott. And you should be doing exactly what Scott Pressler tells you to do. Scott is the real deal. He is literally fundamentally changing the game on the ground for conservatives and Republicans across this country. And any Republican, whether they're in office, whether they're the head of the RNC, like Mitt Romney's niece, any of these people who are, who are, who are literally telling you to do anything opposite of what Scott's doing, they are not your friend, and they do not care about winning this next election. And I'll yield back and land my plane, David. Thanks. I'm going to respond briefly, and then I'm going to go to Kat. Um, yeah, two things. One, you triggered something I wanted to say about uh, when Scott was talking. Um, out here in Seminole County, Florida, where I live, um, the we have some municipal elections going on right now, and we're, of course, chasing ballots. And our vote-by-mail data coming back uh, has actually Republicans ahead by almost 18% on the vote-by-mail returns. Republicans are voting by mail. They are taking advantage of um, what Democrats took advantage of last time around. And like Scott was saying, the enthusiasm is on our side, and we're starting to weaponize what they use as their advantage for our own. So I'm very optimistic um, for the future. And again, we, we have Scott to thank for all of this. And Matt, like what you were mentioning, um, a couple of things you mentioned. And one, I just want to say for everybody listening to Matt in here, so I've just been jumped. I think it was, gosh, was it just last week? I think we first started talking on Spaces maybe two weeks ago when Lou and Kat abandoned me from my company. I think that was last week. And we've just been like chatting here. And like everything happened over the last seven days. I went from being like, oh, it's Matt Couch. I hope I get to talk to him. I've seen him on the stage like, and then last week, I think we've spoken like more than I've speak to my own family because we've had shootings and we've had phone spaces and then we've know you know you pretty well over the last few days in Twitter spaces. I know why Lou and Kat left me for you. It makes perfect sense. Um, but now you're here, so they have no reason to leave, which is nice. So I appreciate you being here for that. But also, uh, what you also, what everyone else is hearing, you're so good on these issues. 
and you're so spot on with this stuff and your conversation style is awesome. I really enjoy uh, having you in these spaces and having these dialogues with you. You're uh, a gentleman and you're um, always giving me a lot of love and promoting my show. And I can't thank you enough for that. Um, but you mentioned something when you first came in and you said, uh, and, and, and please, Matt, promote everything you're on so people can follow you. You guys, he has spaces on Tuesday nights and Thursday nights. He calls it, uh, I think he calls it Matt After Dark. And uh, they're hilarious. We don't talk about politics. We talk about the most random things. And we have a lot of fun. So I encourage you to go into those spaces after my spaces concludes on Lake Cat and Lou. And we have a lot of fun in there. And he also has a lot of media stuff. I'm going to let you promote yourself, Matt, here in a second. Um, but you mentioned something when you first came in. And hey, George Santos, my favorite congressman. Uh, I'm sure he has a lot to fill us in on over this crazy week. Um, so you said something you came in was very interesting. You said everything calmed down politically. Like, you know, we could talk about the war and what a perfect way to really frame up what all of this really is, right? So Trump's still facing indictment in four places. They just issued a new gag order on him. Hey, Chad, come on up. And, um, we got to figure out a way to get Chad up here. Um, so they just issued a gag order on him, violating his First Amendment rights. They've tried to take him off the ballot, Colorado, and I think I just saw in um, one of the other states up there by the Great Lakes, not Wisconsin, but the other one uh, that I've never been to and it's too cold. Uh, but they're trying to take him off the ballot there. And all of this is going on while we're distracted by – is the war. I mean, don't get me wrong. And these crazy ass protests that are organized by Soros are important. But what do you think? And I said this at the beginning of the space before you got on. I was talking about how these these is protests are for a specific purpose. And we even had that fake wire story that met that Mark Meadows was wearing a wire. Coincidentally, time. This gap order. Right. So you have to think who fed Ryan the bad information. What was the purpose? If, if people don't see how deep and gross this deep state is and how far they're willing to go, Republican establishment, Republicans, Dem all of them, the fear of Trump and what they're willing to do to keep him off the ballot and what they're talking Paul about Kraft. instead of – right? Thanks. And what everybody's talking about instead of what we need to be talking about. And that's your rights to participate in this republic. They're trying to take that away from you. And they've been trying since 2016. And every protest, every distraction, every protest that says no Trump, no wall, no USA at all, every BLM protest, every trans protest, every pro-abortion protest, everything you see that distracts you from what's really going on is done for that specific purpose. And when you came in, Matt, and said, I guess everything is kind of slowed down domestically. I know what you're saying, but, but – that is 100% the purpose. That is the point. Nobody's talking about Trump right now because they're talking about everything else except for Trump. But what I can tell you that's going on with Trump is he's absolutely blowing his opponents out of the water in polling. It's not even close. Mike Pence cried home like a baby. The other Republicans are getting out of the race and endorsing Trump. DeSantis is being stubborn in his stiff new cowboy boots. Nikki Haley and him are splitting the establishment votes. And even if all of them got out of the race today and gave all of their support to Nikki Haley, she still wouldn't even poll more than 20% and Trump would take the rest. RFK Jr. is splitting the Democrat slash Biden slash anti-Trump vote and Trump is on his way to re-election by margins that will even exceed 2016 and 2020 combined. There's no stopping him. Bigger than the margin of fraud. That combined with the great work Scott Pressler is doing, we are on a warpath to victory. 
And that scares the hell out of the establishment. That scares the hell out of Democrats. That scares the hell out of our enemies. And what you are seeing is just the beginning of a full press assault against you, the voter, your ability to choose the person you want to be president because of how it affects everybody that doesn't want to see America first. That's what's really happening. Everything you see, that's what's going on. They are trying to stop us from taking the country back. We're not going to let them. I'm going to yield there and I'm going to go to Kat. I want to say hi to George and then we can go to some hands. Okay, I'll be quick. I just wanted to look, give you guys a little teaser alert. The Republican Party of Colorado contacted me today about doing a space specifically about Trump being removed from the ballot. So I will keep you guys posted as soon as I hear back. I, re I replied to their DM and told them I want them I want them this Thursday. So as soon as I know, I will put it out there for you. And I yield back. Thanks, Kat. Go ahead, Monica. And then we'll go to George. I just wanted to say hi, George. Thank you for answering the call. Monica, go to George oh, with that. <laughs> Monica, there's nothing you don't ask I don't say no to, so far at least. So, Congressman Santos, it has been a crazy week, right? We have a new, since we last spoke, we have a new speaker. We have, um, let's see, there was a motion that was filed that I'll let you talk about. I want to know what's going on with that because that upset all of us. Um, there has been some people that are that already are starting to dislike the new speaker. A lot has happened. We picked a new brunch place. There's a lot that's happened in the last few days. Why don't you fill us in? Well, David, I'll make it very clear. Uh, I, I think it's no secret that what's going on. There's a lot going on. I hope people just stop feeding too much into like, the the deep end holes of the speaker this man needs a chance he is a good man everybody seems to want to find a problem with this guy if we keep going down this path i said it before not even jesus christ can be speaker of the house because he won't get the votes in conference and y'all won't be satisfied with him give him a chance he is a good man he is a god-fearing christian the man is conservative to a fold but a lot of people are mad because he's already talking about Ukraine and all of that. I think we said this very early on when we were talking about the speaker's job. The spe a member represents their constituency to the best of their ability. But when you become speaker, you need to understand that this is a nonpartisan job in a body with 435 people. And you need to somewhat obviously keep your own convictions and don't waver on your own beliefs. But you need to respect the consensus of the body to an extent. And that's what he has to do. That's just how this job works. Right. It's not it's not he's not a tyrant. He's a speaker. Um, so give him a shot. Let let I, I ask everybody here, take a seat back, give him 60 days and you will see what this man is capable of. Hell, give him 90 days. Why 60? Why rush it? And you'll see the direction his his legislative priorities will go towards and don't get into the character assassination that is coming from here's what's going on all this character assassination you're all seeing is coming from one place it's coming from the deep swamp of lobbying here's why i can tell you this from speaking to friends i have some friends who are lobbyists i don't take their money i don't listen to them they can go pound sand and they know that that's just how i feel but they are, th this is one of the first calls I get. He's like, hey, 
uh, do you know Mike Johnson at all? I know you're a freshman. You've been through a lot, but, you know, you never know. I'm like, actually, matter of fact, I love Mike. He's a great guy. Oh, all right. Uh, anyway, you can, like, give me, like, an idea. I'm like, look, A, I can't speak for him. B, he's like, well, look, I have all my clients. They're freaking out, saying, like, hey, how is this? How is Mike Johnson? And I'm having to say, I've never met the man. I didn't even know who he was. Do you know what that means, guys? If a lobbyist, this lobbyist I'm talking to has been lobbying for 15 years. If this lobbyist doesn't know Mike Johnson, that is a actual amazing sign. That means Mike Johnson has not folded into one of the most established lobbyists' clutches in Washington, D.C. A man lobbying for renewable energy. Just think about that. This is monumental. This is absolutely best case scenario. A congressman who takes no meetings with lobbyists that now lobbyists don't know him and their clients are freaking out. This is amazing. That means there's no entrenched, deep, swampy activity. Where do you all think that the smears are coming from? It's coming from the swamp. If the swamp is after him, then he's doing something right. And I urge and ask you all to disregard the swamp and let this man lead us. We need a leader. Now, to answer your second question, David, there is a motion to expel me. Totally dubious because the motion essentially says I'm guilty of crimes I have not been convicted of. These are allegations against me, but it reads as if I'm already guilty. So I have five members of Congress who are behaving as judge, jury, and executioners, and they all have to understand that what they're doing is unconstitutional. If anybody believes in the Constitution of the United States, they understand that this is dangerous. This is going to set dangerous precedent. This is bad for the country, not just for me. And lastly, on the topic of silencing voters, I fielded hundreds of calls of my constituents saying they don't want their votes silenced. They don't want their votes taken away. There's something to be said. Every single member challenging me has terrible, terrible voting records. I'm the one with the 100% conservative voting record. I'll let that be the judge of it. I am not a perfect man. I am not a perfect human being. Just like each and every one of you, if we all look in the mirror, we can say that we've done something or have said something or have had a behavior that we're not proud of. But the fact that I'm being smeared with all these allegations that I am fighting and I have a court date scheduled for trial in September 9 of 2024, but I have five Republic, Republican congressmen who allegedly say they are constitutionalists, conservatives, trying to convict me via a resolution before I even see a judge should tell you everything you have to know about this resolution. And I will not spend another moment talking about it. I will not spend my days begging for my constitutional rights because it is beneath the Constitution. It is beneath me to go grovel for something that I should not have to do. So I refuse to whip. I refuse to talk to people. I think every member understands their oath, understands the Constitution, and they should be able to make a clear judgment call. It's very telling when you see that one of them, actually the author of this resolution, is fundraising off of it. If you go on my page, you'll see he's fundraising off of it. That should tell you everything you need to know. But with that said, 
Always a pleasure to join you guys. But David, there is one down. There is one upside to this whole thing. If What's they that? get in their way and I get expelled, I know everybody's like, "What are you going to do now?" I cannot wait to pack my whole house and get the hell out of New York, because at that point, it, it's pointless fighting. Because in New York, I fight Democrats and Republicans. Why am I going to stay there? And I love my constituents. I love where I'm from. I love where I represent. My family, my friends, my entire life is there. But what's the point of staying in a place where I'm not just fighting Democrats, but I'm fighting Republicans? It's pointless. It makes no sense. So Central Florida, here I come. Like, well, if you're coming like, from New York, George, if you're coming from New York, you got to call it Central Florida. Central Florida. That's what they call it when they come down. It's not Florida. Yeah, you know what? That's how the idiots who are expelling me talk. I don't talk like that. <laughs> well, that's, that's why that's why you're welcome here. Listen, we won't talk about that, but we support you 1,000% here. And um, screw those guys. And honestly, you should look at it like a compliment because those scummy, scumbag, swamp breeding uh, creatures that call themselves Republicans, it's not just you. It's anybody that doesn't have to fall in line like they do. They're just They're just basically servants. Of of whatever cause they one choose to follow, have, one of them have a sixty two percent conservative rating. I think that should tell you everything you need to know. It does tell me everything I need to know. They they fear people like you because you have the courage to speak your own mind, and you get elected in spite of them, and that upsets them. That makes them nervous. So that's why we one thousand percent always support you here, and we appreciate I, you. I can tell you this. I definitely campaigned different than they all did. They all campaigned scared of their shadows. Uh, uh, abortion. Oh, no, no. That, you know, I think we need to revisit. I, I straight up called abortion barbaric. Didn't give a fuck. Didn't apologize for it. Uh, you know, I campaigned with authenticity. I know everybody tries to say I'm this prolific piece of shit liar. I know there's people in the audience who believe that. And that's okay because, look, I can't control what media you consume. I can't control what you choose and choose not to believe. I can only control what I know my values are, and I'll continue to do that, right? Because if I spend too much time trying to convince people, then I'm, I'm, I'm behind the eight ball. <laughs> I, I'm way behind the eight ball. So I, I let people live their lives in their most truthful, authentic self. And guess what? This is this can become one of those scenarios. Turn lemon into lemonades. Maybe I will pick up the baton and split the country 50-50 and put in the dedication my friend Scott Pressler puts into it. You know what? This might just be the right thing to do. Let's go teach these fuckers how to vote, how to organize, how to take out the Democrats that are trying to destroy our country. I think that's the best way you can do this. I mean, there's no other real way. Like, there's so many opportunities. There's no reason Marcy Kaptur should be in Congress. That's an R plus two seat in Ohio. There's no reason Marie Goosen Paris should be in, in that Washington three seat. That's an R plus three seat. There's so many opportunities for pickups. But here's the reality. We need to go select real Republicans. Enough of this weak, spineless bullshit rhinos. No more. Enough is enough. Well, and that's why, though, in those R plus three, R plus two seats, you have those people, because as Mitch McConnell, the Mitch McConnell doctrine states that unless you're their Republican, they would rather have no Republican at all. I mean, that's how 
um, disloyal these people are, not to just the party, but actually, no, they're so loyal to the party that they're disloyal to the country and their voters because they'd rather not have a conservative in that seat than not have their person in that seat. And it's a big problem. We need to start by getting rid of those people. And I think um, by getting rid of uh, Mitch McConnell, I feel like Mitch McConnell, uh, Kevin McCarthy, I feel like that was the first step of fixing that problem. What do you think, George? You see, uh, unpopular opinion again. You see, I don't think Kevin McCarthy's part of the problem. And, and I'll say this. Here's why I'll say this. And, and, and just listen to me for a second. The assassination attempt in McCarthy in 15, he's a flawed man just like every one of us. He's, he had a slip in his life, whatever. In, in, in 2015, they assassinated his character with the fear of a Trump becoming president that it, he, they were too aligned. Can you imagine had we had Kevin McCarthy, not Paul Ryan as speaker in 2016, in 2017, pardon me, Trump would have gotten his entire agenda rammed through in those two years. But instead, he had Paul Ryan working against him with the Mike Pence's of the world and the Lindsey Graham's and the Mitch McConnell's of the world. That's why his agenda was never fully embraced and pushed forward. And, and, and that's why we failed miserably. And then that's why we also generated the largest slaughtering of us in, in recent history, which was the 2018 blue wave, which took out a shit ton of members, members who shouldn't have lost. I mean, we ended up with, with Democrats elected in Oklahoma, fucking Oklahoma of all places. Are you kidding? Stephanie Bice had to work her ass off in 2018 to take that seat back. You know, those are seats that should have never gone blue, but that's because we had such a weak leadership. Had McCarthy been the speaker, I strongly think you would all have had a very different opinion of him. And obviously we're dwelling within the, the, the lands of coulda, woulda, shoulda, and, you know, we get nothing from that. So <laughs> and that's just my opinion. But I do think we need to fight back and we need to fight back hard to make sure we elect good guys and gals in these seats so that we can have a true conservative majority, not this wishy-washy flip-flop bullshit of people who talk both sides, of their, both sides of their mouth in order to gain favor from Democrats. I mean, let's be straight. If a Republican is expelling a Republican and they're sending e fundraising emails, who do you think that audience is? It's not Republicans. It's the Democrats. They're fundraising off of Democrats. That's what's happening. That's the fact, right? Like your list, I mean, at best, it's a Liz Cheney style list, probably renting off Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger's list, because not even Justin Amash's list would have people who would vote for that garbage. So just think about that, you know? One follow-up, and then we'll go to hands, because if I don't go to hands, you'll start calling on hands, and you'll take over the show. So one last question. Um, since now I understand that you've defended Kevin McCarthy, and that's cool. I appreciate that. Um, but now, Matt Johnson, do you think now we have a better speaker than we did before? I think we have a far more bullish uh, conservative speaker who will not be um, politically correct for the better sense of the word. Not that McCarthy wasn't conservative. He tried to work with everybody in order to get consensus, and which is part of leadership. It's a really large leadership skill. 
But I do believe that this speaker isn't so politically correct. So he doesn't care. He's just going to bulldoze through what he wants and what he thinks is right and what is right for the conference and what is right for the country. So I think you can call it a very different approach at drawing policy. Uh, and I can say this from a, from a standpoint. Yesterday I was on the, the conference call that we had at 6 p.m. It was conducted differently. I'm not saying that the speak, the former speaker didn't do it well. I, I liked his style, and I've always said this. You will never meet a man so, so suave as Kevin McCarthy. He knows how to treat you. He knows how to talk to you. He knows how to deliver a message. Uh, this speaker, a lot more, uh, a lot more uh, uh, direct and really doesn't cut corners. He just goes straight for it. You know, like, this is what we're going to do. This is how I think it should go. Get with it. You know, he's very direct, very objective. And people like that are very useful when times are in the ways we are. So it's a different approach. I don't think one is better than the other. I, I, you know, you're not going to get that from me, David. You can spin that question 30 times and I'm going to come back to you with the same type of answer. I don't think one is better than the other because I've made it very clear. I do not dislike McCarthy, but I understand where all of you are. And Marjorie uh, made one of the best statements and analogies on this, which was simple. The American people were so frustrated that we hadn't delivered a single head on a platter that at the end of the day, it could have been Mayorkas's head, it could have been anybody's head, but we didn't. So at the end of the day, it took the speaker's head being delivered at the platter to get the base to feel like we were moving in, in forward in the direction they thought was right. Had McCarthy and the leadership put forward, you know, Mayorkas's head on a platter and we would have impeached him because there's such, such an easy uh, accomplishment there because of the dereliction of duty that Mayorkas has displayed at our southern border via in, uh, policies from the White House and the fact that not only the policies are bad, but there's real no morale. As somebody who spoke to CBP officers and I was down there, the morale is absolutely trash. And guess who's the coach? The coach ahead of the team is, is, is uh, Mayorkas. He's failing. But again, that's what happens when you elect an entire cabinet based on identity politics. Cuban refugee, trans military uh, admiral. Uh, I mean, I can go on and on, right? It's like... The freakazoid that was arrested for, for stealing women's luggage. That, that, that's Biden's administration in a nutshell. Janet Yellen look, looks more like Mrs. Claus than like the person who should be running the, the Treasury. Like, just think about that. Like, put a nice little red giddy up on Janet Yellen. She'd be the most perfect cast member for a Mrs. Claus scene. I think it would be adorable. I mean, she looks like a very nice grandma, not like the person who is smart and, and with it enough to be running treasury. Cause she, her concept of the economy is to me is, is alien. I don't understand how she, how she, I don't know how she adds her one plus ones, but it's definitely like not, not like the most of us do. I'm pretty sure if you, if you ask her to add one plus one, she'll tell you it's 11. Uh, that's just my a gut feeling on that. All right, George, who are we going to next? You calling the hands. Oh, no, that's that's your job. And, and I'm going to be here briefly. So please. All right. Do the so, all right. Then we got three hands up. I'm going to go and call in a couple of hands. I usually like it. I was just trying to do you the do you the uh, honor of letting you call in hands. 
Um, let's go to uh, Freemason. Star. What's up, everyone? Yes, sir. What's up, Dave? Monica, what's going on? Cat, what's up? Listen, George, I'm from Deer Park, Long Island, and I want to tell you what I just heard was awesome. You got a moonlight as a comedian. I'm going to reach out to you through Monica. You're going to put me on your special security detail. I'm going to come down to D.C. with you, and we're going to kick some fucking ass down there. How's that sound? <laughs> you would be from Deer Park. <laughs> that's, that, that, sounds, that sounds delightful. I was, actually, uh, I was actually in Dick Sills the other day, which is right next door. Nice. Uh, visiting a friend. So uh, I appreciate that, sir. Look, uh, how about this? How about you tell your congressman how you really feel? Because he's part of, uh, part of the Band of Five. So. Well, listen, I got, you. I got you back. I'm one of the highest-ranked Freemasons in the whole world, and Suffolk County Freemasonic Lodges has you back, my brother. Well, I appreciate that. I should, t- I should pay you guys a visit, then, if that's allowed. Ab- absolutely. I can set that up 100%. I look forward to it, sir. Thank you very much. All right, let's go to, I don't know, I think uh, Common Sense American, you had your hand up before Todd. So I'll go to you, then Todd. Hey, thanks, David. Appreciate it. And um, a couple of things. First, I want to say uh, hello to George Santos. Thanks for coming in. Um, I had a question for you. You know, they're trying to get Trump off the ballot in a lot of these states. You know, what are you hearing on the Hill? Is this something that, you know, a lot of people are behind? Is this the next thing they're going to try to push for? Um, Also, I wanted to you know, do a little shout out to Scott Pressler. I think that all the hard work he's doing, it's really going to pay off. And I think that after the next election cycle, that's when he'll get the credit that he deserves. And that's when things will start to change. It'll take a big win like that to really get public pressure against uh, Ronna McDaniel and the others. Um, so, yeah, first I had that question for George, though. Uh, common sense. I want to, excuse me, sorry. I want to have a, I want to start off backwards here on your statement on Scott. Bullshit. We don't need to wait another cycle. He's deserved the respect long before that. I wouldn't be in Congress. My colleague, Anthony Disposito, wouldn't be in Congress. And neither would Nick Lalota without this man's work. This man came to New York State and spent an entire year working in New York politics, specifically Long Island and New York City. But he doubled down, registered thousands and thousands of people to vote. The sheer fact that this man could get people to wake up at eight o'clock in the morning on a Saturday to go canvas on Long Island. Freemason can, can vouch for me. Long Islanders are not people who give their time out for free, let alone a Saturday morning at eight, nine a.m. to go door knocking and get people like looking at you like you have seven heads. Understand that this man is solely responsible for the thin majority we have today because without his work, I don't believe he'd be here. I don't believe we'd be having this conversation. George, I couldn't couldn't agree more with you. I just think that when it comes to like Ronald McDaniel and and that crowd, it's going to take this upcoming election cycle to really, I think, put a a lot of public pressure on her. I, I think, you know, most of conservative 
or mo- most of Twitter that follows politics knows that Scott Pressler has really done a lot of great work here. I just think when it comes to that crowd, it's going to take a little bit. Let me make it clear, because I am part of, quote unquote, or was actually at one point part of that crowd. OK, and I say that easily. It's 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 uh, no skin off my back, but you work with who you got to work with to get elected and to, and to do what you got to do. That crowd, there's people who will call Scott Presser his friend to his face. And I've told him this, but will call Ronna McDaniel directly and say, don't meet with him. You don't want him. The problem is not just Ronna McDaniel. It's all the heads of these Republican organizations. I'll give one name out, for example. Charles Moran, the head of Log Cabin Republicans. He's one of the biggest in, in, in like impediments for Scott Pressler to advance in the RNC because of his influence, because of his cattiness and his shit talking that he goes right to the top and poisons the well for Scott. I, I'm not afraid yeah, of, of these people. They can go fuck themselves. But well, I'll call their names out. I'll create a whole list and put it out there if I have to. But I'm giving you an example. Scott needs we the people behind him to make sure we we express our dissatisfaction with these people and understand we don't want them anymore. We're George, done. George, if, if, if they acknowledge that Scott Pressler's way is working, then they're out of a job. And God, oh God, without a job, those faces are going to look sad and tired really quick. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I kind of hope they're out of a job. Isn't yeah. that the point? The you quicker know, they're out of a job, that, the better it is for this David, country. That's the reason, David, that's the reason they're ignoring him so much is because they, they see that it's, that it's working. They see that a lot of people are getting behind it. If they acknowledge it in any way, shape, or form, their way of doing politics, their way of being in control of this political party will be at risk, and they don't want that. But we do, and and that's what we've all been fighting for, and that's why I hope he's so successful. Common sense. Thank you so much for your comments. I, I really appreciate yeah. it. I had one more. I I had one more thing, David, if you didn't mind. Yeah, quickly because we got another hand up, and I got to bring a couple people up. Go ahead. Okay, great. Thanks, David. Uh, I wanted to comment on something that Matt said uh, earlier when he said basically what he's seen now. He never thought he'd imagine in this country, and I think that the reason for that is. It has to do with when people think that they're being righteous, they will go straight up over the cliff. They will they will not stop. Um, and I think that some of the stuff we're seeing now, why we thought 20, 30 years ago, we would never see this kind of crap in this country is because when you get egos involved and narcissism and then you start getting righteousness involved, it basically starts to become like a drug for some of these people. It's like a high they get off of appearing more righteous than other people around them, and it, they just keep one-upping each other. And this is why we've, we're seeing some of the nonsense we're seeing today. Uh, I wanted to, to, to piggyback on that, but also answer your other question. That, sorry, David, I only answered one of his questions. He had a question about keeping Trump off the ballot. Um, Thanks, George. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. it. So here's the deal. With this with this new approach of trying to keep the president, the former president, off off the ballot in some states, that's a state's issue. So we're not I'm not hearing a lot of conversations here in Congress, but I'll tell you this. 
judging by some of the characters and some of the decisions, I'll say this openly. If Trump receives a legal challenge to be kept off the ballot in New York State, I don't know that he has the right team of members of Congress. Not all of them, I'm saying, but there's there's some of them who I don't think they're going to lift a finger for him if their influence mattered. Because there's a bunch of never-Trumpers in the delegation, right? So this is going to come down to, if Congress people want to use their influence, it's going to come down to the type of Republicans, too, that we have elected in these states. Trump is going to rely and have to need a lot more of the state legislatures to come out and help him than he is any member of Congress at this point. Right. All right. Well, thanks, George. I appreciate it. You're welcome. All right, let's go to you, Todd, then you, James, and then we'll go to Trucker. Hey, everybody. David, Monica, somebody uh, else is going to Vermont. I can't wait to see you. We're going to have a great time. I can't wait to meet you. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I don't know if anybody's going early. I'm actually flying in on the, on the uh, 8th on Wednesday, so I'll be there early. And if anybody else is coming early, look me up. I'll be there. But um, the I wanted to comment on uh, Kat and kind of follow up on George. Regarding the speaker, um, you know, I, I, I've always liked Mike Johnson, so I was thrilled when he became speaker, and um, I think he's going to be great. I think we have to obviously give him some time. It doesn't happen overnight. We just have to get that, but I get it that we're all jaded a little bit, but um, I think he's going to be wonderful. He was on uh, Maria Bartiromo yesterday, uh, did a great interview, and he also spoke at the Jewish Coalition in Vegas where uh, Trump spoke on Saturday. I don't know if anybody else saw that speech, but it was very good. And he's extremely impressive. So, um, I mean, I was even listening to the speech thinking, wow, this guy could be a presidential contender in 2028, maybe. You never know. So um, I think we're in good hands, and I'm looking really um, forward to seeing what he's going to do. And um, other than that, that's all I really had. But travel safe, everybody, and we're going to have a great time next weekend. Can't wait. Yeah, and that, that's actually a great um... – Time to uh, remind everyone and reset the space super quick, and then we'll go to James and American Trucker. That a uh, couple things we're promoting right now. If you look up in the bubble, you'll see a lot of different things. Or the uh, cat calls it the X hole, I think, or Shell calls it the X hole. Either way, I kind of like it. Um, up in the X hole, there is um, Scott Pressler's app. As I, men- I mentioned earlier, um, this is going to help us at a grassroots level. So make sure you download the app. If you're a Republican, of course, a conservative Republican, it doesn't work on Democrats' phones. I don't know why. It's a bug in the software. Download the app. uh, Make sure you review it and share it with your Republican friends so we can get more Republicans elected. A lot of work went into this so we can start winning some of these elections that we should be winning. Make sure you go up there and do that, please. Also, we have a good buddy of ours in this space right now, Matt Couch. Uh, Matt Couch has been going through some – personal challenges uh we're trying to literally help him get back on his feet his give send go is up ahead in the bubble he's fought for america and we need to fight for him um and that's up here so if you want to give whatever you can give uh, matt would appreciate it we appreciate it i would encourage you to join me and cat and everybody who's donated and it's right up there in the bubble click away click away and of course we need to talk about WalkaCon, which is coming up here uh, next weekend that um, we're going to be at. I'm going to be there. Lou's going to be there. Kat's going to be there. Monica's going to be there. We're all going to be there having a ton of fun. James is going to be there. We are going to be uh, celebrating the fifth anniversary of Walk-A-Con, WalkAway. It's called WalkaCon. Uh, it's a three-day uh, 
festival on well it's a conference but it's more like a festival i'm calling it a festival on friday there is um speakers including rula giuliani laura trump the schlaps and others on saturday there's a roast with comedians and they get to make fun of um brandon so it's gonna be a ton of fun and then on sunday it's a, a brunch with carrie lake and a book signing it's going to be a great event and if you use promo code lou you get 10% off, and everybody loves saving 10%. And speaking of 10% off, if you love coffee and you love beard oils and tumblers and apparel and supporting good causes and, and organizations that support veterans, you need to go to beardvet.com, use promo code David or Matt. And that's two separate promo codes. It's not David or Matt, not David and Matt. Although we could have a promo code called David and Matt and maybe can be even worth more than 10% off. We should talk after the show, guys. But if, uh, so, you know, since it's a twofer, <laughs> but if you go to beardvet.com, you put in promo code David or you can use promo code Matt, you can get 10% off. If I believe it's, I think, Matt, if you put in promo code Gunther, I think you spend 10% more, I think you said. I think, it, I think it actually costs more money if you use that promo code. But you can go to beardvet.com, get yourself some good, uh, great coffee, and it go, a portion of the proceeds goes to support veteran organizations. It's not a woke company. It's an awake company, and uh, you should support people that support our vets. I highly encourage it. It's good stuff. And again, go to beervet.com, promo code David, or promo code Matt, and get yourself some 10% off, because in Biden's economy, we all need to save money. So with that, let's get right back into the space, and we'll go to James's hand, and then, and then Trucker, and then Freemason again. Take it away, James. Hey, thanks, David. But you forgot our deal. All right, we got we to gotta update Sean here. Everybody's promo code needs to be promo code Lou. So we can confuse the shit out of all, everybody. It's just everybody's promo code will be promo code Lou and make Beard Vet sort all that shit out behind the scenes. Um, but, uh, you know, I wanted to say something about these uh, this 14th Amendment argument. Whatever happens in Colorado, if it goes against Trump, it's on a freight train to SCOTUS because it involves the 14th Amendment. It's not really a state's issue because it's a party issue. The parties themselves run the primaries. OK, it has nothing to do with government. Government is just the functionary that prints the paper and makes sure that there's no cheating going on or any thumb scale. That's it. Like when it comes to this issue, this thing's headed on a freight train to SCOTUS if it goes against Trump. I just wanted to point that out. You know, there's a lot of stuff that's going um, to the Supreme Court on a freight train. The gag order, these efforts to keep them off the ballot, all of these things. But here's here's what's so clever about these people is that they know it's going to take forever to get in front of the Supreme Court. And they know the Supreme Court might not act on it. At least we saw all those election fraud cases that the Supreme Court refused to hear. And this is the issue, is they're just going to throw everything at the wall. They're going to see what sticks and let the damage be done. This is the Obama doctrine. Like, let's do whatever's unconstitutional. Let the Supreme Court tell me one way or the other. And they figured out something. They figured out that sometimes Supreme Court just lets you get away with it. And this is what they try to do. And they'll, they're not going to stop. Once it, The efforts to keep him off the ballot is just part of the fun. They're, they're going to find whatever they can do to keep him from being on the ballot, I think, James. And, you know, it's up to us to keep fighting and not letting that happen. I want to acknowledge Joe Paggs, one of my favorite radio hosts, other than Carl Jackson. Two amazing radio hosts are in this space right now. If you guys are not following Joe, not following Carl, or not following James or George or Freemason or Cat or American Trucker or Matt or Lou or Monica or me, you guys, these are all awesome people that you should should see what's going on with all of them um 
But that being said, Carl Jackson is is on the uh, Salem Podcast Network. He fills in all the time for some of the biggest hosts in the country, and he does an amazing job. Joe Pags has one of the best radio voices I've ever heard. I love hearing this man speak. Plus, he's so good at what he does. He's a true uh, radio host in every form. And so I'm so honored to have both of you guys up here on the stage. And free, free, feel free to jump in whenever you like. You both have great insights, and uh, we'd love to have you up here. And so we appreciate you being here so much. Uh, with that, let's go to Trucker and Freemason. Hey David, how's it going, man? Groovy. So, so I uh, just want to shout out to my boy Beard Vet and uh, and with the show of hearts, I, I think y'all. Uh, how many of you guys would uh, think that the old trucker here needs his own promo code? I, I think that's fair. But uh, I was going to say what you said. I was going to tell everybody to follow the hosts and uh, uh, and George. Appreciate everything you do. Uh, haven't had a chance to get with my people to get in contact with you to talk trucking uh yet but we are definitely working on that and uh but my question george is uh are we going to see or how how when will we see results of the i did not do that stop it blue <laughs> no sorry go ahead uh when, will will we or when will we see results uh, of the J6 tapes and the, and the borders being closed? All right. Well, it's, uh, so border stuff, it's going to be a lot of negotiating and leveraging before uh, the Senate, right? He's made that very clear. This is strategy. It's not quick stuff, but uh, I believe he's going to start holding some stuff severely uh uh back in exchange for seriousness at southern border uh that's one j6 tapes i don't know the answer to that yet and that's because uh the man's been speaker for a whole two days uh in session time so he, he became speaker one day the next day we voted and then i had to leave so i didn't stay for for all the other votes, I had to tend to my own personal stuff, so I was not there. I missed two days of votes. I missed a total of 38 votes, which I'm very disappointed in myself, but uh, I don't control the my destiny at this point with these things. But uh, I haven't had a lot of chance to talk to him. As you can see, he's been at RJC. He's been all over like the place already, and he's done a fantastic job. It is my understanding that that will not take too long, but I do want everybody to understand that there is going to be challenges from the DOJ for certain footages that are probably exculpatory evidence that they're going to use in their cases. So there's going to be like bits and pieces of footage that they're going to want to protect under discovery of their cases. So that that's what everybody is, is, is that's, and that, that's me giving you my best guesstimate. Right. So again, I can't give you a concrete answer, American Trucker, at least not yet. But I do intend on meeting with the speaker this week and talking to him. And I will make sure that that is a question I bring up to him because it is a awesome. often asked question. Well, and la last question real quick, George, why I got you. Random question. Do you drink Beard Vet coffee? Okay. So uh, I, I, there's people here who know me personally and they can vouch for this for me. I have ADHD, so I don't consume a lot of caffeine because that would probably make me <laughs> implode. 
So I, I damn it, George, just lie to me, damn it, just lie to me. <laughs> I don't, I don't think that would do you any good. But I, I don't drink beard, beard vet coffee, and I don't really consume coffee. So to, to, that's the short answer. Uh, George, you got disconnected there. I can't hear you. Oh, sorry. I said I don't really drink coffee. Can y'all hear George? Yes, we yeah, can we hear, hear George, George and he doesn't drink can. coffee. Hey, y'all go along with me, okay? All right. Damn it. Uh, <laughs> hey, thanks, David. Oh, I couldn't hear him. I couldn't hear him. What a cool. He we, got us all thinking. <laughs> we we don't good. want him to keep repeating that. We we want everybody to drink Beard Vet coffee. So George is going to uh, – we can send him a tumbler, and he can drink his water in the Beard Vet tumbler. Who, you can who, still support – Who owns Beard Vet coffee? Oh, well, the, 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 Sean is right beard down vet. there. He's the beard vet, the guy with the flag on his head and the beautiful beard and aviator glasses down there. Uh, I don't know if you guys don't follow each other. You might not see him. I see him right here. I um, see him. I just followed him. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, that's beard vet. He really does. Um, it's a great company, and they take care of veterans, and it's a great conservative company. And not only do they take care of veterans, but they also take care of a lot of us radio hosts, too. They take care of Matt. They take care of me. They take care of a lot of us. Um, they support our shows, and he's just one of the good ones out there. And so we always encourage everybody to support him as well. No, got it. Just I, I, and no offense, I'm pretty sure he has fantastic coffee. You guys talk about it so much, but uh, I, I, I truly, when I, it's very rare that I drink coffee, and when I do, <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> That's okay. We'll send you a beard vet tumbler. Or maybe we'll send you over some of the uh, the scented beard oils. I know you don't have a beard, but if you I don't move have to Florida, but you're going to. If you move to Florida, you're going to want to wear flip flops and grow a beard like everybody else down here. And then you'll need the scented beard oils because it really drives the it drives everybody crazy. You'll be able to be fighting them off of you with a stick. Okay, let me let let's save let's save this. Send me the link. I'd love to go buy a something to support. Uh, a fellow patriot so just send me the link uh, on inbox and i'll go on his website and i'll do that right now done and if you use promo code david you get 10 percent off and who doesn't love to save money i i'm not going to use the promo code because i want to give him every last dollar i don't want a discount <laughs> <laughs> well, well just... use george do it this way use promo code lou because it doesn't actually work and then that <laughs> will just mess with sean that that's a good thing yeah we can hear you again george that that's funny Okay, whatever. <laughs> awesome. Good job, Trucker. All right, yeah, I'll, I'll DM you the link, and then uh, you, you can go ahead and get yourself some. And, or buy for it. It makes great gifts, too. Christmas is coming up, and if you shop early, you know, you That's get. That's literally what I was going to do. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, let's, let's move on. They're just giving, George, they're just giving me a hard time from the promo code. They're, don't worry. They're, they're not going to, they're not, it's not the first time I get a hard time on anything, Liz, so don't worry. It's okay. I get it. It's, it's a I tough know, it's economy. Been a rough week These and are it's all capitalists. You know, we're all capitalists. I get it. <laughs> hey, else, can I jump in and say a little something? Something? Absolutely. Go ahead and jump in, and then we'll Joe, go to Joe, Chad before, and Freemason. Before you even try, I am working very hard to get a date. I I, I know we went back and forth. Um, because of what's going on right now, it is so fluid. My schedule with everything going on. I'm George, stop talking. I'm scared. I, I was not going to call you out. I was actually going to compliment you. Stop. You're like, you're like throwing yourself under the bus. What are you doing? So, so I'm riding down the road yesterday to go pick up my daughter from something or other. And, and the phone rings and it's, and it's a, it's an area code from New York. And then they hang up and then I get a text from George and it was, it was the funniest thing. So I was like, 
I can imagine you, George, you accidentally called instead of texting. When I don't want to talk to him, and then, and then you sent me a text, which was very nice. He and I have been working very hard. He's going to be on the show. I absolutely get where you're going through. I, George, I was literally going to tell people in here how great it is to have you in this space. I would never, ever, ever go in a public space and say, why don't you come on my show? I would never do that. I know that we're going to connect. We're going, we're going to hook up. And it's going to be great radio and great and great video. And we're going to get it out there and let everybody know exactly who you are. I wish every American could stop in one of these spaces that, that David and Monica and Lou and everybody put on and see exactly how cool you are. Now, either you're lying your ass off to us every night or you're really this real. And I think that we have learned who you are because the only thing we knew about George Santos in the beginning was you're a big, fat, lying liar who lied to everybody. And now it turns out you really are a genuine guy who makes genuine human, you know, uh, mistakes and makes genuine human takes great steps for his district. So I was not going to call you out for not being on my show. Come on, dude. Come on. I would not do that. Well, Joe, you know what? I'll say this. If I had to lie every single night that I come on, these it would be so exhausting. I would just not do it. <laughs> no, you're the realest person in Congress that I know, and I know a lot of the people who are in Congress. I just wanted to say that up front. If, if you guys and gals would just uh, indulge me a, a minute or so. I heard I heard Ronna McDaniel mentioned. I just want to go back and remind everybody what happened with the Republican Party to America. And, and I would love to hear everybody's thoughts on this. Remember in 2010 when the House and the Senate and – well, it was 2009. The House, the Senate, the presidency were all owned by the Democrats. And what the House said was, we can stop Obama if you give us the House. Damn it, we gave him the House in 2010. And they went, oh, we really can't do anything. Give us the Senate in 2014, and we will stop Obama in this out-of-control agenda. Guess what we did? We gave him the Senate in 2014. Damn it, if you give us the presidency in 2016, we will fix this damn country. What did we do? We gave him the presidency in 2016. Two years later... Because of a lack of leadership at the RNC, because of spending money on moderate, lefty, uh, non-America first wannabe rhinos, we lost every, we, we lost the, the House and we lost the Senate. And now you've got Trump for two years as a lame duck. He can't do anything. And that wasn't a failure in his policies. Every American who pays income taxes dealt was dealt a great wealth of extra money by Donald Trump. Lower regulations. If you add a regulation, we're going to get rid of two regulations. We were an energy exporter, a net exporter. We told the EU, screw you, you take one more drop of liquefied natural gas from Russia and we won't protect you anymore. Guess where they're buying the LNG from? Us. We were, happy days were back again and somehow this party managed to lose the House and Senate, which blows my mind. In 2018, somebody explained to me how the beep, George, say the word, please. He's not listening. How the F, how the F was that allowed to happen in this country? I when was we shopping. Were... How the fuck? I'm <laughs> sorry. You. I was shopping Thank on gearvets.com and then I couldn't get back to the page. I'm sorry. <laughs> the word is fuck, ladies and gentlemen. Exactly right. That's the word I was like. I'm going to record that and I'll just plug it in next time I need it. So the bottom line is this. I don't believe anybody who's in the Republican establishment. I don't believe anybody at the RNCC. I don't believe anybody at the RNC. When I see, you know, a Blake Masters who could have won easily lose because we're spending money against him in our own party, that makes me sick. When you see Kelly Chewbacca lose in Alaska and Murkowski stays on, we know that Mitch McConnell is spending the money the wrong way. So Ronna McDaniel, nice lady, I've had her on the show plenty of times. She is not the one. It should have been Harmeet Dillon easily but at least somebody else who cares about this country. Can anybody explain to me how we all fell for it from 2010 to 14 to 16, and then we lost everything two years later except the presidency? And what did they do? They impeached him twice. 
What did they do? They tried a 25th Amendment, the guy, and look at who we have in the White House now. So if you even for a second think that the RNC is, is put together the right way, I'm here, to say, I'm here to say, please wake up, please join you know, the living and realize that if we don't do something different at the top of the conservative movement in this country, and unfortunately we have to work with the RNC or re- the Republican Party, you got to change something at the party level. Because if McConnell's spending the money or McCarthy's spending the money, you're going to get a bunch, a bunch of middle-of-the-road people who want to just get along with the other side. Screw that. I want, I want the other side, politically speaking, to be annihilated in these arguments, and they're not. So, I mean, that's just where I am with that. I just popped on earlier. I heard the name Ronald McDaniel. I just wanted to drop that knowledge on you. We all watched this happen, and it's not that long ago. It was 13 years ago they made all these promises, and we only have the House now. How did that happen? I appreciate the space. Awesome space, by the way. Well, stick around. We love having your voice in here. We love having your insight in here. Um, having you on this panel is fantastic. And I just changed the title to put your name up there so you can't go anywhere. Once you're up in the title, oh, thanks, you're, bro. Appreciate you're it. locked in. People come here expecting to see you. So now you're stuck. Now you can't leave. So, uh, no, <laughs> and, and jump in whenever you want. Uh, Chad, let's go to you and then back up to Freemason. I'm going to pass out some awards real quick, if you don't mind, David. Uh, first off, I'd I like, love awards. I first off, I'd like to give uh, badassery number one to Joe Pags for uh, spanking the bejesus out of Doc in a space when he was trying to hook you up on some crazy town about what was going on in uh, Israel and the like. He's actually put out a recording of it, trying to make you look Joe bad, Joe, and he's and he actually looks dumber by doing it. Well done, sir. I <laughs> thank you. I, I actually I actually blocked the guy, so I don't know what no, he's putting out. I can't out. I block care. that kind of stupid. That just shit just makes me. I was actually taking a dump and what re- listening to it, and I was like, Joe beat you down like a a a redheaded stepchild, and you pushed it out of here. <laughs> Joe, that's why you are a mentor to so many of us that came from terrestrial radio, and uh, I see Monica going nuts up there because we all came from that world. And damn it, if you didn't just spank his lily ass i love it so that's the first award to you second award goes over to mr george santos for helping our little little buddy mr nick sorter as he was uh getting messed with on the capitol hill as we were doing a space we were all frantically trying to get uh nick taken care of because he was getting rolled up on by capitol police and we were all listening as it was happening and uh then i get a text from george showing uh nick chilling in his office so thank you george for being there for Nick, he was just trying to get the information, and and again, you stood up and did the right thing. And uh, I can't thank you enough because we all love Nick, and he puts himself in some crazy positions, but uh, he he's he gets the truth out there, and uh, we appreciate that. That being said, I want to go back to Joe. Oh, go ahead, George. You want to say something mean to me? Go ahead. I, I was gonna say <laughs> Nick. Nick has the. Um mastery of getting himself into <laughs> shit so uh let's let's not let's not let's not underscore his talents in uh the days he spent here in the capital he was in my office two days in a row sweet kid uh i i gotta say sweet sweet kid i met him here on spaces he was a nice guy came by yeah, we chatted a lot we actually had a drink uh, at the end of the day that when we voted for Johnson in conference and, you know, nice kid, but he, he has a talent. Uh, and, and I've said it, Chad, I told you this, Chad, like he was giving me agita with the shit he was getting himself into. I can't say 
the moment people think oh, you're a congressman, go save him. I'm like, dude, sit down in my office and just don't leave. Because the moment handcuffs get placed on somebody, we are not the end all be all. We are members of Congress. We don't tell the Capitol Police what to do. They tell us what to do, essentially. They protect us. So uh, but I'm glad that he didn't get in trouble and he's a good kid. And I look, here's the reality. I would have done it for anybody, even a liberal, unless you were spewing pro-Hamas stuff, maybe I would have just threw it. Well, actually, we all saw what I did to the liberals spewing pro-Hamas stuff. I got him arrested. So uh, that, that being said, um, and, and, and it, I'm not proud proud of that. I just don't think that that there's no place in the world to, in my book, to be supporting Hamas in any way, shape, or form. So Which, I, I'm glad I was able to help. Chad. No, uh, look, man, I'm about stand-up people, and, and there's a lot of fluff out there, and to walk the walk, uh, behind it all is, I mean, I, I, I texted and I know other people in there were texting quite a few people, uh, that were on Capitol Hill, uh, be it staffers or congressmen themselves. And, uh, George went and got our boy. Uh, we love Nick. We worry about him. Poor Matt over there is like a old grandpa sitting at home worried to death about where Nick's at. We've put him in tornadoes. We've in Hawaii he was getting uh, ran down by people. I mean, the kid's got huge balls or no brain. I'm not sure which one, but I love the kid either way. So thank you for that. But uh, Joe, back to, back to Rona McDaniel. She is a cancer along with her RNC co-chair and the apathetic way we deal with our GOP is the problem. I'm watching huge, huge influencers saying I'm leaving the GOP as they walk away with their football and their best Charlie Brown t-shirt. This is the problem. We continue to, for some way, somehow, we have learned to give up the ship. I came from the United States Navy and we never give up the ship. And they want to go away and start some lion gur party or, or, or some other stupid shit that they can make t-shirts and, and have no place at the table. We need to take back our GOP. If we would have done what we've been trying to do forever the last four or five years by flipping precincts and counties, we're six away in South Carolina to take it back from the RNC co-chair who's a huge piece of crap. And if you go look at my, the pin video I have, it's where she, he assaults a, a reporter uh, f- from South Carolina here that was asking about the machines. They don't want you to talk about the machines, especially the, the chairman of the GOP of South Carolina, which, by the way, ranks 33rd in conservative voting with a supermajority, conservative supermajority. It's all a fraud. It's always been a fraud with the GOP, and it's going to be that way until we take back the bottom basement and what our entire political lexicon is based off of, two parties. If we don't take back these parties, these states, we're never ever go- we're going to be chasing our ch- tail forever. And Rona McDaniel should be ran out as soon as that happens without any prejudice or a gold watch. She's already got five thousand dollars in Lululemon leggings, Lululemon leggings, which. I don't want to see on her, but that's the kind of way they're spending our money that they're not helping candidates. They left Arizona uh, and Carrie Lake and the rest of them to to die out there on their own without the money and the push behind the RNC. They are not with us any longer. And that's where we need to start to take this thing back. Screw Ronald McDaniel. Thank. Thanks, Dave. Hey, um, so while you're giving out rewards, I would like the most faithful person aside from a few others in here um, in my Twitter sphere who I have been in a few foxholes with in the past six months of our friendship. 
Uh, and that would be you, Mr. Chad. <clears throat> you you deserve like the most faithful friend award um, in, in Twitter, and and uh, I'm happy to call you and your lovely wife friends. Um, and I would gladly defend you um, any day. So thank you for being a faithful friend. Uh, Representative Santos said that he had to go, and he loves everyone. And thank you very much for the opportunity, as always. And hello to the Miss uh, Beautiful, Mrs. Gates. I think I just saw her pop in. I did want well, to respond you. to Chad, and I think that he is totally right about the GOP. And I would just like to recommend, what if we had a GOP rebrand? Because what we do in corporate, when you kind of have something that's a little bit old and outdated, you rebrand it. And when Matt told me what the GOP actually stood for, I immediately started laughing and said, oh, yeah, no, we need to rebrand. So I was going to ask Santos if he could yesify a rebrand but i know he had to take off so if anyone here would like to give input on what they would rebrand the gop to given the new political landscape love to hear it miss miss ginger i'm honored that you actually like something i say because usually i'm straight in the ditches and i really don't give a flying shit but not from you but from most people but you and mr gates big fans thank you for that and the rebrand of the Republican Party needs to get away from the idea that we're the stuffy, uh, khaki-wearing, blue-jacket, gold-button asshats that are all about the aristocratic concept of, a, of, of the country club. We are blue-collar America. We are the police. We are the fire. We are the people that are digging for oil. We are the people that are manufacturing what we're allowed to manufacture in our country. The idea that the GOP stands for something in an aristocratic form or fashion, i.e. Lindsay Lady G. Graham, makes us just that much more... Uh, intolerable to the the younger people. What has Rona McDaniel started anything that, that went after the youth of this country? We've lost the youth of this country ever since Bill Clinton and his saxophone along with Rock the Vote and MTV. We've never done anything to ever try to get there again. We need to plant our flag in our GOP, but we need big rebranding. We need huge rebranding. This is my jam. We need to be out there rock and roll and talking about how great this country under the red, white, and blue and everything that means uh, with that, along with the good, the bad, the ugly. And we stand together. The idea of organization in the RNC is split between the blue-collar America and the blue-haired pearl-clutcher baby boomers that refuse to get off the table and let us take our rightful place in leadership. This needs to happen. It needs to happen so quickly, and we can fix everything in this country if we actually did that. And also, the people that understand the rebrand under the uh, precinct strategy, we need to take back, teach the, de the Democrats how to do it. There are a lot of moderate Democrats that are not proud of, of, their, of their party. But if we do it the right way in our rebranding, they'll never, ever go back to the Democratic Party because we start thinking in ways of, of, of a better country instead of pushing ideology. The first country, the first party to drop these these uh ideological concepts be it uh you need to be this way or you need to be this way and talk about actual government and actual savings actual uh protecting our children for the future and protecting the people here now by closing our borders and other sovereign ideas that's the that's the party that's going to take off the rebrand needs to happen it sure as hell ain't going to happen under rona mcdaniel but i'm in it i'm in it for the fight and i'll go wherever you want me to ginger thank you Do you mind if we hear from, uh, I see Scott Pressler's on, and I know he is does a lot of work with boots on the ground and talks to a whole lot of folks, I'm sure some 
very enthusiastic about what's going on at the Republican Party. I'm sure some that are you know very against that. But um, if you're able to bring him up, I would love to hear from him what what a what a realistic rebrand would look like, and what like what you said, Chad, about being able to kind of capture some of the more moderate Democrats. How do we do that in a way that's inviting and accepting and is not just, you know, a, a total battlefield, but you can actually bring them along in our ideology? So um, real quick, Ginger, how you doing, by the way? And welcome to the space. And thanks for joining us again. Um, I, uh, I just sent Scott a mic. He was on before. I'll see if I can get him to come back up. And also, I have a name for the rebrand. I wanted to call it NBA uh, and for not boomers anymore. So it'll be the opposite of the GOP. We're going to be the NBA. So I'm putting that out there. I'm coining the Hey, phrase, David, I not- just checked. The NBA is taken. I don't know if, you, if you're into sports at all, but I understand the NBA might be taken. It's just, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but, but that's the thing. It already has brand familiarity. So people will be like, the NBA? What are you talking about? Basketball? I'm like, no. I'm talking about the new badass political party, not boomers anymore. You want to be part of it. And be like, yeah, we'll get Mr. Beast to sponsor it with his candy bar, and it'll be fantastic. So I'm putting that out there as my vote. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Mr. Beast is on our side. I could be wrong. There's too many. Connotations with a LeBron James out there to be taking NBA. We'd have to do so much. We'd spend so much money to get the brand away from that stupid that to put it with us that it wouldn't be cost effective, in my opinion, David. I I I'm a no vote. Thank you. All right. I'll, I'll well, well, until Scott comes up, let me say this: Ginger's young and happening. What, what do you think the rebrand should be? Oh, I, I leave politics to Matthew. I'm just here to uh, be a ruthless encourager. And uh, <laughs> speaking of encouragement, how excited are we that we have the most adorable, Bible-loving Mike Johnson in the house? Is that just not the the best thing that just warms your heart? I mean, did you guys see his 40 minutes with Hannity? And it was just, I mean, I I, I just feel like it was euphoric. And, and it really gave not only an optimism, but the like friendly, like warm tone that you just kind of feel like you put on your favorite cozy blanket when you hear him speak. Does anyone else feel that or is that just me? No, I agree with you. One thousand percent. But Miss Jen I just checked everybody feels that same way. Let me yeah. let me ask you a question. Maybe ask Joe also and the rest of the the de- Democrats that I've talked to at some of the universities by doing turning point stuff and and, and the sort. What are the two things that keep people from even considering the Republican Party based off the ideology that they've been learned, that they have learned. That's where we start. And if I want to see if we're going to be honest about it. And Joe, let's start with you, if you don't mind. I, I don't mind if the hosts don't mind. Um, the Republican Party took people for granted. What happened was the the black and Hispanic vote were convinced to to start voting for Democrats in the 1930s. And this is well documented in Dinesh's movies. Um they started voting that way because they thought the New Deal was for them, and it wasn't. It actually literally excluded them because it excluded service workers. So they were convinced by people going in and paying off reverends and pastors and going into neighborhoods, and they were convinced that the Democrats were for them. What Republicans failed to do because they knew that Hispanics and blacks were, were very conservative people, they, the Republicans assumed they would, still, they would still get them. 100 years ago, the Republicans could count on the black vote, period. Um, that's just the fact. In fact, there were legislators, you know, back in the day that were in the United States Congress that were black Republicans. So fast forward to today, you have such a conglomeration of people who have taken those who have been told they're oppressed or repressed or separate or different or, or divided, uh, not the same. They've told them to their faces, you're not, but I will make you the same. If you vote for me, I will give you these things. 
and they've kept them down. They've kept them controlled. They've kept them oppressed. What the Republican Party needs to do is, and it's happening in South Florida, and it's happening in the Rio Grande Valley here in Texas. It's happening across this land. Republicans or even conservatives more specifically have to tell everybody, whites included, but everybody else that's not been included, you are like us. You do believe in the family unit. You do believe in going to church or believing in something. You are generally speaking anti-abortion or pro-life. You do believe in education not being indoctrination. I mean, we can go down the list and, and the people generally agree with conservative values in this country, but we've done a horrible job of telling them that. We have to remind them of that. How do you do that? You, you become Mita Flores and you show up in the district and you tell people, yes, I'm one of you. We're the same. You, you show up in, in any fill-in-the-blank city or district in this country that has been ignored by Republicans forever. I mean, think of it. Here's one, one example that's going to make you laugh, but it's going to make you think. Why did Hillary Clinton go to that Southern Baptist church and say, I ain't no ways tired? Why did she do that? Because she was pandering to them. Now, she is not like them, but she still got some votes out of showing up and looking like an idiot. And if a Republican or a conservative shows up there and really shows some empathy and, and listen, we're alike, here's how we're the same. Forget our ancestral background. That's cool to talk about. But how do we feel on issues? And Republicans and conservatives have failed doing that for the better part of 100 years now. So if we're going to rebrand, we better rebrand and say, hey, all for one, one for all. We've got a huge tent. Thousand percent. One thing that I would add to it is I'm a big fan of of knowing your 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 battlefield and your enemy. Um, if you ever get an email from me, that's what it says. You know, if you know yourself, you know your enemy. You fight 100 battles without fear. We have to be cognizant of what we how we look with the Democratic Party. The religious rights thrown in our face all the time don't really get it because we believe in babies not being killed or or, or the like. It's one of those things I've had arguments with uh, other people. Miss Monica, we've talked about it many times. And, and, it, and it's not it's just a matter of our message. We have to fix the message of the Republican Party and we can't use it with the thing that the Democrats have made us evil insane in their ideology we have to find a new way to reach those people and bring them over to the party based on our our what we're made of what we're supposed to be made of david it's your show it's your host you don't have to well no i just wanted to put i just wanted to let ginger know that um we have mr pressler in the space uh to chat with her did she we lose her yeah all right, I'll I don't her. see her, David. I'll text her to get back in. Scott, sorry about that. Give me a second. And Chad, go ahead and take back over the show. I'll be right back. Was it taking over the show, you little douche? I brought, I brought up a point. Joe, take over the show. No, for real. You got to continue. Okay. You got to continue the conversation while I go do shit in the oh, background. Yeah. All right, let's go so to Hayes. That's I, will take over. I will. I will. There, take you take over the show. show. Uh, yeah. So. Um, you know, here's the thing. Um, you know, one of the questions that Ginger asked was about um, Mike Johnson, right? Um, and I personally think that Mike Johnson is, is probably the most base speaker we've had. I think a lot of people are not giving him enough time. Um, like we were speaking earlier with um, uh, Congressman Santos, you cannot expect Mike Johnson to correct all of the um, wrongs in Congress in, what, six days? Um, you know, it's not like he is, um, 
you know, Jesus and on the seventh day he rested, um, he's going to have to have some time to go in there and do some things. And I know right now the big thing is about the um, funding Ukraine and the video of him walking through the rotunda and somebody yelling that, you know, comment to him. Um, and he says, yeah, you know, we got to look at it and they have to do. There are uh, there are things that they are requiring. And it is the same thing that Byron Donald said. And so, you know, I sat here all weekend listening here and there in his spaces and people saying, oh, he's a rhino. He's, a, he's you know, this, he's this, he's this. I, I think that we have not given him a chance, right? We have not given him a chance. He is a man of God and he is a constitutionalist. Um, and I think that he is probably the closest thing that we've had um, to, to, you know, like having a, a true, honest, America first speaker. And I think that we need to to allow him to have some time to put his agenda out and to start working on these things. Now, we know that we also have a Republican. Um, uh, we have a Republican, um, uh, you know, Congress, but we don't have a Republican Senate and we don't have a Republican executive. So, you know, we're kind of at, you know, a negotiation stance. But if we can stop what they're pushing um, and try to change the minds running into 2024, I think we have a better shot at taking it all. And um, I don't know. Does anybody else want to add to that? Well, Freemason, you get your hand up. Take it away. Hey, what's going on, guys? You know, listen, I think this coming election, it's ride or die for Trump all the way. You're looking at a former president who might have to do this on the run, fucking uh, Robin Hood style, you know? Um, it's pretty sad that this has to be this way, but at the end of the day, um, you know, it is what it is. I think that moving forward, we have to get into more of a conversation. Like, like Joe pointed out earlier about, uh, George Santos coming on these spaces. And the one thing that I've noticed from listening to him is that he's on point every time, you know, someone that's an, an adverse liar has to keep lying all the time. And uh, I think through these spaces, even a guy like himself could redeem himself and possibly come out on the clean slate of a winning side. By the way, while I have all your attention, I posted down in the pill, I owe my career and success to a freak encounter with Donald Trump Jr. after my father passed away Christmas Eve 2003, who happened to work for Trump World. So I ride or die for the Trump team 100%. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Freemason. Uh, James, you had your hand up before, but then you put it down. Did you want to jump in? I was just going to jump in when Ginger was talking about, you know, rebranding. I think a lot of us, if not all of us, are interested in a good rebrand. But my thing would have been, uh, you know, why don't we go to the master of branding, um, Donald Trump? Right. I mean, like, think about how good he is at branding. Right. He can brand uh, his opponents as assholes. uh, And he has branded successfully uh, twice two different, you know, kind of names that make make America great again. And then of course the America first, that all comes from what he does. So if we're going to rebrand at the end of the day, why not turn to the king of branding? You know, that's an excellent point, James. And I agree with you because he, I mean, maybe it is just a name change because Trump redesigned the GOP or the Republican party because before Trump, Really, what was it? I mean, we had the Tea Party movement, and then we had sort of the Freedom Caucus. But when Trump came to the stage, he brought with him a new type of Republican. He brought not just a younger Republican, but just Republicans from all different 
walks of life. It wasn't that stuffy old party that Chad talks about. It was everybody felt included in this party. And it's crazy that a billionaire from New York made the party appeal to a broader group of people than the billionaires from across the country ever did. And so I feel like Trump did rebrand the party. If we're going to name it anything, let's just call it the Trump party. I'm 1000% on board with that. If, if Chad says the NBA is taken and it is not a good suggestion, I go with the Trump party. And uh, Chad, I'll, I'll defer to your veto on that one as well. I, I can't allow the Trump uh, party because um, he has his own branding, and I think he would probably have a problem with that just based off of his own branding. But And that, and he's not I don't want there to be Trumps forever. Think about this, though, Chad. The, uh, the current RNC would be having to pay him royalties for using his name in perpetuity. It would just be like the ultimate smackdown of Ronna McDaniel. That is. I think I think you guys are spot on. Here's the problem, though. He did do mega. He did uh, make a. You know what's funny? Don Jr. says MAGA, and Senior says mega. I'm going to go with MAGA because he's like the originator, but it's very interesting when you interview the two, they say it differently. Having said that, look what the left did, though. I think we have to become better as conservatives at playing defense. And here's what I mean. They attacked MAGA, MAGA, make America great again, like it was never great before, and you want slavery back and everything else. We have, we have audio of Bill Clinton saying the exact same thing in the 1990s, that they elect me and I'll make America great again. He just didn't use it as a slogan for his entire campaign. I mean, there's obviously no racial component whatsoever because making America great again in his four years, again, everything he did seemed to help out everybody across the, the swath of America. But having said that, I, I really do believe that we've got to play better defense. You had Kareem Jean-Pierre until people like me started saying, listen, that's a Hatch Act uh, violation that you keep on calling the MAGA Republicans in Congress. You're literally saying a campaign slogan, you know, from the podium, the people's podium. But we've got to be able to to defend what it is that we put out there. I think Make America Great Again is very defendable. But here's the problem. Now you've got some Republicans who are saying, I'm not a MAGA. I'm a Republican, not MAGA. So if you're going to rerun the Republican Party immediately, a lot of those weak-kneed people are running away from it. So how do you come up with something that they aren't smart enough to run away from? I don't, I don't know if that makes sense, what I just said. But if we come up with... Uh, Kaga, keep America great again. Wh whatever the heck it was going to be if he if he got reelected, how do we make it so that the other Republicans who are weak need, who actually, uh, you know, lean left a little bit and want to work with with people on the other side, how do you make them understand that it includes them? I think that's the question. And you got to play better defense. I think Reagan and Joe, you probably remember this more than I do, and because you've been in radio a long time. But didn't Reagan say something like, uh, "You don't move the tent." Towards the middle, you you bring them into your tent to the right or something like that. Essentially, what I'm suggesting is maybe if we name it the MAGA party, the America First party, maybe America First. Chad, I'll go to you for the veto on America First in a second. Um, but if we name it the America First party and the weak need Republicans are like, no, 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 I don't like Trump. You know what? Let him come meet us on the right. And rather than us move over to the left to try to include them, let's go take the party where it's supposed to be. And they can either move in or move out. That's what Abraham Lincoln did, right? I mean, he basically uh, retook it away from the Whigs, and they created the Republican Party. Uh, I know a lot of people don't know that, but that actually happened, right? That's what he did. He's like, no, 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 no. We're done with this game. Everybody kind of joined him, coalesced, and they became the Republicans.
if you ask if you ask Democrats, they think uh, Abraham Lincoln founded the Democrat Party. That's how stupid they are. Uh, having having said that, no, you're right. Uh, a, I wasn't around during Reagan. I was born in 1997. Everybody knows that. Uh, B, yes, I mean Reagan, with a smile on his face, said we're going to be as conservative as hell. We got a big ass tent. Everybody get in here, and they did. I mean, can you think? I mean, honestly, he was as conservative, if not more conservative than Trump, although the Heritage Foundation says Trump was more conservative. Think about it. Reagan, with a smile on his face, started the process of taking down the Berlin Wall. He looked, he looked, uh, you know, Gorbachev in the face and said, you can't keep on, you know, holding these countries hostage. You got to stop that. This guy went and he got the vote of the union workers in this country. Unions supported Ronald Reagan. He lost one state because I think, I think Minnesota felt bad for Mondale. So, I mean, at the end of the day, you have to do it like Reagan did. The problem is Donald Trump is never going to be Ronald Reagan, ever. He's funny. He's dynamic. He's a huge, a, a huge presence, a huge ego. But people will find fault in him where they couldn't find fault in Reagan. They tried. They just couldn't because if they went after him, he would tell a joke. And even the you know, Tip O'Neill was laughing. So we've got to figure out how to include everybody and then still grab people like the labor unions or still grab people like fill in the blank industry that right now thinks they have to vote left or liberal. And I don't know how you do that. I don't, I don't know that it's just in a slogan either. It might not be. It could be in something more than a slogan. But Reagan showed us that you can get everybody in the tent and make them vote the way that you want them to vote and act the way that you want them to act in Congress. But he did it with a smile. It's such a different dynamic now. Because, again, I mean, what Trump did the other night about imitating Joe Biden was hilarious. But that, that's not the way Reagan would have said it. Reagan would have said, it reminds me of a story from when I was four years old. And then he would tell some story that had you in stitches and going, oh, man, what a nice guy. Even if you disagreed with everything that he said, he still was able to pull everybody else in. I guess the question is, can Trump do that if he's the leader of this new branded party? He is the leader of the party now. I get it. But there are Republicans who openly will say I'm not a Trump Republican. Yeah, I mean, that's an excellent point. I'm, I don't want to talk over my co-host here. Monica, Lou, I don't know who 20 I'll put hand up first, but y'all figured it out. Monica, Lou, go ahead. Okay, thanks. I just... I just got a message from um, Alpha, and he wanted me to say that um, for the rebranding, um, this is the space, right? So um, rebranding is is being, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to interpret here because he didn't answer me back on his interpretation. Um, but, you know, rebranding for the party is this right now. When you see this space and you see who are in speakers and you hear the things that we're saying, this is. Um, what I have branded the new Republican Party, right? Uh, it, it, it's a conservative base. And it's it's being in touch with your voters. It's having accessibility. It's by um, branching out into those different areas. Um, and one of them is, you know, like, uh, you know, Matt Gates and Corey Mills and um, George Santos and, uh, you know, Lauren. They all come out and they speak to us. And um, I think having that accessibility uh, is a way to do that and doing that in spaces or, or having that um, ability to, to, you know, explain what we want, to hear what they're saying, um, and to be able to voice our opinions without it just being a random post out there or a voicemail or an email. And so, um, yeah, so Alpha said the rebrand, it's right here in this space. Um, good point, Alpha. 
So I guess I kind of, so on, on along those lines, yes. Um, right here in this space is, is the party. <clears throat> Excuse me, my voice is gone. Um, but I, but I kind of see this as someone who's been in messaging for political messaging for over 20 years. <clears throat> Excuse me. And in narratives in general for, for a while. Um, I would say this. It, the longer we keep referring to them as them and us as us, it will keep us, all of us, um, separated, right? And, and spaces and technology have given us this false campaign mailer um, leg that we stand on. And what I can tell you about, quote, them <laughs> is that when you show up um, with any level of, um, of genuineness and you show up in their communities and you bring a tent revival with you and you start treating politics like what it is, which is really a religion, whether it should be or not, it is. And, um, but when you start treating it on that level of, listen, we all have to have faith in very basic principles, right? Opportunity, freedom, safety, justice. The, that, that's a language that everybody understands. Now, how they get to it is ultimately you know, different because different demographics have different challenges and they lack opportunities you know, from others, whether they're poor whites, poor blacks, Latinos, whatever. <clears throat> but I have never seen a white person in all my years of politics show up in an all black area with food, <laughs> with a heart um, and a message that matches their heart that was not received. I've not seen that. And I live in Atlanta. And I have worked for many campaigns and I have messaged for many white uh, judges even who you know, are responsible for putting some of these kids in jail in these black communities. But they were, their heart and their messaging was genuine. It, it matched their, their faith and that all people should be treated equally um, according to the law. And that's how they, that's how they live their lives. And people still recognize that. And these spaces are still barriers to that. Campaign mailers are still barriers to that. So <clears throat> I think, you know, God bless Scott and all of his work. God bless these spaces and for great hosts who do what David's doing. <clears throat> Excuse me. And for Joe and people who do a wonderful job in media. Um, but it's, it's not enough. And President Trump's not going to be enough to, quote, win them over. Because if you represent the same thing President Trump does, you're going to have to be President Trump in your respective areas. And once they have an experience with you, they're not going to forget that. And they will immediately assign the same value to you or to him and that, that is, it is um, what's the word I'm looking for? <clears throat> it's indelible. Right? It can't be erased because once you touch people through their stomachs, through their hearts, through their minds, and you actually sit down long enough at a picnic table to listen to them, they don't forget that. They may tell their family they're voting a certain way, but when they go into the booth, they don't forget that. So that's, I agree with Alpha and that these spaces are the party, but look around. Besides the bots that are sitting in the bottom of the space, 
um, you know, God bless Carl, we do have some diversity, but not, not nearly as much as we should, particularly with our country being under attack. All of us are scared for our safety, no matter what color we are. All of us are paying $5,000 for a damn packet of chicken, right? And we can barely afford our gas. So those are the commonalities, I think, that um, supersede any kind of gimmick. And I'll, I'll leave you with this. You know, a friend of mine told me a long time ago, the gospel doesn't require a gimmick, right? <clears throat> and the Christian church is really good about gimmicks, smoke machines and politics, <clears throat> excuse me, and that party, the, the principles of the party stand on their own. What you have to have is enough courage to get out in the middle of race wars and World War III and pop up some tents in your cities that are, um, you know, that, that may feel a little less than friendly territory. And I think you're I was there for a second. So uh, Wild Honey, who's a listener down in the uh, in the space here, she brought up something very similar to what Alpha was saying. And the question was, why not try to absorb and take over the independent party? And, you know, when I think about it, RFK is going to have a hell of a problem moving forward on his end. And I think it would be unbelievable if Trump and RFK were on the same ticket and somehow merged thoughts. If you listen to a lot of what RFK says, they're very much aligned on a lot of the politics. I know that he's on the left, but let's remember something. Donald Trump was more of a center guy before he ever was in politics. And I know them personally. Um, they definitely weren't Republicans in the 80s, that's for sure. What are your thoughts on that? I, I'm, I'm not... I think... Um... Theoretically, um, probably more philosophically, it's it's a bit of a romantic notion that that those two could actually. Come. I, I I do not think they would make ticket partners, uh, very good ticket partners. But I think they could make good messaging partners in, in the way of RFK. Um, you know, could he could. <laughs> if he so chose to do so, um, that he could actually, you know, help the cause, our cause with the congruencies that are there, because I, I do think there are some congruencies there, but I've never known an independent to step aside. I've never met a libertarian or independent that would not seize the opportunity, um, even at the expense of every other person around them. I've, I've never met that person. The, so. the, re the reason I bring it up is, you know, we do face the possibility that if Trump is convicted during the election, you know, leading up to it, you know, the only way for him to win them would be through write-ins. Um, you know, these, these are definitely crazy times. So, I mean, who knows? But I do tend to agree with you. It's uh, more like a marriage in, uh, in heaven, if you will. But who knows? Hey, I hate to, uh, it, it, I'm, I'm sorry to jump in here, but let me, if, if I could just give my opinion just quickly on the. Absolutely. It's about thing. time, Carl. Welcome to this. Welcome <laughs> to the show. And then uh, follow up uh, on something that Monica say, said, uh, I, I, I would say hell to the no uh, on an RFK Jr. Uh, Trump ticket. I don't know if you guys are aware, but RFK Jr. just called Moms for Liberty 
an extreme organization the other day. Um, I, the guy is brilliant. The guy knows how to speak. Um, no doubt about it. If you've read his book on Fauci, uh, it's a very well documented research book. Um, and it's also full of Trump hatred. Um, I, I, I hear this a lot and, and I have a service industry uh, and I'm going to tell you guys, RFK Jr., in my opinion, is probably a bigger threat to the Republican Party uh, than people realize. And I, I don't believe he's going to help the Republican Party per se. And I also want to I do want to say this, too, or actually ask you guys, um, if I were to ask all of the, 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 the top speakers, leaders, whatever in this space, um, could you give me five things the Republican Party stands for? Firm foundation stands for they're never going to move. They're never going to budge. Could you guys tell me uh, five issues? Because I I, I I for sure can't name them. I would love to be able to hear them, um, but I can't name them. I mean, I can go back to uh, the Tea Party. And when I was part of the Tea Party and I started realizing that the Republican Party, even though I was somewhat new to politics, uh, was fake as hell. Um we're talking about branding. That's all great and swell. Um, but I, I, I would much prefer a party that actually believes in some of the things that they say. And, and I think that's where I would start. I, I'm one of these people that I will not vote for a Republican. I, I'd rather lose a race. If that Republican, I, and, and I know I'm, I'm probably extreme on this issue, uh, but I would rather lose the race, speaking of national elections, um, than to put a rhino in. I, I, I just I just won't do it. I, you know, and I, I feel like, honestly, the bigger problem is oftentimes it isn't the politicians. I, I feel like the biggest problem sometimes are the voters. I mean, do we hold these politicians accountable when they spew a bunch of bull crap? I, I'm, I'm sorry. I even look at the. We're trying to figure out how to message to different communities. Guys, I mean, I, I was born and raised in the hood, went to jail a couple of times before God radically changed my life and, and, and my way of thinking. Identity politics is never, ever going to work for the Republican Party. I don't care how you wrap it up. I don't care how you message it. What works for the Republican Party will always work for the Republican Party. And it is a message of freedom. And, I, and, and let me just be straight with everybody. Even with Donald Trump, and I love Donald Trump, there's been an identity politics game, I don't even think played by him, but many supporters of Donald Trump. You guys do realize that George W. Bush got a larger percentage of the black vote than Donald Trump, right? I mean, despite all the memes and despite all the rap videos, we, we, we do know that, right? The identity politics does not work for the Republican Party. Core issues, when you mean them, will work for the Republican Party. I've got to know what the hell you stand for because I've got to know where to go. Example being Mike Johnson. I don't know what Representative Mike Johnson or Speaker Mike Johnson is going to do. I hope that he turns out uh, to be an amazing speaker. I don't know, but I do know based upon the fact that he was a conservative talk show host, based upon the fact that he was an ADF attorney, this is a man 
uh, that obviously has strong convictions. And I can tell you why the left fears him, even though I don't even know what the hell he's going to do. I haven't even given him a grade yet. I'm waiting to November 17th to really start seeing how things uh, how things pan out. But I tell you why they're already afraid of him, because he is a man of conviction. I mean, it's really as simple as that. For the first time, and God knows, God knows how long, I'm looking at a speaker that can actually articulate a belief system. And this is what the left fears. The left knows who they are, but they also know that the Republicans don't know who the hell they are. And so you get a speaker that comes in that can articulate biblical values, that can articulate constitutional principles and freedom, and it scares the crap out of them. And, and, and it's no less than a Donald Trump coming in and kind of wrecking shop. It, 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 it scares the crap out of these people. Um, so I, I, I think with, I, I just get a little, I, I hear Republicans talking about it and, and I get it re-messaging and all. I, I, I just wish we could stand for what we believe. So one thing party. that, yeah, yeah. One, one thing I wish that we would do, listen, Donald Trump built a great base on the middle class and manufacturing. Why can't we stick to that? I do agree with Joe Pags completely, though. I'm, I'm sorry if everyone wants to rebrand the Republican Party and the image of Donald Trump. I mean, that's great. I love Donald Trump. I get it. It's not going to work. It's gonna, it may work for an election cycle. It's not going to work long term. I'm not saying this because I want to hurt your feelings or because I, I want to step on toes. Guys, this is just fact. I, I own a service industry. I have six. Well, they were six ardent Trump supporters that are no longer willing to support the guy. Three are going to RFK Jr. because they feel like he's the man uh, of, of the hour, if you will, because he's this new, uh, basically what Trump, they feel like he's a disruptor, but they feel like that he can, he can express, you know, viewpoints and all that kind of stuff clearer, uh, clearer than Trump. So I appreciate everything that Trump is doing. And I think you just have to continue to capitalize on that when it comes to when it comes to the middle class. But when it comes to branding, just understand, I think I think Pags is right. Not everybody. And, and, and you know, and Monica said it, too. I, we're in these spaces and I still don't think that a lot of Republicans understand we're still a minute few. Yeah, I mean, even even in these spaces, there's a lot of people that simply think differently uh, than we do. But I think Republicans have to be tougher. I mean, and I know I'm talking a long time, but I, I would just say stay away from identity politics. Be a smart, smarter voter. Hold Republicans accountable. And to me, this goes all the way to Trump. I, I feel like Republicans are scared. I, listen, let, let, let's just be straight. I think Trump sealed the deal with the 2020 election. And I do believe it's stolen. Call me a conspiracy theorist. I don't give a flip. Um, I do believe that it was stolen. But I do believe, or at least rigged at the very least, but I do believe that he contributed to that. I think he was duped. I think he was duped by Fauci. I think he was duped by Deborah Burks. He signed the CARES Act. That shot him in the foot. And then he also, if we're going to be honest, he endorsed uh, he endorsed McConnell. He endorsed Speaker McCarthy. He, uh, 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 who else? Ronna McDonald. He stayed uh, stayed neutral in the RNC chair fight instead of Harmeet Dillon because he is a loyal guy. And I get it. But sometimes my frustration is, all right, guys, even when our man screws up, we've got to call out our man because you know what? 
even if Trump gets elected in four years, you know what happens, right? We got to pick somebody else and it's going to be us in the fight. And quite frankly, I say this, even when Trump gets in, you, you guys can chastise me all you want. He's got a year. He's got a year. How many of these rhinos do you think are going to turn on him to get reelected? I, I, I mean, I, I, I just don't understand it. So I, I just think, man, stand for something. Um, somebody mentioned abortion and remessaging like on abortion. Hell no. I, I, I can tell you right now, when I talk to black people about abortion and the genocide and Margaret Sanger, you know how many black people know about that? Uh, like maybe I, only the black people in the Republican Party. If you literally talk to black people about abortion and genocide and, and even population growth, they're like, oh, my God, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I mean, I went to I went to government schools. I went to government schools in L.A. County. I didn't know any of this crap until I started. Somebody challenged me or, 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 or something. First off, I got, you know, I got saved. My my viewing, uh, you know, my thought process started changing. I read Larry Elder's book, uh, Stupid Black Man. I started reading Star Parker. I started reading all of this stuff. I thought they were Orioles. I thought they were lying. And then I started, I read their books. I started reading other stuff. And I was like, holy crap, the Democrat Party has been lying to me this entire time. But you would be shocked. I know we've got names, the Brandon Tatums and the Candace Owens. Guys, this is a very small portion of people. And I can tell you how we screw up all the time even right here in central florida and and david you'll 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 know these names but i remember god now i forget his name but he was running for district 10 the black gentleman running for district 10 calvin calvin thank you thank you now everybody was propping him up and and, and you know black guy colonel in the uh, you know uh, military retired uh, and all this kind of stuff he was a retired army ranger a retired army ranger okay thank you sorry um I knew he was going to lose from day one. I knew he was going to lose. But you know why everybody thought that he was going to win? Because he was backed by all of the most ardent Trump supporters in the local party. And I'm like, that doesn't mean that means jack crap in the hood, in the district where he wanted to win. My brother lives there. I have family members that live there. And the most that I saw from them were putting signs on freaking corners like that's going to do something. Give me a freaking break. Monica is absolutely right. You go to these areas, you speak people, you change their hearts and mind. And guess what? They stop looking at skin color. They really do. All they want to know is that you care enough about them to fight for them. I think that's what Trump had. I think people believe in minority communities that Trump will fight for them. That was the benefit that he had. And frankly... I know there's a lot of DeSantis supporters. I don't give a flip. I love DeSantis, too, and I'll say it all day long. It's one of the reasons why he won black women in Florida, because he was fighting for education. And you know what mattered to these women? Just like it mattered to my I got I got a nephew that just became a firefighter. I got one, you know, one niece that's uh, uh, I forget. She's going to college for something. Forgive me. I forget. Another one is going to college to be a veterinarian. And they took advantage of the programs and the stuff that DeSantis was putting into place. And, and, and so now they like DeSantis. 
because they believe that he fought for them. That's what people want. They don't give a damn about the color. They don't give a damn about all the messaging. And I think we overthink this stuff. What people want is an alternative. They want to know that when their life is screwed up, when they can't afford freaking groceries, when they can't afford a rent or when they can't afford afford, you know, a mortgage, they want that alternative. And right now we have a uniparty that doesn't offer an alternative. It is that simple. I just think we overthink this crap, man. Just stand for something. Do you stand for more money in people's pockets? Then cut taxes and don't vote for people who don't. I mean, it's as simple. Do you stand for life? All right, then stand for life. And don't vote for rhinos that don't. Uh, this stuff is so easy to me. Do you want Obamacare? All right. If your your representative isn't talking about, uh, you know, uh, uh, restoring a doctor-patient relation, don't vote for the fool. I, I, I mean, for me, and, and I know I'm different in this sense, I would rather lose than a vote for a rhino. I'd rather just participate in my local elections and try to win there. That's where I'm at. Thanks, Carl. Let me just uh, let me just say this, if you don't mind, Carl. That was amazing. I don't know you. You don't know me, but I've heard good things about you, and I'm uh, I'm going to make sure I start listening, for sure. What you said about Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is spot on. Uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is this is this election's Ross Perot. He really is. Maybe even worse than that. Ross Perot got seventeen percent. Without Ross Perot, Bill Clinton loses in a landslide. So we're looking at a guy now who when his record was brought up and when his speeches were brought up recently, he said, what, people can change on the issues? I, I've had him on my show. I had I had like an hour-long conversation with this guy where he really told us who Fauci was. It was before I read the book. Did not know when I interviewed him that he goes after Trump. And by the way, Trump was duped. He's not a scientist. He had to believe Burks and Fauci and, and Adams and everybody else who was in his ear. Well, they were all lying, and, and he didn't know that. I think that he should have been quicker about not taking credit for it anymore once he realized the lies. Having said that, you are spot on, my man, about about Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Holy mackerel. I mean, this guy can ruin any chance for any viable Republican in the next in the, in the next election. And no, as much as I respect the man from uh, from Long Island, I'm from Suffolk County, I'm from Copeg. Uh, I was born in Amityville. Much as I respect that gentleman, no, I don't want I don't want him anywhere near a Republican ticket. And I wish that he would drop out and try next time. Because he's going to ruin this uh, this upcoming election. Um, I was actually hoping that Joe Biden might grab him because then we could say what Robert F. Kennedy really believes on the issues. I love what you said about identity politics. You're right. And I hope that I didn't come off as if I was suggesting it because I'm not. Um, I think that, well, I know that the left and the Democrats and the liberals have used identity politics to get the power they have to make people think that they have to be divided. Like you and I are not the same race. But you and I can be very good friends. We can be neighbors. We can agree on a lot of stuff. And then our, our heritage can be something we talk about over dinner. That shouldn't really matter. It should not be the first priority. But you're right. That's, that's become the first priority for the left. And the right has not learned how to do what Monica said and go down into these neighborhoods. I've talked to Hispanics. I've talked to black people. I've talked to other than whites. And they have all said, where is the Republican Party? I don't see any Republicans here. And if you come and talk to us, maybe we'll get what you're talking about. But even though we don't love their politics, the left comes here. And they say the right things, even if they don't perform the right things once they get elected. All of that was great. And you're right, people are not brought up. I was brought up in, in South Florida, although I'm from Amityville. Moved there when I was seven. It was still rural. It wasn't what it is now, which is little New York and little New Jersey. Um, but, but I'm from South Florida, basically. And I was in uh, government schools. Nobody ever taught me about Margaret Sanger. Nobody ever, nobody ever said where Planned Parenthood was from. Nobody ever said that she was this 
crazy racist who wanted to kill all the black people and weed them out of society. That should be taught. It isn't taught. And now our tax dollars go and support that. And, and I'll finish with this. The one thing you said that we don't agree with, and thank God we don't agree or else you'd take all my, all my stations from me. Uh, we have to be a little bit different, Curtis or Carl. Stop it. Having said that, I don't agree that I would rather vote for a or I'd rather not vote at all than for a rhino. And I don't think anybody runs and says, hey, I'm a rhino. Vote for me. I think that, yes, we're tricked by a lot of these people. But at the end of the day, if the person is for lower taxes and has a history of that, yet is wishy-washy on something else, but is for life when it comes to vote, but is wishy-washy in this other thing, that's better than having somebody who on five or six different topics is far left and will screw society if we end up letting that person be elected. So sitting it out is tough for me. I'm not saying that you're wrong, but for me personally, sitting it out when I agree with the person on three out of five things, not five out of five, could still be considered a rhino. It would be tough for me not to vote for that person because they're the closest to me on how I feel about stuff. And I think elections are important. That's the only thing that I, I would even call into question. But man, very, very well said. I love listening to you. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate that. And, and I will say that I don't typically sit any elections out. I, 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 I see your I see your point there. Uh, when I'm a, when it's a 70 percent person, I will concede that I typically go that way and vote. Uh, but on some lesser races, I, I, I just feel like the most important the most important place where you can play a part and make a true difference are in the primaries. And I, I think maybe that's where Republicans seem to be missing it. But I'm, I'm, I am getting sick and tired of what I'm seeing with a bunch of rhinos. So I'm not going to lie to you. I do struggle with that at this point. Carl, do you, are Completely you involved in the that. Republican Party? I'm not as much anymore. I used to be involved in it uh, pretty heavily, frankly. Well, that's my point, because you said it's in your right where the elections and where we decide how Republican our people are going to be are dictated in the primaries. That is ran by the Republican Party of every state in the United States. Why would we not be full force in all of the hate and vitriol or a disgustedness of our party and not go get in every person in this room, go get in their county and take it over? You bring up some amazing points, but your amazing points can only be benefit the Republican Party by you being a part of it, meaning that you are a, a chair, you are a, a secretary, you are a, uh, a, a at least a committeeman or the state committeeman. I couldn't imagine a Carl Jackson as the state committeeman of, of your area and to go to your state and say, you know what, I'd like to bring up a motion to look at our machines. Guess what? In all 50 states, that's allowed during the primary because the party runs the primary. If we took over these states and our RNC, we wouldn't have to worry about rhinos because we'd be able to dictate how and who's going to be on the ballot. Do you know in South Carolina that our chairman in our county has to approve the ballot if somebody is a Republican? We had one guy that flipped from the Democratic Party. As a party, we voted that he's not going to be on the ballot as a Republican. There was nothing he could do about it. Why? Because it's the Republican primary. You talked about the Tea Party, which... I think is a, is a great proof of everything I'm saying. The Tea Party came out fast and strong, and a lot of people really started to pay attention. When we elected people to, uh, to Congress and the Senate that were t from the Tea Party, do any of them have TP after their name? No, they have an R after their name. There's only two parties in this country. We can't make a third, but we can take over the one we have. And if people would get past the apathetic way of looking at this and really focus on the party at the party level, we wouldn't be having these conversations because we would have America first all over the place. Those are the things that make this happen, plain and simple.
So I'd hope that you'd get back involved again if you truly would like the party to be in your in your uh, in your favor. Well, let me say this in my defense. I'm not a total slacker. I still register. <laughs> I still register voters. I, I've just not participated in the executive committee uh, for quite some time. But I'll look forward to participating in that once again. But I'm not a total slacker and I intend to register voters uh, leading up to the 2024 election as well. So but let me ask you this. By registering voters, there, it's anywhere from six percent to five percent of those registered will vote in the next election. That I think registering to voters is, is important. I used to fight that, but I'm all for it now. Register. But what if, let's just, what if we had somewhere for them to go that would, again, be some, around people that are thinking the way they are in our Republican Party? Instead of just somebody coming up to you at a grocery store saying, man, I got to do something about the border. We got to do something about these kids. We got to do something about that. What if we had somewhere to send them? Like, I don't know, your county party where you could actually make votes, make motions, and and actually be involved in the basement of what makes the Republican Party. See, that's why we have rhinos. They've had the con for a long time. And that's why you can't find Republican parties in your counties. They hide. The RNC co-chair, Drew McKissick, and the South Carolina chair, Drew McKissick, same guy, actually put out an email. Be careful of who you bring to the Republican Party because apathy brings power. This is how they're thinking. And this is why we're getting our ass kicked. Can I just add real quick? If anybody thinks that a third party is a good idea, um, just look around the world and tell me where one of those countries is working out real good. You'll end up baking in more corruption and you'll end up with these minority parties leading countries that do absolutely nothing that we want. I mean, just just pick one. Australia, Canada, England, which one do you want to be like? You tell me, because that's what you're going to get if we end up with three, four, five parties in this country, a bunch of minority parties doing nothing but going along to get along. There's really only two options in most major decisions in your life, right? You're either going to pay your bills or you're not going to pay your bills. Most people don't have like a gray area there. You know, you're you're either for a war or you're against the war. There's no, well, I kind of want to go to war just a little bit. Like, you know, these are major decisions usually have a binary option. And so all you got to do is take over this Republican Party. It's ripe for taking over right now. Half of the seats are empty. Like, this is why I say to third party people, hey, why don't you stop? mucking about where you don't even have enough people to get on the ballot in all the states put all your people in the republican party right now just do it just take the party over that's all you got to do hey real quick you guys make this this sound like a walk in the park like like is this are we going down like the yellow brick road to get this done or or is somebody absolutely somebody somebody pointing it ponying up a million dollars to get these folks elected. I mean, here's the thing. Okay. And Chad, you've done a great job in South Carolina. It didn't you know, take us and... anything to take over 20 counties, not $1. Okay. So, but you also got Lindsey Graham as a United States Senator and Tim Scott. Who's right? like a year, so... eight year term. And we started four years ago, but we also removed 26 legislators, Christian in one year. Yeah. And so my point is, that is super effective, but the problem is that it takes money and organization in some of these key states. Uh, it's they're getting blocked. So my point is, is I think what everybody's saying here is absolutely correct, but we also have to acknowledge 
a little bit here to what and, and I give a hat tip to Carl on what he said when he said a part of the problem is the voters because everyone's talking about rhinos but the last I checked everybody was supporting those rhinos 10 years ago am I wrong so I mean there were people who thought Mitt Romney was a great candidate for president of the United States Last I checked, Mitt Romney did more damage to the middle class than most elected officials there was. I thought Mitt Romney was probably the second worst candidate to ever run for political for president of the United States. So I just completely concur with what Carl's saying in that you have to go, you have to show up, you have to be there in the inner city, you have to put in the effort, but you can't send wackadoodles to do the job. You got to actually go and show you care, send your best people. Prime example of this in Missouri was Roy Blunt. When Roy Blunt faced Robin Carnahan, Carnahan was a legacy Democrat name. Obviously, Missouri was, tur- was, was turning super red, but it, there was a point in which this was going to be a close fight. What did Roy do? Roy showed up in the inner city. He met, and, and Roy is the swampiest of the swamp. Let's be really clear here, right? But he showed up, met with the pastors, said, hey, this is what we're doing. Bing, bing, bing. He got got black pastors in the inner city on board. These folks completely supported him. And he actually was able to shave off just enough that it wasn't even close for Robin. Right. And so my, my point and I'm making on this is we also have to be very realistic that this is going to take. For when people do this, it's going to take folks going and, and and getting direction from people like Scott Pressler, you know, Brandon Straka, you know, Chad. You've you've clearly done it. People who are experienced, so that they don't go out there and just make fools of the party in these areas, right? And so that's just kind of my two cents because what I've experienced is is that people go in to make change and clearly chad you're 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 an example you got the guys you've done in 20 counties are making a change uh but there's also this aspect that you have to make sure you have the right people in there because the party will do everything they can once they're in that position to give them invites to these to these fundraisers give them access to these politicians and some of them may or may not want to rock the boat after a little while so there's a lot of factors that come into play here. Uh, I completely, completely agree with a lot of what Carl was saying. But this is where I look at it as excuses, Chris. At the end of the day, we can all lock and load and get weird, or we can take over our party and start from the base up and build the base for the Republican Party that will be what we want. The idea that we can't go in the hood, hell, we just did a, a trunk or treat Friday with over 400 little bags to give to the kids, and there was a palm card to the Republican Party. We actually signed up 30 more people. 26 uh, legislators all chose not to run as incumbents, including the speaker, who then, after we decided wasn't going to run again of South Carolina, went and got behind two Democrats and endorsed. We are hunting them out. It can't happen all at once, but I'll be damned if we're not doing it. Out of 46 counties, we already got 20, and I don't have one pack, one business, one anybody. And as a matter of fact, I've probably spent $80,000 over the last five years traveling this state to get this done. And that's okay. I'm not wanting that money back. But the thing is, it's time to put up or shut up. 
The excuses don't work. The party and the system does work if we get off our ass. I can take almost everybody in this room, and I bet you money that probably maybe 10, 5%, 5 to 10% might be involved in their local party where the rubber meets the road. The Scott Pressler going out there getting people registered. What if Scott had a great party to send them to? Now they've got skin in the game. You just turn that party person into 10 more people. The neighborhood we did the trunk or treat, it wasn't in the rich white neighborhood. That's up to the party. You said that we need organization. What's better when the organization is there? When I took over the Horry County Republican Party in South Carolina, the most powerful in the state, there was a $35,000 bank account that was handed over to us. Why? Because we won. It's that simple, Chris. It really is. Well, and the other thing I would I would say is for anybody who is wanting to get involved in the Republican Party, um, what I have also experienced, at least where I'm at and in a few other areas when I was traveling, I, I went to a couple of them, um, are these We the People uh, groups. So there's the county party, which is you know obviously important to go to. You're going to meet all the gray hairs. Um, but then there's also the We the People, which is the MAGA folks. This is the people who are mad. You know, they don't like the establishment and they want to make change. And what I have experienced going to some of these groups is that you get maybe 20, 30, 40 people at a local Republican Party of a thing. Right. Unless there's a you know big name speaker or something. Uh, but at these We the People events, you're talking you're pushing 200 standing room only in these places, you know. And they're mad and they've created books with business cards to support each other's businesses. It's like it's like a blue collar BNI. <laughs> and uh, and so I would encourage anybody in your area, go on Facebook and just Google your county or your city and we the people. And you'll probably find a local club that you didn't even know was meeting uh, once a month. And uh, and you will find like minded people there. Um the other thing I really appreciated about it was there's a lot of younger people, a lot of younger conservatives, a lot of younger, like a lot of women. Um, you know, it wasn't a bunch of 70 year old, no offense to some of the older folks in the, in the space, but it, you know, it's people who are doers. They like literally want to go out. They want to knock on doors. They want to do, you know, they're really to put their money where their mouth is. I, I really have enjoyed those groups. I would encourage anybody else to go. Take a look at them. Go look at them and bring them to your Republican Party so they actually have a seat at the table. That makes sense to me. That's what we did. Well, I don't think that they, you know, here's the thing. I think that they are running for committee people, but they're kind of conducting their own meetings, right? Like they're doing their own thing. They're getting involved. But, you know, they're make, they're they're showing the energy. And I'm, and I'm hoping that they're also, I mean, if, you know, that they're going to, that's going to translate for support. But I do, I would, I would encourage anybody to go there. Real quick, um, before, and then I'm going to go to you, Lou, um, and, uh, Joe Pags just dropped, but I wanted to just, uh, before he left, but that's okay, you guys can still go and find him and follow him, I wanted to encourage you to go and uh, follow Joe Pags before he had to leave. Now, we were we we're fortunate in this space, if you look around, uh, those of you listening and those of you up here, um, you know, we have Carl Jackson, we have Chad, we have Joe Pags, I mean, these are radio guys, Monica, another per a veteran of radio, you have radio people in here. See, I didn't say radio guys anymore. Radio people. You have radio people in here. Um, and
And the thing is, that's what's so cool about this space specifically and spaces in general is you get all these radio people in the, who also now have podcasts and all these other things. And then they come in here and it sounds like radio again. What the conversations you're hearing in here and the reason why this space is so awesome is because you have people who are really good at just communicating with other people from an auditory space. It's not, you know, there's not graphics and there's no faces. It's just you're just listening to people. And I thought we were just very, very fortunate to have so many radio people in a Twitter space because I think, at least for me, I was very entertained by at least being able to hear all the different voices and personalities and, and context and and great talking, like everything, just through the microphone. It was just such a cool throwback. And um, I call it a throwback. I'm still on radio, too. It's not like radio is extinct. But it's it's why I love radio. It's why I grew up listening to Rush Limbaugh and, and people like that and you know, it's because you get to hear so much and it's just so simple and yet so um, meaningful at the end of the day. We learn more from talk and talking to each other than we do from anything else. So I love this space and I love having you all up here. But I want to encourage you to go and follow uh, Joe Pags. If you don't do that, he has an awesome syndicated radio show. Make sure you follow Carl, Chad, especially um, Monica and everybody up here that you like listening to from Kat to Trucker to James to Chris and Brandon, and Lou and Monica and me. If you like me, uh, it's up to you. But, you know, we do this every Monday night at 830 p.m. Eastern time following my show, my radio show. Funny enough, at which is the 7 p.m. Eastern time. And I'm based out of the Orlando area. It's called 94.9 The Answer Orlando. Carl was as well. And uh, you can always listen to me there or you can follow me, find me streaming on my profile or any of my social medias. But um, we do this every Monday night at 830. And so if you want to be reminded of when we do these spaces again and hear from these people, we're fortunate to have these people in our spaces almost always. And so um, we're really lucky to have them. And we're lucky to have you two as an audience because without you guys, we'd just be talking to each other and that's no fun. So we really do appreciate you being here as well. So I just wanted to thank you for being up here. And with that, I'll, I'll go back to the hands. I know, Adam, you've had your hand up. And Laura, you guys have had your hand up forever in a day. So I want to go to you guys. But Lou, you're my co-host, so I have to go to you first, of course. So let me go to Lou, and then we'll go to Laura, Adam, and then Trucker. And then I want to hear from Brandon about um, his airplane experience, because I promised him I'd hear about it after he landed. But real quick, before I go to Lou, I just want to uh, jump on Carl's defense here a little bit. And, uh, you know, Chad, and I agree with everything you're saying. I got involved with our local party because I wanted to make a difference. And I was saying the exact same things you were saying. I said, we got to start holding these politicians accountable. Our, our rec, um, Republican Executive Committee, our GOP in Seminole County, uh, we're in a bit of a transition. And um, things have been a little challenging over the last couple of years. And so there have been more effective organizations outside of our Republican Party that are still Republican organizations. Um, I can give you an example is the Women's Federated. Um, they were a very effective organization through it. The, they volunteered on more campaigns by far than the local GOP did. And there's a, there's a few organizations like that locally. Moms for Liberty is another great one. I mean, so we have local organizations here in Seminole County where you can put in your effort and still get Republicans elected. And in some instances, it's actually more effective at getting Republicans elected than our local GOP. Now, our GOP is in a bit of a transition, but it's still a little bit of a shit show, to be honest with you. So, you know, I understand completely when Carl's like, yeah, I'm not anymore, because for a long time, it was very ineffective and a total waste of time. And if you actually wanted to make a difference, it wouldn't be going to those meetings. And so I, I think that's what Carl's, you know, alluding to before, Chad. But I agree with everything you're saying. It's just 
we need to get that GOP to a place where we are more effective. Um, but with that, uh, Lou, let me go to you. Thank you so much, David. I appreciate that. Um, so I did put in the nest, what the... So has Rick Wilson completely lost his freaking mind? Apparently, uh, he went on um, MSNBC tonight and um, said that uh, they're going to have to put a bullet in Trump to stop him. Uh, where's the FBI blowing down his door? Um, where are, um, you know, the SWAT team in the armored car? Um, this was a national television show. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I remember like, I don't know, six weeks ago, uh, some guy says, I hate Biden. He should go down in Utah and he can't even walk with a cane and he gets blown away. So where's Rick Wilson's, um, you know, um, ramrod through his front door or front window um, with guns drawn? I, this... You know, here's the thing, and, and I'm taking this in a whole new direction, and y'all just going to have to come along for the ride. Um, here's the thing. You know, we got Tucker, you know, mentioning that they are trying everything they can. They are trying indictments. Colorado is trying to take him off the ballot. Um, they tried the trickery out there in California, and Newsom changed the date on the um uh, on the primary, you have uh, Massachusetts also trying to do the winner take all to try to, you know, take away uh, the delegates. I mean, they are trying this and they are trying that and they are trying this. And then Rick Wilson says it, the quiet part out loud. Where is the freaking outrage? Because I can guarantee tell you that if one of our surrogates went on Fox News and said that same shit about Biden, though, I mean, the streets would be flooded right now with probably pro-Palestine and anti-GOP flags all over the place. I am, I'm like, I listened to that and I was like, are you kidding me right now? Like, anybody got anything for this? Because I am, I am, uh, what is that term? Is it called? Is it called um, gobsmacked that that he was able to say that and like the SWAT team didn't drop from the lighting and like tackle him to the ground? Like where's the Secret Service? Like what's going on here? Does anybody have any idea how how he can? Lou, I think Lou, that clip he, is he from twenty fifteen. He said that when he was in office. Is it? Really? Yeah, I think it's from twenty fifteen. Oh Jesus. Freaking people and their fake news while I'm trying to manage to say, damn it. Well, and I was going to say, he this wasn't the only time he ever said it. He said it when Trump was actually president of the United States. And he was trying to push that line. And, um, and nothing happened to him. Right? And so, and I think we all know, I mean, Rick Wilson uh, and what was the other guy? Steve Schmidt, the McCain guy. You know, when they created um, the... the uh, Lincoln Pedo project, um, they did it because they were busted. They were basically going broke and they had to get the anti Trump and never Trumpers to send them millions of dollars. And, and honestly it was, you know, hat tip to them. <laughs> they were they were able to capitalize off them and I think Lincoln Project spent like twenty per like fifteen or twenty percent of their revenue on actual advertising. And the rest of it went into their pockets. 
Okay, so I apologize. Yes, the clip is from 2015. Thank you, Brandon. Um, I would like to also then turn around and say, this is exactly why we have fake news in posts, right? So people are posting things and then they're going like inside of the comments and going, oh, by the way, this is from 2015, but I got my clicks and therefore I'm going to get my income off of it. Now I'm even more pissed, not only that Rick Wilson said that, but the person that's sharing it and acting gives a brand new clip um i'm sorry i'm trying to manage all of these mics and uh you know do other things and so i didn't fully vet well so in your defense so i retweeted it earlier <laughs> but but the person that i retweeted it from was from 2022 so you know you got 2015 2022 people saying it's not the first time he said it blah blah so you're good girl you're I mean, it still happened, Lou. It doesn't really negate the point. I mean, yes, if it had happened today, it probably would have been mildly more shocking since we know that people are having their doors busted down and being thrown in gulags for saying chanting USA uh, and saying, <laughs> go, go. Um, but nonetheless, it still did happen. Like, yeah, Thanks, Brandon, for having my back. I appreciate you. Well, like, you know, and people's lives totally ruined for, you know, going to Washington, D.C. and holding a sign or filming a 10-second video <laughs> I mean, on, the, on, on the outside of the Capitol, not even on, like, on the step, not even in the Capitol. I mean, what a, what a joke. I mean, Owen Troyer is literally in solitary confinement right now as we speak. And his, literally his crime was chanting USA outside the Capitol. That's what he, that's what he was accused of doing. <clears throat> Oh, I thought it was. And, and where's the outrage, by too. the way, while we're on this subject? Where's the outrage? Monica, if you're talking, I'm so sorry. I can't I hear was, you. I was, but I'm used to it. I'll Go have to ahead. drop down if you're talking, Monica. But before Monica, I do it. You just have to talk louder like this. No, before I do it, though, I'm going to drop right down. Right I'm going to drop down, Monica. And then he won't stop and he won't even know that you're speaking. <laughs> before, I'm going to drop down, Monica. I can't hear you. I know. He says he's going to drop down, but he's not. He's going to keep talking right over you. So just keep talking. Yeah, I don't know who was next. I'm sorry, David. Go ahead. David, you've got to get this shit under control. I'm trying, Brandon. I'm trying. It's like, you know, the, the ding dong went on the it, the ding dong went on the airplane. Everybody stood up at the same time. They put the person in the wheelchair in the front row for I don't know why. And everybody has to wait for 15 minutes for their companion to come get them. Um, Laura, let's go to your hand. And then Adam, let's go to your hand. And then Trucker, let's go to your hand. And then we'll bring it back. Go ahead, Laura. And thank you for being so, so patient. Hi, everybody. Thanks so much for bringing me up. And Lou, I'm so disappointed. I just have to say, um, I really, really, really liked you. I was listening to you and really enjoying everything you had to say until now. You know, once you posted that, now I know that you're just nothing but fake news, I guess, you know. <laughs> But anyway, I was on a whole different track while my, my hand was up. So I probably should have taken it down, you know, a long time ago. But I'm going to save what I had to say anyway. It'll be real short. I just wanted to say I'm really excited for the Speaker of the House. Um, I have been in, in prayer for a very long time about about our country and and I love our countries to death and um, I'll do anything I can for our country and uh, I appreciate by the way everybody in this space 
that feels the same way that I do about um, our America. But anyway, um, I was in prayer. And when this all went down, I just knew in my heart that this was a God intervention. That's how I feel. Now you guys can come after me later on if I'm proven to be wrong. But I think that this is going to be something spectacular. And I really mean that when I say that. Um, I think that the speaker is the first sign that our country is going to be headed in the right direction. It sounds insane, but that is exactly how I'm feeling. Um, I also feel that Trump will get elected. I'm feeling uh, really, really positive about this election. Uh, I'm so glad to hear from the gentleman that was in the space. Every day is a school day, and this one was wonderful for me because now I know exactly um, what I'm going to target and how I'm going to do it now. And I live here in South Florida, so I'm going to hook up with the, these uh, new places I heard about through you guys. And I really appreciate all of that. Um, but I just wanted to say I'm really excited. And I was disappointed in Lou. But other than that, um, thank you so much for having me up here. Um, and I hope your plane ride was good. I don't know if it was or not, but did you have a bumpy ride? Who, me? Yes. I mean, that was probably Brandon. a question, right? <laughs> Uh, it was, it was not super bumpy. Uh, it was mostly smooth. Uh, I had a lay or a, yeah, a connection in New York, a little bit, a little bit bumpy on takeoff from New York. <clears throat> the woman next to me kicked me, but I kind of had it coming because, um, <laughs> you know, I have, I have trouble with my hips and I get very uncomfortable in those plain seats. And so sometimes I get in very creative positions where I'll kind of like, put my butt into the corner and then just kind of arch my legs one way or arch my legs the other way. And I guess I really gotten into her space and she decided to let me know by just fucking kicking me. So, but I mean, I, I was basically like in her seat. So. Well, I'm glad you arrived here safely. <laughs> I saw your picture and I was like, oh, he's got to be so excited. I am so excited, by the way, for, for this event. And you guys also really quick, as I'm dropping down, I promise, pray for me because I have got my daughter is pregnant and she's due. And that is the only thing that's going to stop me from going to the event this weekend. So please pray because I told her it's either that or you're going to have to have the baby at Walkathon. And she's like, are you kidding? I'm not going to Walkathon. I said, no, I'm serious. I will deliver the baby myself because I've got to be there. So I'm so excited to go. Well, wait, Laura, and, Laura, Laura, Walkathon is not this weekend. Well, I mean, this next coming. Okay, okay, okay. Well, all right. Yeah, I know when it is. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm going there. Yeah, no, I live right here. I, yeah, I'm going. So hopefully, if she doesn't have the baby. So just pray for me for that. And that's it. But thank you guys for having me up. And I'll be sitting here listening. Thank you. I kind of I kind of love this idea, Laura. You can have your daughter have the baby at Walkacon, And the baby will have walked away from the uterus. So it's a whole nother walk-a-con. It's, it's like, I'm done with that uterus. I'm done being trapped inside that thing. I'm going to, I'm going to walk a con right out of it. And then we'll just celebrate on Friday with the extravaganza with, with Rudy Giuliani and, and Laura Trump and the schlaps and more. And then the baby will, will laugh his first giggles 
on Saturday when Brandon's being roasted by all those great comedians. And then on Sunday, the baby will have its first book signed by Carrie Lake. I mean, what a weekend to be born. It's time to walk away from that placenta and walk to Walkacon, crawl to Walkacon if necessary, and use promo code Lou. And then you get 10% off, right, Brandon? Yeah, I think this is really going to help dispel the notion that we're all in a cult when we have a woman like give birth on stage as we all stand around in our MAGA hats and pull the baby out of her while we're chanting. And uh, yeah, I I think that's going to be great for our PR. Okay. I totally choked on that um, because that's hilarious. And not to mention that, but you know, I'm working on the maternity ward um, L and D units uh, for the next week or two. So um, I'll be ready for it, right? I'll, I'll have my catcher's mitt. I will be ready to go. Um, hey, real quick, um, David, I'm going to just supersede everybody because I can. Um, and uh, I am actually going to throw it to Kat real quick. Um, and because um, she put her hand up and I know she's trying to get out of here tonight. So uh, go ahead, Kat. Yes, David, I'm actually going to get out of here because I'm tired. I swear I'm not going to another space. If I find you in another space, <laughs> so help me. I will troll I you like no troll has ever been trolled before. You epically roasted me and Lou the other day. Be it was sure so to send funny. Me that um, link when you're done. <laughs> oh, my God, he will murder me. No, listen, I just wanted, <laughs> I just wanted to announce that um, I got confirmation from the Republican Party of Colorado the ones that are fighting to keep Trump on the ballot um, in Colorado, they are going to be on our space on Thursday night. So you guys should be there or be square. So David, I fully expect to see you. Miss Monica, if you could, I would love to see you. Brandon, all you peoples, this is a great time to announce it. So we're also going to try to get some um, other people. So more to, more to come. So I just want to say good night to you guys. Thanks for indulging me. And it was a fantastic space, but I'm actually going to go to bed for a change early. <laughs> David's hey, like, yeah, right. hey, Kat, thank you yeah. for uh, thank you for announcing that. And that space would be what shell shocked and pirate radio, right? Yeah, Thursday that would probably nights, be good to actually PM add the name in there. Eastern <laughs> time hosted by um, Shell, Cat, myself, and James R. Um, so just yeah, you know, kind of keep that in your um, uh, calendar for Thursday night. That should be a very good space. Sorry, uh, David, we just had to jump in there and do our own promotion. No, please do. That space Um, is one of my favorite spaces. I look forward to Thursday night because of it. You guys have great content, very interesting topics, and at the same time, it's a ton of fun, and I laugh a bunch. So you guys have the perfect balance of entertainment and information, and I encourage everybody listening to make sure you check out the Pirate Radio Shell Socks combo space um, with Cat Lou, James, and Shell on Thursday. What time do you guys start that space? 8 p.m. Eastern. Did you just coin us infotainment? No. See, you're fake news, Lou. The infotainment is those little screens with the little... Look, let's get to Adam. His hand's getting tired. Adam, go ahead. My my hand's fine, but uh, I, I would circle back, but uh, you know, I'm not a dog, so I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go back to the topic uh, of uh, rebranding. Uh, I'd say, you know, America first is great, you know, in my opinion. I don't think anybody could agree, uh, disagree with, um, you know, America first, America first Republican. Chad uh, pushed me and be like, hey, you're a Republican or not? You know, I'm like, yep, I am. You know, so I, I, I uh, used to be a libertarian. So, I, you know, on my profile says hashtag America first uh, Republican. And, uh 
you know, that's I think that's a good thing that like, you know, everybody could agree with, you know, because there is a differentiation. I want to differentiate myself from the rhinos. So I'm America first. You know, Trump is who brought me to the Republican Party, uh, you know, after he got elected. I was a libertarian after Obama got elected and I was actually a Obama supporter and, uh, you know, wanted change from George Bush's war hawk ways and, uh, you know, all this stuff. And, uh, you know, the, the debt, the national debt that he built up, you know, back in the 90s, we were under, you know, $4.5 trillion of national debt. It wasn't until, until Bush that we hit over $10 trillion. So, uh, you know, I think back then, you know, that's when America was great, in my opinion, because I grew up during that time. And, you know, where rent was affordable, you know, things were affordable and gas prices were, you know, buck, you know, <laughs> pretty much. And, uh, yeah, you know, life was pretty good. No complaints. But uh, yeah, I think that's a good way to go about it as far as brand. And Carl, like I, I got to meet uh, Calvin Wimbish, uh, Corey Mills and uh, Carolina Amnesty, I believe, over at a DeSantis rally in 2022. Awesome people. I really like Calvin. I wanted him to win, you know, for our area. I thought he was a great stand up guy, a real moral character. And unfortunately, you know, he didn't have the push that uh, he needed. He got beat by like 20 percent pretty much uh, by some Democrat. But uh, yeah, uh, definitely. I think America first would be great, uh, you know, to bring people in. I think that's just one word. You know, MAGA, it's like people like that. You know, it's just that thing for some people. So I, I, I like the America first. I do. I put MAGA on my profile like at the beginning of this year because I was like, screw it. I am MAGA. I want to make America great again because I remember it being great. You know, so, uh, yeah, I'll end there. And uh, thank you for having me up. Love y'all. All of you are great people. And uh, like like Chad said, get, you know, we need to take it over. That's the thing. Make like as far as the Democrat Party, it's not salvageable. Uh, the Republican Party is, and this is me looking at it from a libertarian, you know, being a libertarian and, uh, you know, basically at that point in time. And I saw the Republican Party was sal salvageable and we can make it more constitutional based. And, uh, you know, I think that's our the vehicle is the Republican Party, period. And Trump is the only choice, in my opinion. You know, uh, I don't see anybody else out there that's gonna turn this you know via, uh ship around so i'll land there thank you thanks adam and thanks for being so patient and was that the rally i think Corey mills spoke at that rally too right the one you're at with this what's that adam well at the church yeah 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 i was up there I yeah brought... i was at that rally i was there too that was a fun, oh. that was a good rally that one was a lot of fun well cool well thank you for being so patient and uh joining the space and we'll uh thanks for listening in too and promoting and everything i appreciate you 100%. I love what, what you said earlier, you know, about, uh, you know, looking at different things uh, in regards to like, you know, division. Uh, God bless you for that. Thank you. Thanks, brother. You too. All right, let's go to uh, Trucker and Chris. Hey, guys. Uh, hey, David. Hey, I just wanted hey. to say, Carl, that was a, uh, a great speech you gave a minute ago. That was awesome. But one thing I wanted to add, it's been a little time, but uh, the RFK deal. Uh, when we were doing, when we were doing the convoy and I'll just be honest with you, I didn't even know who RFK jr. Was, I just know, I just recognized the last name, never, never heard him speak, talk or nothing, but you know, he, 
that book about Dr. The Real Anthony Fossey, I have cases of those books. They gave them to us truckers at the rallies across the country. Uh, I, I'm, I'm inter actually interested to know what his sales were on them books because I don't think he actually sold those books. He gave like a tractor trailer load of them away. There was pallets of them. They were just handing them out by the case to for us to bring home to our families. So, but after that happened, I mean, the guy was gold in the convoy. If he was running for president at that particular time, and it was voting day, election day, he would have been elected by the truckers. That's the impact that that book in that time made with us. Uh, so it made me think, you know, instead of all this money that they spend on marketing, when you get out and meet people and give them something like that, it made a big, a big impact uh, to a lot of the truckers and, and the other tr people that weren't truckers that were there. So that would be a great marketing tool if Trump wrote a book and handed them out, spent that marketing dollars that way and get that person, that more personal connection with us. I just thought that was brilliant on his part. Uh, the second thing I want to address is it might be a real it's real quick and might be a tough topic, but the race issue. Uh, I'm just one of them southern boys that just doesn't care. Uh, if I'm broke down on the side of the road, the only thing I'm concerned about is when that guy comes to fix my truck. I don't give a shit if he's gay, black, white. Only thing I care about is that he can fix my truck, that he's able to do the job that he says that he's qualified to do. And and I couldn't just imagine, like, with this Biden administration, they he appoints all these people who aren't qualified. I'd be furious if somebody come out to fix my truck and they didn't know anything about my truck. I mean, I would be furious. And what could possibly go wrong, you know, if they attempted to try to fix it? So I think the uh, I don't care about race. I don't care about sexuality. All I care about is people qualified to do the job. And will do the job that they promise to do and that they get paid for the old American way. But, uh, and one more thing, uh, Brandon, dude, you're a rock star. Uh, unfortunately, I will not be able to make it this year. I wished I, I was planning on it, but uh, family came up and that, you know how it goes. I'm out here trucking. So anyway, God bless y'all and y'all be sure to follow the speakers and, you know, you know the deal. Follow everybody. But I, I just wanted to say that about uh, Kennedy. I thought that was kind of a, a, a brilliant on his part. I feel like you care about your family more than you care about me. Man, I tell you, Brandon, you, you're a rock star. I, I'm telling you, you, you are a rock star. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. I wish you could make it. Well, we got to find out. We got to find out real quick back. about Trucker's <laughs> Band. Trucker, is that you on the cover photo playing? Yeah, I play music uh, in the, at the truck shows. What kind of music? I play country music, uh, some rock and roll. Uh, I'm, I'm more of a storyteller with an acoustic guitar. I'd probably bore you and put you to sleep, but uh, we do get upbeat and have fun. The more beer we drink, so uh, hint, hint. No, but anyway, uh, yeah, that's that's us playing. Well, now I'm extra sad that you're not coming to Walk a Con because it would have been awesome to drink a beer or a bourbon or whatever and listen to you play guitar. I was just so we'll have to put thing. a rain check on that for the next con. I'm still waiting for that follow back, Brandon. Just, just, just giving you a heads up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, y'all have a good night. I'm gonna sit and listen a bit. 
All right, thanks, Trucker. All right, Chris, let's go to you. And then after Chris, um, I'm going to send it to – I want to hear from Brandon about his uh, travels, and then I'm going to give it to my co-host for closing words, and then uh, we will end the space. So we go ahead and take it away, Chris. Well, first off, uh, acoustic session sounds great. I like acoustic music. I don't know, I don't know about anybody else, but, but – um... So uh, awesome job, uh, truck. I'd love to hear your music sometime. Um, so the other thing I was going to mention is just technology in general. Da- David knows a guy, right? Who can you can get some pretty effective data, and for a very inexpensive price for your for your your little county or your local precincts or whatever, and a, an Excel spreadsheet, and you'd be surprised what you can get and how you can cultivate. Um, you know, your neighborhoods, your, your, your surrounding areas and, um, generate your own data, generate your own movement and support candidates, um, that are local, uh, that support your values. Like, like I just had this conversation. Um, I don't know if you guys know Michelle Peterson, but I had a, I had a conversation with Michelle today because they're having a little bit of an issue in, in Rhino Johnson County, like these, this, it's a Republican County, but, you know, they got these people who are weak, you know, weak legged and they don't want to stand up for America first. Uh, they think it's extremist in some ways. And I had just had this conversation with her and said, hey, you know, like you got to get you got to get data. You got to you got to organize locally and find your people that are anti lockdown. Right. They, um, you know, they are going to stand for, uh, con- you know, these pr- principles that put America first that are out there, freedom, whatever. But the point is, is the left has politicized local government at this point. So it's crucial to organize at the local level and get the data, you you know, and um, if you don't know how to do that, message David. (laughs) Chris is absolutely right. I can hook you up with all everything you need. And, and just uh, put it in perspective, like I bought, <laughs> I'll just put it in this perspective. I just want to tell the people room because sometimes when you talk about this stuff, people are like, yeah, what is inexpensive? So let me give you an example. Um, I just bought a, uh, about 30, it was actually 32, 3,286 uh, information on 3,286 people back in July. Okay. It cost me like 200, I think it was like $260, $240, something like that. Um, and if you have 200 bucks in your budget, you, and that's, you know, that was something a little less micro-targeted, right? You could find, you could get conservatives and leaning folks, independent, whatever, and have their information, cell phones on probably 40% of them, uh, email addresses that are verified, and you, it's amazing what you could do when you sort it by street and you just go out there and you and you start talking to people and just introducing yourself. So Yeah, absolutely. We'll get into campaign. You know what, Chris, that's actually an excellent idea. One of these spaces we should get into how to run a campaign and not tonight, but that's actually a really good idea. Let's schedule that for the future. Thanks, bud. All right, well, Brandon, let's hear about your travels and then let's go to Lou Monica and then I'll close this out. Uh travels were just fine. I'm here in Florida. I uh would not have chosen to be here this <laughs> this far before WakaCon, but I actually have three events: one t- tomorrow, the next night, and the night after that. In well, all in West Palm Beach, and then WakaCon's the next weekend. So it just didn't really make sense to me to go home in between. Um, 
so it's kind of this like long awkward time i'm going to be spending here but um it's good it'll give me time i guess to run around florida and tell everyone we're doing this who doesn't already know um the one thing i would like to say before i uh, i'd like to just like pull the room quickly for wrapping the space pretty much anyway so i'm going to a halloween party here in florida tomorrow i was invited to um and i brought my assistant paul with me <clears throat> my assistant paul is a super super nice guy uh, he's a nice looking straight man, uh, younger than me, but we kind of, we're like some similar, similar heights, you know, dark hair, all of that. So anyway, Paul knew that he was coming. He's, he's assisting me on the, the three events. Sorry, I'm tired and I'm like probably rambling anyway, but he's coming with me tomorrow to this Halloween party. So today I was on the plane and he texted me and they told us the people who invited us to the party said, you have to to wear a costume like it's it's gonna be a very bad situation if you don't wear a costume so i was like paul we have to wear costumes <clears throat> so i'm on the plane he's still in new york where he lives and he texts me because he's at the costume store and he said what are you dressing as for this party and i said oh like i got this sort of like dracula ish costume like you know dracula he got a fucking dracula costume does anyone agree that that's shady? Am I alone? Because I, so I arrived tonight, he was already here. And I was like, so what are you going to wear? What are you dressing as for party? And he was like, well, like Dracula. And I'm like, what? And I was like, did you already have the costume before you asked me? And he was like, no, I got it after we, and I'm like, so we're both going as Dracula. And he was like, well, yeah, I guess. And I'm like, okay. I was like, you know what? I was like, good, because you know what your punishment is going to be? Everyone's going to think you're gay. And good, you deserve it. Because you're going to the party with a gay guy. We're both wearing the same costume. And everyone's going to think you're my lover. And good, you deserve it. So does anyone agree? That's shady, right? That's pretty shady. Dude, that, that's messed up. I think he... Yeah. What are you going to do? I mean, unless you guys, like... um turned it into lost boys how old is this person Brandon? he's like 32 oh so, uh, so he's not old enough to even know what lost boys <laughs> the movie lost boys was yeah but he's old enough to know better than to buy a matching costume with someone who's not his lover <laughs> <laughs> that's very true and by i don't know maybe he Maybe he wanted to do a whole, um, what's that movie? Twilight. Maybe he just wanted to do a Twilight thing. If you're a vampire, he's a vampire. Somebody could have okay. a so Maybe you should just buy a blonde wave and you could be the blonde vampire. How about that? You'll be different. So I was going to go with find a girl, let her be uh, the blonde, and you guys could go as interview with a vampire, kind of like an ensemble costume. Wait, who's the blonde? Yes. Are we talking about? So I just have to go out and find a new friend like tomorrow in Florida and then in, and bring her to the party. <laughs> Listen, there's plenty, yeah. there's plenty of beautiful women in Florida. You can find real quick, Brandon. <laughs> what are the women called that, that hang out with gay guys? It's not beards. What is Bag it? hag. <laughs> I, we have to find a fag hag. <laughs> I am so done. Oh <laughs> Wait, is, what, is that what the, 
I have never heard this before. What? <laughs> Man. Uh, I might get on a flight and fly to Florida just for this one. <laughs> but I will say, I, I have a hat. With I don't think he has a hat. So... I don't know. I, I and I don't have to wear the fangs. I guess I could just wear like the cape and the hat and be like some sort of like medieval ghoul or something. Jack the Ripper. Jack the Ripper. Yeah. You could be Brandon the be Stripper. Jack the Ripper. You could be Jack the Stripper. Perfect. <laughs> no, hold on. You could be Jack the Ripper. So here's what you do. Okay, you ready? Just like uh, you know, sashay over to like I don't know, the dollar store. Get you a, a butcher knife, right? A little fake blood, and now you're Jack the Ripper. I have fake blood. Just defang yourself. Oh, did just get a knife? And then Wait, you what's this? Jack the Ripper? Is this hat like a top hat, like Jack the Ripper, or is this like like a baseball cap? What what kind of hat? Are top we hat. It's here? a black top hat. No, I'm he should be you. the one to have to deal with the costume because Brandon yeah, but, but, it's, but it's easier to convert it. So you so you you know what? If you could even find. Like um, just a little like black satchel. You could you, like a like a medicine bag. Totally, Jack the Ripper. I say, defang yourself. Get a knife. Dip it in blood. Voila. You said defang. Wait, hang on. If you got a top hat, just go get yourself a monocle and a cane. You can go as Mr. Peanut. Mr. What? Funny and go what? with magician. <laughs> what? Did, what? Wait, just happened. What is y'all don't know, Mr. Peanut? I'm going to bed. For real. I said, go get a bunny. Go get a go get a stuffed white bunny and go as a magician. I, that's or pretty good. You could go or you could go like you could ditch the fangs, put on like a little one of those little, you know, what what are the things called? Like it has a mask but like a little stick with it in like the twenties, the twenties deal, and you like could be like great gatsby. Like yeah. Yeah, you could be like great mask. great gatsby. Well, Chris, I actually think your idea is not bad about this sort of like lost boys thing because so I have a top hat and I also have um like a, a like a scepter. You know, so I like I like I'm going to look like I'm like the, the leader of the vampires. He just got like a cheap Dracula costume. So I think that we could just kind of do this like vampire coven whatever, like gang. I don't know. Just make him throw on, make him throw on a denim jacket, and you got the whole deal. Like it's the Lost Boys. I should just make him wear a hotel sheet and just cut eye holes out. Of it. You're exactly right. That's exactly what you should be like. Listen, man. Okay, you're gonna get a denim jacket and you're gonna wear it as the Lost Boys, or you're fired. <laughs> Oh no! I love the sheet with the holes in it. That is so hilarious. All right, I just posted. Is a... this like wait? Is this like is this like single white male? Is that what we're dealing with, Brandon? <laughs> like single white straight male? Well, yeah. And by the way, real quick too. Like, okay, what is that term? I can't. What is it called when like you have a false memory? Like everyone from the eighties thinks something happened in the eighties, but it didn't really happen. What is it? Mandela, man, the Mandela effect. Sh- right, yeah, no, no, Lou was right. Call being fifty-two. Yeah. Mandela, Mandela effect. effect. So I, it's it's a kind of a version of the Mandela effect to think that all gay people, all gay couples, were matching costumes. And I understand I'm the one who brought it up. But I'm just saying that I actually don't know any gay couples that dress alike on Halloween. But I will say I will be the first to admit that with him standing next to me, we look a lot alike. Everyone knows I'm gay. Like, he's, 
if I were anyone, I'd be like, obviously those two are together. They're dressed alike. I, everyone's going to think that. <clears throat> I just think it's hilarious that you referred to it as his punishment. <laughs> it's just a sh- it's a shame that he isn't like um you know like uh 10 years younger uh you know 15 years younger because then you could have had him hold like a hula hoop and then it could have been like a portrait of dory and gray where you could have like just walked around and looked at each other right that's very thought out and detailed um is that like a will and grace right. thing <laughs> that Lou has actually had this idea in the past. No, Lou, have, Lou, have you been thinking, a... What, what was it, Brandon? A... a uh, no. What was the term? So Mandela effect? Mirror Im- I was thinking oh, the, mirror... The fag oh, fag hag, yes. Chris, I was thinking mirror effect. You know, like a mirror. But then he said, oh, he's like a little younger. And I thought, ooh, if he was a little more younger, it could be like Portrait of Dorian Gray. And then, of course, I have a very uh, imagined, imaginative imagination. And I thought, ooh, how could he do that real quick? Oh, just a hula hoop, you know, like wrapped in like a paper bag. And then it could be like a frame. I, I don't know. That's just how my mind works. No, but Monica, I always think I, I just think that if it's I, I feel like it would be hard for a heterosexual person to like be in an environment where they probably someone people probably always assume that they're gay and I just I always think that about the guys that work for me like when because he comes to events with me all the time and, and like even if it's not a costume party you know, he's wearing his suit and, but he's the sweetest guy you guys all meet him at WakaCon I mean he's just the sweetest nice he's just the greatest guy but he's just like he's always very polite he's always you know and he's just like a hard worker and um but I'm always like, I bet everyone thinks that I'm banging him. I bet everyone thinks like he, he like he's like my boy. And there's another guy who works with me, Nate. Uh, he he's in uh, grad school now. He went to law. He just started law school, so now he's kind of like not with me full time. But Nate is straight, and he's very cute. Like he's super, super, super cute. And he's you know, he's like 25 years old. I was like, and I'm always like, I bet everyone thinks I'm banging this young guy. I just, I bet you, I, like everyone deep down is like, oh my god, Brandon is sexually abusing his entire staff. I'm not. Mo- they're all straight. But I just, I always think to myself, it must be hard because I bet all of these straight guys, I bet they know that everyone thinks they're That's gay, and they probably want to just scream, "I'm not gay." He is. I'm not. So is straight Nate also going as a vampire? <laughs> he's not. He's in law school. He's not here. I just wouldn't tell your assistant what you're wearing to walk a con because he might show up wearing the exact same outfit, and we can't have that. So just know that you know know what you can trust him with, and know what you can't trust him with. And as far as what outfit you're wearing, I think I would just keep that secret for now on. Don't even let him get your dry cleaning. That, that is actually a really chick move. Like like chicks, like beta chicks pull that crap. They do. Where where like when you're out shopping and you're like, oh my god, I love these jeans or I love this top. Next thing you know, like you know, you see her at another function and she's wearing the same thing but maybe a different color. You're like, dude, what is going on right now? Wasn't that like yeah. a commercial too? Like uh, like during the World Series or or football. Where like these, it was these guys showed up in the costume. Like one of them was like in a gold suit with a top hat, and the other guy shows up with in in the exact same suit and top hat, and they had to go in together. Just recently, 
Yeah, Uh-oh. I don't know about oh, that, no. but it was the movie in which the one woman wanted to be like the other woman so bad that she wanted to take her life. Um, and, you know, it was a little murdery. Christ, Lou. <laughs> Not quite what we were talking Jesus, about. Jesus, Lou. What, if, what, what, what in the, the lifetime well, you, were you watching? This is like a lifetime. What, what lifetime movie You've on Sunday were you watching? You've never heard a single white female? Please tell me you've heard of single white female, Christopher. Yes, no, I've heard of single white that, female. Isn't that wasn't that the one where um, where Jim where Jim Carrey was reenacting in, in um, Ace Ventura in in the bathtub when he's like he's like oh, he's like crying? Isn't that right? Wasn't that single white female or no? No. Lou, that your no. description also describes Hand That Rocks the Cradle. Just putting it out there. Oh, God, you're right. Oh, yes. So there was a moment there where there were a lot of movies that came out that basically were about women who tried to take over other women's lives and murder them in the same, uh, you know, uh, vein. So, yeah. Yeah, Delta Burke even did one for Lifetime, but I don't recommend that one at all. Oh, good Lord. All right. Well, now that we got horror movies in our head before we go to sleep, Lou, you want to take us to closing? We got to have Chris go before Lou goes. All right. You let me know. Go ahead, Chris. Chris, Chris Hunter, Christopher. Chris Hunter. Okay. I swear to God, I was yelling across the room when you asked that question. It's a Lou! Lou! (laughs) I'm just saying it was funny. I have no idea what you're talking about, but... You were saying... (laughs) The women that came out with gay guys. And I was saying... It's a Lou. Lou. (laughs) Right? I mean, I listen, I've been guilty when I was singing, you know, I, I had a I had a costumer who obviously but like my makeup artists and people who did my hair and my gowns and all of that. Um, they were all gay. And so we always hung out. I mean, we, we went everywhere together. We were like a clan. Um, and, and I couldn't remember what the um, but I was definitely not what you said. Brandon, because I was too young. I thought you had to be older to be called one of those. Actually, I no, I was too young. Well, and I don't think people really say it much anymore. But no, it used to, like in the nineties, it was you could be eighteen years old totally. and be that. <laughs> well, okay, maybe I was one of those. I don't know, but I um I hung out with a lot of that. That is hilarious, though. That that. Thank you so much for ending the space on a light note. I'm not even going to go back to anything serious at all. And I'm going to take this opportunity to just say my piece before Lou. Um, Lou, thank you for co-hosting and for promoting the space very well, as you always do. And thank you for vetting all the crazies, which you always do. And you do so well. Thank you. Except for Chris. Chris made his way up here. Both of them. I'm just kidding. Um, I did put yeah. that commercial in the red, in the purple pill down there, though, Brandon. <laughs> it was a progressive commercial that just happened. So anyway. So, um, Christopher, sometimes you're like that little jack-in-the-box that – you know, you, you wind it up and and then you try to like shove it back down in the box and it keeps popping up. No matter how many times you try to You're talking about me, Archie. Monica, it's a Charlie in the box. 
<laughs> that too. Not you, Chris Hunter, the other one. But very serious times indeed. Uh, it's been a great conversation. Um, learned a lot tonight about some folks. Um, I still love Representative Santos. I don't care what anyone says about him. And if he were to ever be convicted, I would actually go visit him. So there's that because he's just been a very real individual. Uh, and I like George uh, a lot. And he tells it how it is. So I appreciate people like that. David, thank you for a wonderful space as always and for being the consummate professional. Um, I'm trying to see if any of your speakers are still left. <laughs> no. They're, oh, Brian. Okay. If you guys are not following Mr. Cunningham, he's going to hate this. Um, you should. Brian Cunningham, <clears throat> former CIA. So there, all of you who think you know Spooks, you can actually go follow a former uh, Spook. He is a fantastic gentleman who's very wise, and he's in our Israeli spaces a lot. Um, but I appreciate his insight and his uh, professionalism. And he was just the first person that I saw as I scrolled down. Uh, Patrick Fox also, as you guys know, um, is very up on things that are going on right now. So I would just say, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, keep your peace about yourself. Um, you know, pay attention to your, your discernment and um, laugh more, uh, buy more gold. <laughs> You can do that at monicaprotectswithgold.com. You're welcome. Um, and what else? I think that's it. David, you're awesome. Thank you. I appreciate it. Go ahead, Lou. Thank you, Monica. Go ahead, Lou. Thanks, David. Thanks, Monica, for co-hosting with me. You always keep the conversation going. Uh, you help uh, keep an eye on the hands while I'm managing everything else. So I appreciate you. Um, I appreciate uh, Brandon coming up and the Chris's. Um, and everybody having such a great time. David, always, always um, a killer space on uh, Monday nights. No pun intended, of course. Um, pun intended, of course. Um, and so a couple of things real quick. Um, uh, so here's the thing, everybody, uh, you know, like, oh, why do we? Why do women hang out with gay guys? Because those are the one men friends we don't have to worry about trying to hit on us. Um, so just keep that in mind, fellas. Oh, that's uh, actually know. not true. Not true. I disavow that. Okay. Uh, it was kind of a joke, but um, go on. Anyways, um, and then, uh, you know, what am I dressing up for as Halloween? Thanks for asking, everyone. Uh, I think uh, I have decided that uh, since I have to be at work in six hours, I'm going to dress up as a victim of women's lib, as usual, every year. Um <laughs> And go to work and earn a living uh, when I really just wanted to bake chocolate chip cookies and drive a Volvo. Although I do currently have a Volvo uh, as a rental. Um, it is not my everyday. Uh, but yeah, so, um, you know. How about again, you bake chocolate chip cookies and take them around and hand them out in a basket? So what part of Chris, uh, for the last two years that I have literally lived in a hotel, do you think that I just magically have an oven to bake cookies? But you um, do have a hotel lobby that may give away cookies. I'm uh, not at that hotel. <laughs> okay. That would be the <laughs> double tree, right? Uh, wait, what's, no, the Fairfield Inn does it too. Uh, yeah, but yeah. the double trees are warm. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and, they're like, and they're like Mrs. Fields or something, because um, that's how well we all know hotels. Uh, we know what amenities each place has. Um, and so anyways, 
Yeah. So um, thank you all for coming. We appreciate it. And it's amazing. We still have 430 people at this time of night uh, on the East Coast, especially since I've already given Brandon 17 different costume ideas, one of them being the portrait of Dorian Gray. Um, you know, hey, here we go. Um, again, uh, we got like, I don't know, a bunch of stuff in the nest. Uh, I would just ask you guys, um, uh, you know, our friend, uh, Matt Couch was here. And for those of you who may have missed it, you know, uh, uh, Matt, um, you know, uh, had, a, had a blood clot that, that turned really bad and, and he lost, he lost one of his legs and he is trying to, uh, raise some funds to get a prosthetic so that he can get back out there and get in the fight. Um, you know, and to me, that is, that is a worthy cause. Um, if you if you have the ability or if you can at least share the gifts and go, I would appreciate it. Um, he's a great guy. And, um, you know, I would hope that uh, if something like that happened to me, that uh, some of you guys would try to rally around and help me out as well. Um, make sure that um, if you uh, are wanting to get a walkathon, that uh, you go to walkawayanniversary.com. Get your tickets now before they're completely sold out. I believe we are, what, how many days, Brandon? Ten? Well, it's a, it's a week it. from Friday, so whatever the hell that is. Do math. I don't want Somebody to. Do I, it's going to stress me out. I'm gonna, 12, I'll plug my ears. You 12, guys do 12, it. 12, 12. We'll say 12 days. Whatever. I'm tired, too. Um, so whatever. Math isn't my thing. I'm more creative, like costuming. Um, but anyways, um, yeah, so, you know, it'd be great to have everybody come, uh, you know, and, and to celebrate this feat of five years, um, with Walkaway, you know, we talked a lot in the space tonight about, um, rebranding and being all inclusive and having an open tent, um, uh, big enough for everybody there. And, um, Walkaway is a big part of that. Um, and so, yeah, we would love to see you there. And um, I don't remember a whole lot else because I feel like I've been on this thing for like 12 hours now. Hey, Lou. Um, and I worked a route. I'm yeah. so sorry to get if I let's just from now until a week from Friday, let's just keep your promo code at 50. Okay. Yeah, let's just do it because so, I haven't changed it. So use promo code Lou, and <laughs> I know we keep forgetting. So use promo code Lou. It's actually not 10. Um, it's, it's actually 50%. We did that like, I don't know, one o'clock in the morning, one night, um, and forgot to change it. So yes, um, just kind of know that. Um, and so spread the word around. And, uh, if anybody wants to come down, um, and was a little bit on the fence, that should be very helpful. Well, can I just um, say really quickly, that's the whole point is just like, if there's any of you guys out there who really wanted to come and you just thought, I mean, I'd love to have that be the incentive that kind of pushes you. If you were like, oh, I'm not sure. Like if hopefully, you know, just make the decision, get the flight, come join us. It's going to be awesome. Or if you're close enough, you could drive down. Um, you know, or of course we could talk about a train. We could also talk about the booze cruise again. However, we digress. We're really trying to get out of here. Um, so yeah. So again, I don't know what I was going to say until Brandon said 50% off with uh, promo code Lou. Um, and thank you all. And I'm going to give it back to David. Oh, well, Monica, you got your hand up. So we'll go to you super quick. Can we please do a space at some point in the near future where we talk about, all of our traveling escapades with with air travel awesome okay good <laughs> yeah i've got some really good stories hey you oh, guys yeah. who keep asking for a mic i keep booting you out of the mic position because i love you but we're going to bed so okay thank you 
like don't stick your backpack in the upper bin. Well, I mean, if you're sitting in the bulkhead, then you don't have a choice, right? But no, like meeting strangers in the in, in like the bar, but before you get on your flight, <laughs> and then actually cozying up next to the person that you met at the bar, and then actually going out on dates after that. <laughs> Like that kind of good story stuff. Yeah, I know Brandon's got stories. Lou, we'd have to change your name to Eileen if you lost the leg. <laughs> I was going to say, and Lou, I would totally raise money for your leg. Absolutely. Lou's Thank you, Monica. That leg. means a lot. No, Lou is not losing a leg. <laughs> I was like, wow, I missed something when I came in late to this space. Not that I would be like, I mean, you know, I'm sorry. If you were losing your leg, I would be crushed. I'd be devastated. I'm glad you're not losing your leg. Yeah, Eileen. Well, well speaking of losing legs, I crushed a pinky this week. Hey, Shorty. So it's just bruised. You shot off your pinky toe? I appreciate that. Okay, David, are you here. talking to us from Why? the closet again? Because we can't you hear you. <laughs> Whatever you you're doing, David, real? you need to get... No, you're now. reprimanding. We can now. Okay, good night. Can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, so what David said, I'll translate. David said, oh my God, speaking about losing a leg, I almost lost a pinky. And then we all said... And then Chris said, did you shoot off your pinky toe? And if you don't know what that movie reference is, then you're a dummy. All right. Am I still rubber banding? Can you guys hear me? No, go. All right. So, yes, I didn't shoot off my pinky toe. And I just crushed my pinky finger because I was lifting boulders like a man. But not so much of a man that I can't smash it between another boulder. But it's not broken, just injured. So I will have a pinky for Wakakon uh, so I could drink, I could sip tea properly. Um, I really appreciate everybody who listened in tonight. Um, I appreciate all of you as always, Monica, Lou, Brandon, Chris, the other Chris, everybody who spoke tonight, all the radio hosts that were up here. I mean, this was a fantastically uh, unscripted space. I mean, we thought we would go one way and end up going another and all of our favorites showed up and it was a good space. And we're back now. We still were we're second fiddle to some of these Israeli Gaza spaces, but it's good to see that we're moving back up to where we were before the war broke out. So I appreciate all of you guys joining us and listening in and um, giving us your ears and uh, your time. Um, I always enjoy these spaces and bringing you as much entertainment information as we can. And so anyway, with that, I thank you so much, Brandon. Look forward to seeing you in a week and we'll promo walk a con like crazy for the next, however many days till the show. And, uh, I mean, until the, the, uh, conference and, uh, Monica, again, thanks for being great co-hosts and we will see you all next week. Same time, same place, 8 30 PM Eastern time and 7 PM. If you want to check out the David Pollock show on the radio or where I stream, and then we'll be right. here after 8 30 p.m doing this space again so make sure you follow us so when you get notifications when we're on our spaces and again real soon brandon i'm glad you got there safely good night everybody